Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. When you've got that massive historic PFL versus Bellator card, it is a big one. It's a pay-per-view. It's PFL champs versus Bellator champs. And... PFL stars versus Bellator stars, historical night, first time in MMA history that a place like this is hosting Saudi Arabia, a big MMA card. It's, in fact, the first major MMA event to take place in Saudi Arabia and the first cross-promotional event between both PFL and Bellator with former champions and current champions colliding in one epic night. The headliner, like I said earlier, is Henan La Problema Fejera going up against Ryan Bader. They go toe-to-toe in a fight that I think will determine who Francis Ngannou will fight in his PFL debut. That's the plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announce that. That seems to be the direction. So stay tuned. Also, as we said earlier, Johnny Eblen against Impa Kasangane. They did save Patricio Pitbull. He's going to remain on the card. Aaron Pico as well. Clarissa Shields on the card. Yoel Romero. Um... Tiago Santos, whole bunch of big names. It's all going down this Saturday, February 24th, live on ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View and DAZN. That's ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View or DAZN. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... Miss Marshall Tower is back in your life on this Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. I am doing well. Thank you very much for asking. Happy birthday to the late, great Kimbo Slice. What a legend. We miss him every day. Today uh, is his birthday and uh, very important to remember and honor Big Ferg, Kimbo Slice, wherever you may be, happy birthday, my man. We have a lot to discuss on today's program, a lot going on on today's program. I'm trying, you know, I should have told Joe this earlier, trying to work on my posture, Joe, so that's on me. If I do the show like this, it might be a problem, but I've been having back problems, to be honest. I don't know if I could go full four hours like this. What do you think? I feel like it would be a little bit weird, but I'm trying because look at the difference. This is me sitting up straight. And this is me trying to conform. You know we're live, right? Yeah, I know we're live. Okay, just Pe- making sure. People this is like rehearsal this. talk. You know? No, no, no. This is great talk. Um, so just maybe if I could just get a little bit more. Yeah, th- I think just a little bit if I could. Don't get don't get worried about this type of stuff. Don't get nervous, Frank. This is people love this. You know, on Monday we had the mic issues. Oh. On uh, <laughs> <laughs> on Wednesday we have uh, posture issues. You know, I'm tr- I'm trying. This is this is this is what makes me me. You know, I, I put out my warts for all of you. Uh, I, I tell you about my faults. I tell you about my weaknesses, but also, you know, our strengths. In fact, uh, I want to give a shout out to a good friend of mine, uh, a, a priest over in uh, Northern Cal, who sent me a very long message. My good friend, Johnny, 
about the use of Jesus and, you know, would it be offensive to not? And I learned a lot from that. So, you see, if I don't put these things out there, if I don't put my insecurities out there, how would I know? How would I know? In any event, it's a great day to be alive. We have a lot to get to, a lot to discuss. I feel like Andy's now afraid to go back to the <laughs> to this one. There's like, certainly like, a lot of chatter about it. About me just screwing things up? No, no. Just... Okay. I actually feel like this holds me accountable. Now I'm like, oh, I don't want to have too much headroom, so I need to sit up straight. Uh, we love Wednesdays here because we, uh, you know, we answer questions. We get to shoot from the hip. A lot of people get upset. Let's see who will offend this time. Not like we're trying to. It's crazy these days. Um, yeah. Won't get into all of that, but uh, it's a crazy, crazy world that we live in. And so we just tell it like it is. We uh, we keep it real. We shoot straight from the hip, as we like to do. And so we shall do that on this Wednesday. But we also have a lot to get to and some interesting guests, some very exciting guests. We are on the road to UFC 284. Just a couple of nights left before we get to that big event in Perth, Western Australia. It has been so long since the Australian fans got a live event. I feel very excited. I don't care. I'm not going to get caught up in the promotion, the lack of promotion. If you can't get excited about Alex Volkanovsky moving up to 155 pounds, going up against Islam Makhachev, if you can't get excited, and yes, his name is Islam Makhachev, if you can't get excited about that, I question whether or not you are an MMA fan. And isn't it ironic that the guy that they say is all about the hype, all about the WWE, all about the storylines, all that stuff, is the one trying to explain to so many people why this is such a big deal. Like I see on Twitter, oh, they don't sell themselves enough. They don't promote themselves. Who gives a crap? It's Islam versus Volk. It's the 55 title on the line between the new champ and the 45 champ. It's one versus, I would argue, three. It has happened before, one versus two. That guy was involved in that fight, and that was a legit one versus two because... If you just look at the the resume, I don't know how you put Islam two. I think you can make a case for three or four. I think just winning the belt, you know, back in October doesn't necessarily make you two, uh, especially considering the path. It's a little different if you're, say, I don't know, one of these guys who has fought a who's who en route to becoming a champion. But nevertheless, that takes nothing away from the fight. That takes nothing away from the fight. It's an incredible fight. It's one of my most anticipated fights of the year. Um, and it's in Volk's home country. He gets to make. He finally gets to fight in his home country as a champion. That's a big deal in its own right. How could you not be excited about all of this? So I can't wait. Talk about that. Back into the show. We'll make our picks. Unfortunately for New York Rick, sans New York Rick, since he lost last week. So it'll just be the three of us. First time ever. GC, myself, Frank. Let's what? See. Yeah. Let's see if we can go on a bit of a run here. Uh, so we'll do that back into the show. Prior to that, we'll be joined by my old friend on a Wednesday. It just feels like old times. A little uh, Ariel and the bad guy action for all of you. Chael P. Sonnen will join us. A lot to talk to Chael about, so I look forward to that. He was just in Inglewood, of course, at the uh, Bellator event with the legends there to honor the great Fyodor Emelianenko. So that should be fun. Always great to talk to Chael. I wonder, sometimes when we have him on, he goes from zero to 100 real quick, and then his neck starts to like... The veins start to come out. And he hulks he, out. Yeah. He hulks out. He doesn't breathe. He's going crazy. He's like, okay. And then he's like, he's, he, Chael's the only guy that I know that crosses his legs, but needs to pick up his leg to cross his leg. He like actually physically picks up. It's a very astute up. observation. Yes, he does that all the time. Watch watch how many times he does. He will pick up his leg to cross his leg. It's amazing. Um, prior to that, we shall be joined by Mike Perry, Platinum Perry, the backup fighter for the Jake Paul versus... Tommy Fury fight 
February 26th, coming up in uh, Saudi Arabia. And I don't know about y'all, but uh, they had a press conference today and Tommy wasn't there either. Said he didn't get enough notice. What the hell is going on here? And so maybe uh, Platinum will be on his way to Saudi Arabia sooner than later. We'll talk to Platinum about all that. Part of that will be joined by Anthony Pettis. You may uh, recall on Monday, we had Jorge Madvidal on, and he announced that Gamebred Boxing 4, April 1st, Fizzer Forum, we think it's the Fizzer Forum, not the Pfizer Forum, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, will be headlined by Roy Jones Jr. versus Anthony Pettis. What in the world? Fiserv. Is it Fiserv? Yes. Uh, is that what we established on that Monday? That is what we, and I, I feel like you're baiting us here. No, that is legit. Like, this is what we established. That's Fiserv, the opposite. Pfizer sounds too much like Pfizer. Okay, well, one's and, German and one's just oh, a play on the shot word. right here. This is an incredible shot. Wait, yeah. where, I see Andy, I see GC, I see Where's Corporate Frank Alex. In this picture, yeah, where? I see. Could it be bothered? I see CJ. I don't see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> CJ? CJ? Yeah, Crypto Joe. Oh. It's a great shot. We should use the whole the whole show should be that shot. Um anyway. So you're saying it's Pfizer? So the Phi stands for financial. Does that help? Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, Pfizer Forum, April first, Milwaukee, Roy, Anthony. Uh found out that that uh, TBD fight for Bean Wen, Killa B. Is her name Killer B or Killa B? Anyway, she's fighting former UFC fighter Emily Whitmire. So it's just a lot of MMA fighters in uh, in a in a in a boxing ring competing in boxing. Tremendous. Uh, so we'll talk to him about that. And then prior to that, Super Sadiq Youssef is going to be joining us, and he has become one of the breakout stars of uh, the social media world as far as MMA is concerned over the past few weeks, months. In fact, New York Rick himself, who hands out the award for best social media user of the year, has said that he's atop the leaderboard right now in terms of an early favorite. He's been doing these unprofessional breakdowns of, uh, of UFC fights, of cards coming up, and he's been doing a great job. It's, it's really funny stuff. It's very dry. In fact, his delivery is a little Keith Lee-esque, if you catch my drift. And also, same manager, I think that's a total coincidence, Brian Butler, but this is an example of another guy just kind of getting his personality out there after years of being on the roster. And we didn't really know he had this wit, this humor, this mind, if you will. And uh, we're getting to see a fun side of him. And I saw these these clips and I was like, I got to have this guy on. In fact, if you have never seen any of these clips, we put together a little bit of a, a teaser, if you will, just so you know what I'm talking about here. Here's uh, Super Sadiq. You could get the clips on his Twitter and on his YouTube, Super Sadiq Yusuf. Just type it in, it will pop up. Take a look at this. Josh Calabo versus Melsic Bakdasarian. Let's count it out. White man with eight consonants in his last name. He is not losing. Definitely not to a non-white guy named Josh. Next fight. Tyson Pedro versus Modestos Bukakis. Now that's a Josh. Too bad he's fighting called Drogo. I'm going with the Dothraki. Next fight. Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menafield. That's a very cool fade on Alonzo. And Jimmy <laughs> Crute's a very nice guy. So it's only right that we remind him. I mean, this is It great is Black stuff. History Month, Jimmy. Yes. Do the right thing. <laughs> Next fight. Justin Taffa versus Parker Porter. This is the best. Parker's Porter's parents forgot to give him a first name. And he's a fat guy with the last name Porter. <laughs> 
If you made it through high school, you can make it through this fight. I'm going with Porter. Next fight. Jack Della Madalena versus Randy Brown. Jack's coming into this fight with his nose already broken, so Randy should start ahead on the judges' scorecards. <laughs> but there's a high probability Randy Brown might knock his nose back into place, which will be very confusing for the judges. This is where we're going to make the big money. Bet on a no contest. Wow. I mean, that is amazing stuff. So I'm looking forward to talking to Super Zadik for the very first time on this show in about an hour's time. But like I said, on Wednesdays, we like to shoot straight. We like to keep it real from the hip. So without further ado, time to hit the music of everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time. Yes. It's time for a good old-fashioned Q&A, MMA Oh, uh, look fans. at that Helwani number nine right over there. Number nine is for striker, Frank. Ladies that means I'm the best the guy on the team. The club. To hear from the man himself, number nine. Ariel Helwani. And the captain. Live from the box Not necessarily, although when I played sports City, in high school, I was usually the captain now, of my basketball team. Also coach basketball. I don't know if you know this. That was uh, herself said I should be Back when the dinosaurs were still around. Yes, yes, I would walk to school barefoot, back and forth, carrying bricks in the snow. It was a tremendous time. Thank you very much to Mike Heck for that great intro music. We love this segment. Everyone looks forward to it. And I do as well, and very appreciative of the great moderator, Lewis, for picking the best questions of the week. Hopefully I don't get in trouble reading any of these this week. Yeah. Ah, Cheeto Pancakes. Cheeto Pancakes has become the... uh, the new El Cubano. Up first, once again, number one is one. What is up, AJ? <laughs> you know, I have a good friend named Daniel Wolf who always used to call me AJ back in the day. So it's it's funny to see people call me AJ now. Ariel Jacobs, uh, but also my middle name is Jacob. Great show on Monday. As someone who follows you and all the work you do, I can't help but notice how many different areas of sports you have your hand in these days. From being the number one media outlet for any combat sports athlete to break some news... Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, to becoming the official, unofficial North American professional darts ambassador. Thank you. To being a catalyst in the judicial discussion about the potential of a fight at Croke Park. Yes, although it's not looking good, I'm told. What does it feel like being the most influential man in sports and entertainment? How hard is it to keep up with and stay on top of so many different mediums? You know, this is a great question. This is the great struggle of my life. How do I keep up with all of these things? You know, I've got takes on the NBA. I've got takes on uh, pro football. You know, obviously the other football that is, you know, the sport that they play and call football around the rest of the world. Uh, soccer, as we say here in America. Um, baseball, of course, I'm known to have a take or two. Hockey, I dabble in. Uh, darts, as you say, boxing, pro wrestling, MMA. I mean, there's a lot, but you know, I'm passionate about all these things. I love all these things. I mean, I could do a whole show right now on last night at the Crypto.com Arena and LeBron James breaking the record. I thought it was a great moment. Thanks for asking. I thought it was weird that the moment he broke the record, I'm not trying to take anything away. It's an incredible achievement. We'll say two things. To me, the Kareem, and this is going to sound like I'm a hater and I hate this. LeBron is incredible. I've never hated on LeBron. Never, ever, 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 ever hated on LeBron. He does great things. He has a school. But, and maybe New York Rick can weigh in on this. Would you not agree that Kareem's 38,000 points, a lot more impressive because he didn't take any threes? Is, is that not, I mean, that's a, that's a fair argument, right? No, that's absolutely ludicrous. Why? So that means more shots. Why does that make it, what? what? More shots. 
the three so? is the extra point. So he got there, you know. Yeah, he, it's a harder shot. I'm he just, took harder. Sh- you added. You're taking away the harder shots. Yeah, but the How further shot was seven to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar going to be knocking down. I'm just saying, Kareem had to do it workmanlike in the paint, right? Sky hooks and all, battling these dudes. The three helps you get there quicker. The three sure. is more. The th- it's, it's 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 like it's like Steph Curry too, compared to you know right. someone so, like a so Jerry you have to West. Reframe your argument. It's not that it was easier. It's that it happened faster, and it would have happened faster. Sure. Usually, something that's easier. faster is easier. Usually. Listen, yeah, I don't want to. This is, this is not a, the, the fifth highest scoring average in NBA this is, history. This is not an anti-LeBron take. Well, and and that's also like be, one. By the way, this is also because his fifth, Jordan, Jordan's number one. He didn't. He fifth, didn't have any three. fifth highest. Also because of the threes. The point is, did you notice after Jordan's the number, mo- Jordan's number one, minimal threes. Exactly. That's my point. That's why Jordan more impressive, Kareem more impressive. Thank you for agreeing with me. Jordan no, will always the be. The point number- is, Kareem was not hampered. He just didn't. Jordan didn't, didn't take didn't threes enough, either. Unfortunately. Anyway, um, did you think it was weird after the moment? Like he puts his hands up. It's great. It's beautiful. The kids are there. Like, what's better than this? But it felt like he almost didn't allow himself to enjoy the moment. He's like directing traffic. He's like, where's this person? Where's that person? It almost felt. He's a, a brand. But did it not feel a little too manufactured? No, nah, I mean that's every moment in 2023. Right. He's a, he's a brand. He's not a he's not a player. He's not a human anymore. He's he's a complete company and brand. It has to be this way. I mean the fact that they're pausing the game to roll out a full a full ceremony in the middle is of that it, annoying? That that's you what have it is. to do that, right? Yeah. Do you think this is pe- 2023. Do you think people will forever feel like it's a tarnished achievement because they lost to the Thunder on the night? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you, 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 you prefaced it by not wanting to be a LeBron hater. You're sounding <laughs> no, like you're, you're, you're playing the hits. I'm you're, just, you're I know, I know. Pressing I know. play on the greatest hits album of LeBron hate. <laughs> uh, SGA's. Next, man. you're going to tell me his uh, NBA finals record. Let me let me hear that one. Oh, well that that one is you know how I feel about that. You lose in the finals, sure, you're not in the me. conversation. Jordan's number 1 forever. <laughs> Jordan is number 1 forever. And I hated Jordan. It's such a silly take. I hated Jordan. You didn't you, like I was the biggest Jordanator as a kid. Hated him. Broke my heart. But I mean, you got to give it Sounds like you found a new a new guy. No, sounds like you found a I'm not that guy. guy. I hate Jordan. that. I mean, the people who have made a career, you know, we know who we're talking like uh, just yeah, being I don't blind haters. Don't even uh, mention hate these people. It. I think it's great. And I I love the love that he has for his kids. I have not, I'm just, is it okay to nitpick here and there or do I have to be nope. like Mr. Pa- okay, it's not okay? All right. Anyway, uh, point is, I could talk about that. I could talk about the crazy Kyrie Irving press conference yesterday and him deleting his apology. We'll get into that. Uh, of course, you know, if you want to hear my thoughts on Andy Reid and the Super Bowl, we can talk about that for us with the big game against Fulham this weekend. We've got a little bit of revenge on our minds. You want to talk about Sami Zayn? I mean, like, what do you want to talk about? There's just a lot, all right? Um, you want to talk about the Premier League of Darts? We could talk about that as well. I just like sports. Now, do you want to talk about other things? Like, do you want to talk about the State of the Union? Missed it. Do you want to talk about movies and TV? No idea. Although my wife was watching that, um, the Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy movie on Netflix last night. You guys see that? Anyone? Unfortunately. I missed that one. You know what I'm talking about? Eddie Murphy, like, popped up in a new movie. Have you heard about this? No one? I have seen Vaguely. it. I've seen it. Oh, you saw the movie? I saw the movie. Andrew Schultz is in it. <laughs> Andrew Schultz is in it. <laughs> yes. I saw that. One, one of the one of the lone bright spots. Yes. Uh it wasn't great, right? The acting was a little subpar. No. 
And you Not know what it reminded great. me no of? No chemistry. Yes. It reminded me of like one of those like network TV movies where they have like this hodgepodge of uh, celebrities, but nothing good. You know what I mean? It's like Elaine Bennis is in it, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, freaking the dude from X-Files, Eddie Murphy, Andrew Schultz, Brian Greenberg, who I love from back in the day, how to, what is it? How to make it in America. Um, but it just felt weird. I don't know. It, David that's Duchovny. a very Netflix thing. David Duchovny. Thank you. That is a Netflix thing? Yeah, just like put, see how, how many people we can squeeze together and package into this thing uh, to get people to watch it. I don't think it was like the worst movie ever, but it was not great. Uh, Warheart MMA. Hey, Ariel, love from Montreal. If Alex Volkanovsky manages to get past Islam Makhachev, do you think the next move for him would be to stay at lightweight and defend the title or move back to featherweight? I personally think there'd be a lot of fun fights for him at lightweight, especially with him having beat a lot of the top prospects at featherweight already. I mean, yeah, it's it's a fresh slate. I personally think it's hard to do both. It's hard to go up and down. It's a different, I mean, he's got he's got to add muscle. Take, I mean, historically, no one has really ever done it very well. I guess the only one that has ever done it in MMA well is Amanda Nunes. And let's be honest, like the competition at 45 wasn't that great. Uh, it's even hard to do it in boxing, like to go up, down, up, down. Um, that's why what Serrano does is really impressive. She's at 126, she's at 35. She's at 26, she goes down to, you know, 15. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Um, but no one really has done it very well. So he says he wants to go back to 45 and defend it there, but they'll have a predicament on their hands. And you would hate to see his success, trajectory, whatever it is, get halted because of, you know, just weight and how weird it is on your body to go up and down. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a slew of new names that, I mean, there's bigger names at 55 than 45. Goes without saying. Bigger fights, sexier names, whatever it is. Let's see. Let's see how he feels. Maybe he doesn't. He's like, eh, I didn't like it. Let's see how it feels. Um, ben P. Hello, Ariel from Sheffield, England. Big win yesterday for Sheffield United against Wrexham. GC in shambles over that, right? Yeah, we don't want to talk about that. But that's all right. We're focused on Knott's County now and, uh, you know, getting to the top of the table. Yeah. I did hit you up and ask you if you were watching and you, like, no-sold me. Yeah, you know. I said we're not keen on the cup. Of course I had it on. I disagree, by I the mean, way, with that stance because I feel like winning the FA Cup is way bigger than winning some, you know, third division. Uh, let's be real here. A likely weren't going to win the entire FA but Cup. But they would play Tottenham next. That's B, a big deal. B, a bigger deal is taking our next step out of the National League, and then we can start getting funding. Then we start the road to the to the Premier League is really on once we get out of the National League. If they get out of the National, how many more until the Premier League? Three. Three more, including the Premier League? So we'll be in League Two, then League One, then Championship, then Jesus. Premier League. That is low-level stuff. I Listen, can't man, I'm down in the trenches. Me, Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhaney. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You like to you like to front I like run the front runners, with, yeah. with Forrest in, in the Premier the League. The best is the people that are saying I'm that the trenches, I'm a front baby. runner right now when like in September everyone was like, Oh, they're getting relegated again. I want to go back to all those people that told us they were gonna get relegated. Oh, I cannot great. wait to post my bet slip when we stay up that was they would avoid relegation. You but, did it, right? Oh, of course I did it. I'm living and dying with this team, but we can talk about that come May. By the way, did you see this gra I saw this graphic? Sky Sports posted this. Did you see this? The Premier League table in 2023, 
Nottingham Forest has oh, the yeah. most points <laughs> and, 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 and highest goal differential. Yeah, I mean. What the hell? 2023 is <clears throat> our year. We'll, we'll be talking Europa League this time next oh, yeah. year. Oh, yeah. I'm certain <clears throat> of it. Um, anyway, all that from the Sheffield, England. Shout out from Ben. Um, what a guy Alex Volkanovsky is. He's in my top three favorite guests on your show and top three favorite fighters, no doubt. My question is, what does a win for him do on Saturday night? Can he quickly be catapulted into the GOAT conversation if he then defended the belt simultaneously, he surely will become one of the best ever. P.S. I really do believe he will win. I'll put my money where my mouth is. Keep up the great work. Here's the thing. <clears throat> He's already in the conversation for greatest featherweight champion of all time. Right? I think that's fair. You win this, you stop Islam, and then you actually successfully defend the titles a couple of times at 55 and 45, which is something Connor never did. Yeah. He's in that conversation. Never lost in the UFC. I mean, this will go a very long way. And I can assure you, if he pulls this off, the crowd is going to go so crazy. The same way they went crazy in Cleveland for Stipe. The same way they went crazy for Connor in Ireland. The same way they went crazy for Patty in London. You get the point. He will come across on Monday, if he wins this, to the rest of the world like an even bigger deal. He will get more attention in his home country, more media coverage, more love around the world. It'll be a great thing. And can I just throw something out there? And I'm not that guy. You know, you know, I leave I leave the predictions and the prognostication to the likes of GC and many others. But I will say, was I not on an island when I said I felt something in my bones regarding Leon Edwards and Kamar Usman? Was I on an island for that one? I mean, a lot of people weren't saying that. Mostly you no. were on an island, yes. Yeah, not a lot of people were were I, I have backing that same, me on in that. I have that same Wow, you just you just wasted all that magic dust. That's that's a shame. I have that same feeling. I got to tell you, when the going gets tough, I'm betting on Alex Volkanovsky. When the going gets tough, that guy, no one outworks that guy. It's fair. It is a fair. You you are perfectly within reason. You are not being ludicrous, as I used earlier, to say Alexander Volkanovsky is not going to defeat himself. There's some fights where you know the outcome because you know that the fighter is going to defeat themselves. He will give himself every single opportunity to win. But on the other side of that coin, we have weight classes for a reason. This often doesn't go well. And there is a a significance to the style and size that Islam Makachev has. But having a feeling, I mean, you've been right before, so let's see what happens. I just just want to say uh, that guy, he doesn't get enough credit, Volk, for his IQ. Like what he did against oh, Max, 100%. he is so smart. He is so, he, he never strays. He never does dumb things. He's been caught, right? Remember Ortega? I mean, Ortega was seconds away from none of this being a reality. He's been caught. He's been put in tough spots. But fucking hell, like the guy digs down deep and he's just so smart. He is, extre- he is extremely smart. He's extremely efficient. He's extremely technical. He is able to stick to a game plan. He's able to make decisions on the fly that a lot of fighters are not able to do. He has all the tools to be the number one pound for pound fighter. Oh, would you look at that? He's the number one pound for pound fighter. It is not a it is not a surprise. His success is not a surprise. I would go so far as to say you thought you said, you know, if he beats Islam and then uh, is able to defend both of those belts, he'd be in the GOAT combo. I think if he beats Islam, he's already in the GOAT combo. I think he's high on that list, in my opinion. And whatever he does from there only furthers it or hurts it. Unfortunately, you know, the, the once you lose, it kind of takes a little bit of the shine away but having max holloway 
among many others at featherweight on your on your resume three times and then beating Islam Makachev. That's a resume that I'm willing to put up against anybody's resume right now. If he beats Islam Makachev, I'm willing to put him up against anybody right now, present day, period, uh, in that GOAT combo. He's he's up there. I'm 100% um, with you, Rick. And then anything he does from there is just gravy. But yeah, this would be... Massive doesn't even like properly describe it. This would be huge uh, for his for his position in that conversation. Uh, twenty five and one right now. He'd become twenty six and one. He'd be a two division champion. Something very few have ever done. And just look at the names as of late: Holloway, Zombie, Ortega, Holloway, Holloway, Aldo, Mendez, Elkins, Jeremy Kennedy, Shane Young, Mizuta Hirota. Uh, Kasuya, that was his UFC debut, debuted in 2016. His lone loss, by the way, came all the way in 2013. It's been almost 10 years since he lost. He's uh, He's been a pro since 2012. That was in his first year as a pro, almost exactly one year anniversary of his first fight, and it was at welterweight. It was against Corey Nelson. I think someone, the MMA Fighting, I think, once did an interview with Corey Nelson about that. Pretty sure it was MMA Fighting. Um, if you look him up, the article will pop up. But yeah, he lost in the third round with 13 seconds to go in the fight. And he has not lost since. It's unbelievable. It really is. And how many people are lining up to fight Islam in a different weight class? Very few. Uh, all right. This one's from my good friend, A. Feldman, MMA. I want to read the entire thing that he wrote because I did actually see this beforehand, uh, courtesy of moderator Lewis. And I appreciated it very much. Uh, what's up, Ariel? So first thing, going to get deep for a second before I ask my question. I suddenly lost my dad last year. He obviously knew my obsession with MMA over the last two decades. And because of that, he always tried to get into it. He would usually just keep up with the big fights over the years. He was also a Syracuse alumni. So I decided to show him your content a few years ago and told him that you were also a Cuse alum as well. He started watching your content and completely got hooked to the entire sport. He'd call or text me about the fights and tell me things that I sometimes hadn't even seen yet. Some of the best nights we had over the years were either watching the fights or at least hopping on the phone and talking about them before, during, and after. So I want to thank you for that. I doubt I'm the only one with a story like this, so just wanted to share the effect that you can have on your viewers without even knowing. Obviously, I mean, that really means a lot, and, and, and I'm a little bit blown away by it. I'm very sorry to hear about your father. Um, Andrew's a great guy, and I've been enjoying his tweets. And uh, in fact, I first thought that he was someone that I worked with at ESPN.com is also named Andrew Feldman. So I, was, I thought it was like his fake account or his MMA account, not different guy, has been to some of the, uh, the live shows that I've done. And, you know, one of these people that you just see pop up who's very supportive um, and that you, you know, almost feel like you know over time. Uh, and he's definitely one of them. I did not know all that about him and his father. And so I'm very, very sorry to hear that, but I appreciate it. And I'm happy to at least hear that MMA was able to bring you guys a little bit closer. Um, so thank you very much for sharing that, Andrew. And, and I really appreciate you doing so. Um, now on a lighter note with Habib not being a part of Islam's training camp slash corner, what kind of effect do you think this will have on Islam? Let's not forget, Habib got on the mic after Islam beat Charles and called for Vokes, specifically in Vokes' backyard. I saw Coach Javier only joined the camp on January 21st as well. Some decently big changes leading up to the biggest fight of Islam's career. Do you think this changes things heading into the matchup? Honestly, I don't. Um, he's been there for a few weeks, and, and it helps to have Habib, but it feels to me like Islam is 
I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, right? Like closer, I I actually think he could get much better, especially when it comes to striking, but closer to a finished product than say an Usman Nurmagomedov or an Umar Nurmagomedov. Those guys may suffer as a result of Khabib not being around. And and who's to say that he's not training them when they're in Dagestan, right? Um, So if he loses... You know, I, I loved I loved what Volk said about this. Like, you know, keep that same energy if, if when I beat him. You know, you're saying he's number two now. You're saying this and that. Like, don't change the narrative. If he loses, it won't be because Khabib wasn't there. Chino, hola Ariel, como estas? Quick three questions. Do you think Roman could get more heat slash booze in Montreal than Shawn Michaels in 1997? Honestly, yes, I really do. Because Sammy's one of our own. And everyone wants to see him succeed. And this has become somewhat of a Montreal story. He said he's going to do it in front of his family. He's going to break him in front of his family. Like, yes, I, I think he will get more heat. I, and I also think the Montreal wrestling crowd is bigger now and more passionate now than it was in 97, um, if that makes any sense. So, yes, Brett was beloved. He was one of our own in terms of Canada, but not one of our own in terms of Montreal. This goes even deeper than that. Uh, so yes, what's the over-under you'll be in Montreal to watch the Elimination Chamber? Uh, right now, um, well, I don't know. What, what what would the over-under be? Like, yes, no? How can I even make a line for yeah, that? There'd be no over-under. It'd just be, what are the chances? The yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to uh, set that. Um, you know, I, I, I said on Friday, I feel like I need to be there. I feel like I need to be there as someone who grew up in Montreal. The first thing that I ever, ever loved was wrestling. That's the first thing. I remember going to Avenue Video and the TMR Shopping Center, if that means anything to anyone out there, and seeing the box of WrestleMania 1 with Hogan and Mr. T and renting it and falling in love. I had all the toys, all the LJN toys. I had the ring. I would sit with my legs crossed in my, you know, my parents' living room and I would play and I would make cards and I would videotape them as I got older. Like, it's the first thing I loved. In 1991, they took me to the Montreal Forum on my birthday and I saw Brett and Mr. Perfect and it was incredible. And I was there in 97 for the screw job. And I was there the night after WrestleMania 18 when Hogan got the 10-minute ovation. And I was there in 2003 for No Way Out for the Hogan-Rock rematch. <clears throat> so yeah, I love Montreal. And I was there for SmackDown once as well. Uh, love Montreal. Love the Montreal wrestling scene. And as I've said, you know, there's been great cards. There's been great moments. But it's never been one of our own. And there have been great Montreal wrestlers. Pat Patterson, Rick Martel, Dino Bravo, the Rougeau brothers, Mad Dog Vachon, Luna Vachon, legends who have headlined many a card, but never on a stage worldwide, internationally like this. This is the biggest. Uh, This is one of our own. And this is one of two guys who kind of put Montreal wrestling on the map. One of the guys, Kevin Owens, got to the top, won the belt, Universal. A few years ago, Sammy never got that chance. Um... Anyway, so I, 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 there's a part of me that feels like he needs to be there. I need, I'm not Mr. Montreal Wrestling, but I'm very proud of Montreal, and I still wear my Expos gear, and I'm, you know, I, I wear all of it on my sleeve, and I, and I love my, my city and my country and my province. So I, I feel like I need to be there. But as of right now, not 100%. We'll see. Maybe on Monday I'll have a better idea. Uh, could we get Dustin Poirier on the show soon to get his thoughts on his two kids coaching tough? Uh, yeah, he's, I, I've talked to Dustin... Love Dustin. He's the man. He's laying low at the moment, but uh, when the time is right, for sure. Dustin, 
Dustin after Dustin. Uh, hello from London Town, Ariel, and hello to GC Rick and Delirious Frank. Wow. How do you feel about yeah, that? It's probably just a typo. <clears throat> you think so? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Unless I'm delirious. Oh, there he is. I love this shot. This is amazing. Sometimes I feel like we need to get like a lower third when he's speaking of this shot, but it doesn't even <laughs> pertain. I mean, he was doing some great stuff in the uh, in the rehearsals. He was? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dancing? Oh, he seems a little nervous now to do it, now that the camera's really on. Popping and locking. Here we go. I mean, we also, like, uh, we need to go a little wider. I mean, like, we don't, we're not even getting corporate Alex in the shot. I saw him before. Maybe that's I, by design. I feel like he now just repositioned himself so he's not <laughs> I mean, in he's not, even, he's not even <laughs> relatively close like, to the desk he's like here. He's, over just, here on his yeah, computer, he's just like, sitting the in the way. middle of the room. Um, I have a quick Q&A for you. While scrolling through Twitter, I found a great fight matrix. Essentially, it bores down to a rating of fight using five categories, a point for each category. If the fight scores five out of five, it's likely a contender for best fight of all time. Here's the matrix. I'd really appreciate your opinion. Strong rivalry narrative, fighting for something meaningful, elite technique displayed by both fighters, nonstop back and forth action, at least one iconic moment. My pick is McGregor Mendez, but would love to hear your thoughts. Thank you for all the amazing content you've created. Peace. Wow. Uh, I'll be honest, the first one that came to mind was uh, DC Jones, and maybe not one but two because remember dc was winning that fight he was feeling himself then got caught and got finished for the first time um no greater rivalry in my opinion no more personal rivalry than that one something meaningful dc was the champ john was the champ prior to that takes the belt back elite technique that 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 is that has it all that was legit one and two those were two legends that was an Olympian versus the greatest of all time. You know, that that to me has it all. It really does. DC Jones 2, of course, tainted a little bit because of the positive test afterwards. But in the moment, there was nothing bigger than that. Good day, Ariel, from Scott F. One idea for you to ponder in one question. This past weekend's Bellator event reminded us all of the need for an MMA Hall of Fame. As one of the greatest minds when it comes to the history of MMA, I believe there's no one better to lead this than you. I know this may seem like a huge undertaking, and I know you're a busy man, but in my opinion, the MMA Hour platform is the best place to shine a light on commemorating these pioneers. Maybe something as simple as the annual show where you interview that year's Hall of Fame recipient and showcase some of the career achievements. Man, it's not a bad idea. Uh, even immortalizing them in some way on the MAR set could be a good start. I know this sounds like small potatoes compared to other major sports hall of fames, but Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm sure I'm not the the first person to suggest this, but just a thought. It's not a bad idea, right? What if we just created our own hall of fame? Could we do such a thing and like have a induction? Man, it is a massive undertaking. And I've talked about this on this show <clears throat> in this era. And someone reached out to me that was, interested and curious about it all it's really crazy it, it actually kind of blows my mind that there's nothing how is this possible how is there nothing who could be in charge who can lead the way hmm like a new face are you suggesting me because i'd be happy to do it i think uh the people are asking you to do it yeah but that's a big i mean that would be a full-time job no i don't you're not one to shy away from challenge you're asking me to do it right here and now I think you should start right now. Just walk <clears throat> off set and start, Just start, right start now. getting this organized. <clears throat> Man, I don't even know. It doesn't necessarily need to start with a physical location. It could just be a thing that just kind of grows and grows and grows. It really is long overdue. 
What would that first class be like? I mean, I feel like there'd be 40 people that need to go in right off the bat. I have to think about it. I would love to see it. It could be part of my legacy that I got this off the ground. Not about me, of course, but, you know, like it does mean a lot to me. We'll chew on that. I appreciate it, Scott. Uh, second, any idea what's going on with CM Punk? As time passes, this whole brawl with the elite is starting to feel like a work. Maybe I'm just hoping for them to revive the rivalry between him and MJF. You're the man. Uh, actually, I think the opposite. As time passes and he doesn't show up, it feels like more of a shoot. This wasn't a work. It was not a work. And I have no idea what's going on. I'm not really following it on a day-to-day basis. I'm not exactly a wrestling journalist. I hope you guys realize this. I mean, I do follow it. I love it. I read it. But I, you know, I don't... I don't really dig when it comes to that stuff. Um, I don't really understand why he can't come back. You know, enough time has passed. Maybe get everyone in a room. He was doing good business for them. Like, wh- why not just bring him back? I don't know. Was the damage done? Like, can, can everyone not get over this? It's wrestling. It's a crazy world. Figure it out. Would be a shame to let him go. Of course, I asked Tony Khan some of these questions, and he still won't me. <laughs> Bonus question. Yes. How do you feel about curling? The sport. This is a great question. Uh, I like it and appreciate it. It was gigantic when I was living in in Canada as a kid. It was always on TSN. One of the most fun shoots that I ever did was I was covering the 2010 Winter Olympics with Casey on our team. And there was a great story. It was in Vancouver. And there was a great story about uh, a member of the women's curling team from Canada, Canadian women's curling team, who was seven months pregnant. And we found her during the Olympics. And we did a video which was a tutorial on how to curl. And so we went to a place and she taught me while like pretty- Seven months pregnant. Yes. Wow. Uh, if you type in Ariel Hawani curling Olympics, it will pop up on YouTube. Very fun. It, it has like, you know, it, it has a lot of skill. It's not as I think simple as people think it is. Do I go out of my way to watch it? No. I went to some of the events, fun at the Olympics. Um, so I'm not a hater. I, I appreciate and enjoy it. But is it on my, you know- Darts and football? No, not yeah. at the moment. Why gotcha. are you a big fan? That's just curious. Just curious. <laughs> hey, you know, it's not fair because, like, all these people write you questions and you don't ask them, why'd you ask me this? No, that's true. That's a good so, point. No, unless I you start doing that to everyone. I, I just wasn't sure why you asked me this right this moment. I just I wanted to fit it in the first question because it was more relevant. Now I've just been trying to squeeze it in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark, hey, Ariel, if ESPN were to make a 30 for 30 documentary about a UFC MMA story, which which fighter rivalry era would you want them to cover? Hit me with your top three. I can offer up a suggestion to potentially... Um, well, okay, that's from Lewis. Um, believe it or not, I actually pitched a few 30 for 30s while I was at ESPN. Um, one was on the life and times of Kimbo Slice. Happy birthday. One was on the rise and fall of pride. It's a lot there with the Yakuza. Uh, one was on the rise of women's MMA, the early beginnings and then the explosion. And there might have been one other one. There was five and there was one that I'm forgetting. And then there was the last one, which I've talked about before, 2016 in MMA. And in particular, from the night or really like a week before UFC 196, Connor Nate Diaz, he loses, same night, Holly Holm, Tate. From that moment all the way until August 20th when Connor beat him and everything that happened in between, it's like the greatest collection of events of all time. 196, Connor loses to Nate. 197, John Jones is getting arrested. He's in like an orange jumpsuit three weeks before his interim title fight um, against OSP. He comes back, he wins. 
and and then and then right after that they announced Jones versus DC UFC 200. 198 Stipe Miocic goes to Brazil, beats Fabrício Verdun, becomes the heavyweight champ in front of like 45,000 people in Curitiba. 199 uh, Luke Rockhold, Michael Bisping, craziness, all that stuff. Even Muhammad Ali dies the night before the event. Uh, Faber Cruz three, all that. 200 insanity. Brock Lesnar, Mark Hunt, Jones falls through, all that craziness. Night after, the company is sold, right? For this crazy number, 4.025 billion. 201, uh, Woodley beats Robbie Lawler to become champion. 202, Connor beats Nate. And you can even go further. 203, the CM Punk fight, Steep A in Cleveland. 204, Michael Bisping and uh, Dan Henderson in Manchester in the middle of the night. 205, Connor becomes double champ. 206 was the weird one in Toronto. That's maybe the the one like sort of subpar. And then 207 is the end of Ronda Rousey and uh, Cody Garbrandt beating Dominic Cruz, one of the greatest performances ever in a title fight by a challenger. Craziness. Connor from Canada. Hey, Ariel and crew. If you guys had to rank the four upcoming pay-per-views by excitement level, what would be your ranking? I can't remember a time when we had four pay-per-views this massive all in a row. I just named them for you. Uh, maybe 201 to 205, he says. All right, there you go. Uh, as there were two Connor fights. 216, 2016 was the best year in the history of the UFC, especially because they had five pay-per-views over a million buys, and and that was absurd. 190, 196. By the way, 195 was the fight of the year, and that was on the first day of the year. That was uh, Condit and Lawler. 196 was uh, a million buys. 200 was a million buys, 202 was a million buys, 205 was a million buys, 207 was a million buys. Um, all right, these are the four. Islam Volk, 284, Jones Gone, 285, 286, Leon Usman, 287, Alex Izzy. Golly. I pro- I pro- you know what? I'll be honest. I'll put Leon first just because I just can't wait to see how that... But it's, it's between Leon and Jones, obviously. I'm sure New York Rick would say Jones. Jones all day. So, yeah. so pumped for that one. But there's just so much history. Yes. I mean, you can't go wrong. I'll go Leon Usman because it's in London. It's it's the trilogy. But yeah, then Jones, uh, then Islam, then Alex Izzy. But really, I mean, you can make a case for any of those being first. What's your top four? Like, how would you rank them? I'm going Jones. Gone. I'm going... I'm going Alex Izzy. Wow. I'm going Makachev, Volkanovski, and Edwards Usman last. All right. Uh, GC, what about you? Same for me as Rick, but flip Islam and Leon. So Jones gone, Islam Volk, mm. Leon Usman, Alex Izzy. Wow. But like it's all one, two, three, yeah. four. Like they're all incredibly close. One A. Can't 1B. wait for all. Yeah. Uh, watch party this weekend? Watch party this weekend. I mean, I can't wait for it. Going to be great. Going to do the Tim Tam Slam. Oh, you're listening to Casey. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do nice. it. Nice. For sure. You should get her on. You guys, you, you don't really have fighter guests on the watch party, huh? Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, you think Casey O'Neill would be into it? <laughs> I mean, she, sent, she listened to the show. She sent me uh, some suggestions. She gets some Tim Tams herself. She comes do on and together. does the Tim Tam Slam. Yeah. Now we're talking. Wow. Now we're talking. I mean, she's probably a pro. Seems like she's done it one or two, once or twice. It's all right. I can practice before Saturday. I feel like it's more fun if you do it for the first time. I mean, if I'm going against her, I'm going to have to practice. No, is it a competition? Fun. Do you chug it? 
I don't know. Is that the whole thing, or do you just sit there and enjoy it? I'm not gonna lie. I watched a couple videos of people doing it. Is it is it bad? I mean, it's not hollow. It's like a biscuit, so you're like slurping the liquid through the biscuit. Jesus. I can't wait. Got four flavors. It's gonna be great. Have you ever done the cinnamon challenge? Oh yeah, love it. You have? Yeah. <laughs> have you done it? No. Oh man, I got the point was you can't do it. Hilarious. It's yeah, you can't I mean, do it. Have That's you tried it. Yeah, okay. that's what makes it so it's fun. It's psychotic, that thing. <laughs> you you think that you can do it, and you definitely cannot do it. Ugh. And it's so funny. Isn't it painful? Yeah, I mean, you cough for a while. Yeah. I've done it a few times. Wow. Pop rocks and uh, cola? Never done that. You? No. Mentos and, and Coke? I, think we might have I don't f- think you should do that. Banana either. and Sprite? What Wait, is, that? is that a thing? I've never heard yeah, of that. Yeah, you like eat two bananas, and then you chug a Sprite, and you're like guaranteed to throw up or something? <sighs> what? Know what be, I'm doing tonight. Can I be honest with you guys? I look forward to coming in to do this show because I love doing the show. I love hanging out with you guys. I love everything about it. I, I legit look forward to Mondays and Wednesdays. But, but what I most look forward to is really getting my oatmeal cappuccino before coming into the studio. Oh no, I was drinking it today, and it's something just tasted off. But I look forward to it so much that I just powered through. Any regretting it? Don't feel great. Oh no. <laughs> Now, do 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 we think it was a different kind of milk? Do we think the know, oat milk had gone bad? I mean, it, it takes a while a for oat milk spoiled. to go bad. It felt spoiled. Oh, man. And he just pushed through? I pushed through because I, Tasted I enjoy. Spoiled. I, that whole point of something tastes spoiled is to let your body know not to consume it, and you just power through it. I feel sick, guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> do we need to take a break here? No, but I didn't eat my lunch. <laughs> I'm yeah, I noticed that too. What, what's yeah. wrong with you? Because I was feeling sick. Did you spill oh, something oh, on the carpet no, on the no. way here? No, my palms are super sweaty. Like it's oh wow, it's not great. He's right. crying. He's crying for help. We need to do something. No, do we need to intervene? Or? Uh, seltzer. I've been hearing about a lot of people getting the stomach bug lately, oh, and man. and now it's starting to like. Yeah, I, it didn't. Didn't you tell me your family had it in your Craig? Oh, it's real. Did you have it too? I, I, I got like a new round of it. Oh, did I have it? Yeah, I think I did have it actually. Aren't you the guy that always says like you don't throw kids, up? My kids are in. Yeah, say that again. Aren't you the guy that always says you don't get sick? You don't have to. I throw never. Up Rick is so busy he doesn't remember being sick. I it, it's this. I don't believe in getting sick, so I don't get sick. Mm, you're one of those I just, guys. Jesus. So so wise. Can I tell you, my whole life is just me trying to avoid throwing up. I, I, you I hate it that much. I hate I, it that much. I'm with you specifically I, that. I hate throwing up so much. I I can't even remember the last time I did it. I mean, it's, I see you dry heaving with the shuivasa every time you do one of those. So that yeah, but it is it doesn't happen. I mean, the shuivasa. God bless. I'm gonna have to do one this weekend. Get a Bundaberg. Oh, oh are you doing it? Bundaberg. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait. I'm just gonna have a whole buffet of Australian cuisine on. Are you on doing Saturday. it like? I got. Are you do, Are you do, Are you using the the shoey thingy or? Are you well, I have my own. You know, I bring in my own. No, no, no. Vasa. But are are you going to do like the actual shoe or are you going to do the shoey vasa like little? It's, it is in Australia. Should I do an actual shoe? I feel like you kind of have to, if I'm being honest. Wow. I mean, you say wow. that. Wow. I mean, <laughs> you're of all people to push yeah, him to right. do the actual shoe. <laughs> I mean, what shoe? You're the guy. I mean, are you in or are you? Can you leave us a shoe? These are pretty dirty. Like, oh, use uh, use the use the David Taylor. Connor. I use have the, permission use to the, use no, this. No, absolutely not. I can absolutely use the sign, David Taylor's. Absolutely not. I use mean, the, we need to get you some new shoes, anyways, right? Yeah, exactly. Use exactly. The Those are pretty. Uh... Don't. All right, I'm just saying. Don't do it. Uh, by the way, someone, uh, I retweeted Sadiq's video, his unprofessional breakdown of 284. Someone just tweeted both of us, 
Ariel Hawani needs to watch these and have Sadiq on to break down the next UFC card. Hashtag make it happen. Oh. Wow, what a great idea. That's a good idea. You should yeah. do that. Shout out to him. Uh, Boris. Hi, Ariel. Because you have become an avid follower of the English Premier League, I have the following question for you. What is your view on the differences between the setup of European football and American sports leagues, namely promotion, relegation, big money transfers, and a set of hierarchy versus closed leagues, drafts, trades, and everything having a shot? Can I be honest with you guys? It's a fantastic question. I think the European model, or in particular, the English Premier model, a thousand times way more exciting. I mean, every, look at us with Forrest. We're worried about relegation. We have something to play for, even though we're not going to finish at the top. Love that. Um, sure, you can make a case like it's like the rich get richer type of thing with the transfers and there's no salary cap and it's just like a free-for-all, but F it. That's the way it is. I kind of like it. The, the more I think about it, it's like, all right, what does game 64 of the regular season in the NHL or NBA really mean? In, in the Premier League, every game matters. You're either fighting to get to the top four or five, or you're fighting to survive. It's huge. I mean, I absolutely love it. I love it. I mean, like the relegation thing, too, and being able to get promoted and having all these leagues. Like, imagine if there was an NFL team in, I don't know, Wichita, Kansas Amazing. or something. Like a sm super small town. Stadium holds like 10,000 people, but they made a run and they made it into the NFL. Like, it's it's just crazy. I mean, I, I'm 100% with you. Like, the Hawks, the Falcons, like, they're kind of just like middle-of-the-road teams for nothing me. And it feels on. like there's nothing to play for. Right. You're just waiting until they're good. Where, like... Nottingham right now is literally in the middle of the table, 13th, but every, every game, game feels, is important yes. because you don't want to get relegated. And I love it. Don't I get me started it. on FA Cup, Carabao Cup. Like all of a sudden, like we were talking about Wrexham, at least in the midst of it all, you can have these crazy stories. There's things going on. So you get that tournament feel like you get in the playoffs. Do I feel like maybe sometimes at the end, it kind of ends a little bit unceremoniously because it's just like, all right, you're number one and you've won the whole damn thing? Sure. But when you couple being top four with Champions League and all that stuff, it's like, this is kind of way better. I like it. It takes I, a minute really to figure out everything that's going it. on. There's this, there's that, there's top four. There. But once there's you- a ton of different leagues. Yes. Like where they all Once you figure from. it out, I kind of like it. Now, I, I feel it. like the NBA has done a great job of- fighting off tanking by doing this like play-in tournament thing because you, you, I feel like less teams are tanking and I feel like those, you know, those, I don't know, 8, 9, 10, 11, even 12, 13 teams are fighting to get in, which I like. And it's given everyone, you know, a chance to play for something. Of course, if the Knicks finish seventh, I'm going to be annoyed about it because I just want to get into the playoffs. But that being said, it has proven to be good. It still feels like this really like could you imagine if the Westchester Knicks have a great year and then they go on a run in a tournament epic and then now they're playing the the freaking Celtics, you know? Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's it amazing. Would be incredible. Like it or would be unbelievable. imagine it was like FA Cup style, but college teams, top twenty five, AP top twenty five. So now it's, you know, I don't know who's number one. Who's number one now? Hey. Purdue, but they lost on Saturday. Right, to uh, to Indiana, one. right? Yeah, shout out to the Hoosiers. Yeah, Mike Woodson. Uh, point is, like, imagine number one now gets a chance to play the Thunder. I mean, yeah, that would be crazy. It would be amazing. Like, you know, the main Celtics, like, uh, oh, yeah, it'd like be I'm amazing. just thinking, like, the College Park Skyhawks. I mean, it'd be it'd be unbelievable. Like, that's the idea that I that I love. I love the relegation and promotion. Love it.
Anyway, uh, Sam, hi, Ariel. You often say that MMA promotions need a face to grow their promotion, but the UFC seems to be doing fine despite Dana White's lackluster efforts over the last year or so, and PFL and One seem to be both growing strong without an amazing promoter's figurehead. First of all, Dana White is still Dana White. He's on Media Row yesterday in Arizona. People want to talk to him. He's still the guy that people associate with the UFC. So you can't just dismiss that, despite the fact that we in this bubble may disagree with certain efforts or whatever he's saying. And then one has Chatri, good or bad, they have a guy. Uh, PFL, I would still argue, they need that guy. I mean, just look at the pay-per-view. They need that guy. So don't, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't just dismiss that and don't necessarily agree. But anyway, is it possible that MMA has grown in popularity and legitimacy to the point where it is less reliant on guy at the mic shouts about fights and more on social media teams and savvy business deals? No, I think you need both. I really do. Look at Matchroom. They've got great social media, but they've got Eddie Hearn as well. You need both. What is one thing one or PFL could do to build a promotion that they aren't doing yet? Cheers to you and the crew. I mean, there's a lot of things. You got to build your own talent. Social media helps, but you got to build talent. You got to build fights. You got to build contenders. You got to find new talent. You got to beat the UFC to get the youngsters into your organization to build them up, make big fights, create intrigue, drama, attention. It's a lot. It's easier said than done. There's a lot. And you need a face. I strongly believe that. Kevin, hey, Ariel and crew, I'm the guy who sent those AI images to GC. For some context about them, I used MidJourney. With MidJourney, you can submit a picture and then use keywords to generate the images. So that's what I did to generate those images from Monday's show. The picture of Ariel was from a Showtime event. The picture of GC was indeed from a watch party. The picture of New York Rick was just behind the mic on the show. And the pic of Frank was from a quality selfie GC posted of the two of them. How about that, guys? Do you know Midjourney, GC? I've heard of it. I've never used it, though. I might, I might have to get into it. I even noticed uh, New York Rick took the photo and uh, made it his... Uh, good on you, Yeah, I would have done the same yeah. thing. I mean, that's his was fantastic. It was, it was too good not to. Shows the personality. Shout looks just like him. Midjourney. So so weird this whole thing. Even my dad asked me about Chat oh, GPT. No. Yeah, that is great. Uh, GPT. G, what is it? GPT. Chat GPT. Yeah. Pops is using it. He's like everyone's talking about this. You using this? Yeah. Like, nah, Let's get Mr. Helwani on it. I don't know what's going on. He knows more about this stuff than I do. Well, didn't Bing? I think yeah, Bing just read about integrated that. it. Right. Yeah. The future is now. Isn't Google starting one too? It's coming. Whenever I hear of Chat GPT, I think of Jamie Vardy. Chat should get banged. Yeah, well, it's uh, GPT, but yeah. Yeah, GPT. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that what I said? No, you keep saying GB. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, it's all great. I'm, 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 I'm into it. I'm getting into it. I've got my Ethereum wallet set up. I've got all that stuff. You're on the <laughs> blockchain. You know how it works. I'm on the block. It's freaking great. You know, you just, kind of sick. I got That's some bad news. You're a little late to the crypto. No, game. no. Might ben Askren told me to success. jump on it. Askren told I, me to jump I, on it. I know it. Yusuf Super Sadiq's into it too. He is. Yeah. Well, we'll talk uh, to him. Going with the great prime, despite feeling a little unsettled. Yeah, you're just adding. <sighs> Truth be told, there's 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 none left. This is literally the last yeah, one. It feels like a water kind of thing. Fuck you know. Wait, you've been drinking out of an empty bottle? Or? I know. I mean, it's the last one. What are you talking about? <laughs> I needed something. I've got the water, but I felt like I needed a little oomph. Mm. <laughs> That's you, think, the oomph you want me to go get you another oat milk latte? You think no? 
I can't live in a world where that place gave me a bad oat milk latte because I legit look forward to it. I mean, I've been to that place a few times and I love it. Last night I was feeling a little bit under the weather as well, so it could be a mix. I'd like to believe. Thanks it for coming in today. No, it's just my stomach. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just a, I'm I'm a fighter. Okay, Frank. I appreciate that, Ozzy Jack. I come from the land down under. Yes, thank you. Do you come from the land down under? Good day, Ariel. In order to offer something different to the UFC, do you think it would be worth having different weight divisions, limits, and promotions, such as belt or PFL1? Could they potentially make a 65, 75, 95, maybe even a 225-pound division also? Well, with, with regards to that, it's really a commission thing, right? The commission needs to be able to um, be okay with that. In MMA, those aren't recognized weight classes. So I guess they can make it up, but... I don't want promotions to have different weight classes. I think that would be very confusing for everyone. It would muddy the waters. But I would love to see a 65, 75, 95 situation. 225, I don't think there's enough talent, but definitely 65 and 75. Also, for GC's watch party, you should watch the biggest hits in rugby league. This was the sport Alex Volkanovsky played before becoming a full-time fighter. Rugby is a different sport. I recommend looking at Jorge or George. Tau Fua. T-A-U-F-U-A. Thanks, as always, for bringing attention to the great stories around MMA. Are you familiar with this uh, individual? No, but I just typed him in, and the first recommendation was George Tawafua Big Hits. Uh, I'm all down for that. I mean, I love watching Big Hits highlights. Do you think, wow. do, yeah, do, this guy is... do you think it's uh, George or Jorge? Tough, I'm, right? I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to speculate. Quick fire round coming up here. Uh, Cole, hello, Ariel and crew. With San Hagen Vera moving to the Apex to a live crowd in Texas, what are some of the other, I can't believe they listened to the fans' moments in the UFC or in MMA in general? Uh, they didn't listen to the fans. I mean, as much as I want to take credit for this, they didn't listen to the fans. They couldn't get another main event for San Antonio, so they're like, oh, let's take from this one. It's sort of like Robin Hood, except the opposite. They took from the poor and gave it to the rich. Do you get what I'm saying? Apex, they could put anything on that card. They don't really have to sell tickets. Anything they sell at the Apex is gravy. So let's take from this one and put it on that one. They did not listen to us on that one. We cannot claim victory. Okay? I'm just being honest here. Um, so, no. Uh, other that they listened to us? The, oh, the one that was uh, very, very famous was UFC 1. It was supposed to be... New York Rick might remember this. It was supposed to be Henderson. No. It was supposed to be Henderson versus Franklin at UFC 90. It was the same. It was it was on September 19th. It was the same night as Marquez and Floyd. It was when they bought Affliction and then they changed it to Belfort versus Franklin. Do you remember this? It was supposed to be UFC. UFC 93 was the one in Dublin. Oh, wait. It's on. Yeah, go ahead. Wait, wait. Franklin. Do you remember this? Rich Franklin. They bought Affliction and they changed the main event because everyone crapped on it because no one wanted to see the rematch of Henderson versus Franklin. It, 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 I remember it vaguely, but it's like I don't remember the, the inner workings UFC of, it, the minutia of, how it, of how it happened. UFC 103, yes. yes. It, it, they announced Henderson versus Franklin. Everyone crapped on it. And then they changed it. Here's an MMA fighting uh, article from July 31st, 2009, written by the great Ray Hoy, if you recall. 
Shout out. Vitor Belfort will return to the UFC in a 195-pound bout against Rich Franklin. Promotion announced. Franklin was originally announced to face former Pride middleweight and light heavyweight champion Dan Henderson, but due to the lack of interest in the rematch from the UFC uh, and, and rematch from 93, the UFC shuffled the main event. The fans didn't like it, so we're going to change it, UFC President Dana White said. You remember this? It's crazy. This is probably the one time that they listened to us. Like, where they actually made a switch. I'm not saying they don't listen and make the fights, but I'm saying, like, where they had an announced fight and they switched it. Crazy. Yeah, I feel like that's not only... Yes, that's great because it serves the fans, but imagine being a, a fighter. I don't know that every fighter is just, like, you know, up for that. Yeah, let's just switch the opponent. Great. Mm-hmm. I think... uh I think it'd be hard to to navigate that in the modern era. Soy sauce. Hey, Ariel, I primarily watch the show through YouTube, so I wanted to ask you and the crew, what YouTube channels are you all subscribed to and follow? You know, um, I'm not a big subscriber. I just kind of find things, but I'm looking at my subscriptions, MMA Fighting, Bellator, IFL TV, WWE, Boxing Social, Buffalo Bills, Lebetard Show, DAZN, Men in Blazers, Post Wrestling, ESPN, Matchroom, Inside Boxing Live, UFC, Nottingham Forest, Showtime Sports, BT Sport. Here are some fun ones. Chael, Bisping, BT Sport Box Office. Uh, excuse me, BT Sport Boxing. This is one. This is an obscure one that I like. The Augustino Zinga Show. Are you familiar with him? That's to do with the cool glasses that likes to do breakdowns. Uh, top rank, Showtime Basketball, One Soccer, Sports Illustrated, Canada Soccer, MMA Rated, No Dunks, TSN, Daniel Cormier, Knicks Fan TV, Tom Aspinall, Super Sadiq Youssef, PFL, Renee Paquette. Do I, should I still keep going or is that enough? Um, those are some that I subscribe to. Ariel, my guy, just curious if you have any plans for your YouTube channel. Those interviews were outstanding. Yes, I do. Stay tuned. A lot going on. A lot happening. But uh, good. Good stuff. Just needed to, you know, we did a certain thing for a year. We did a certain thing for a year, year two. You know, it's all good. It's all good. Things are happening. Logan, good afternoon. What are your thoughts on Kevin Lee returning to the UFC? It seems like he will fight at welterweight in his return. Who would you like to see him fight? This is a fascinating story, by the way. And look, this is going to sound like I am hating per se. It's not, this is not hating. But here's, here's the facts. Kevin Lee got released from the UFC out of the blue unceremoniously. He was very upset. At the time, he was being represented by CAA. He talked about it. I talked about it. He was a casualty in the whole CAA Endeavor UFC war. He goes out. He signs with uh, Eagle FC. Who knows what their plans are currently in the United States, gets paid by Bitcoin, has the one fight, whatever, whatever. Then signs, and if you've been following his career, signs with Dominance MMA and Ali, who he went, you know, tete-a-tete with back in the day. Now he's a member of the, the crew. Then I see a picture of him with Dana and Hunter. And I'm like, oh, he's back. And now he's back in the UFC. And so this, I will say, good, bad, ugly is a testament to Ali. Give him credit. He got the guy back and, and, and shows that whatever relationship he has with the UFC, it's beneficial. If you want to get in their good graces, if you want to get back, you got to consider him. So this is me giving props. Uh, he got him back. He was out of the UFC. Now, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know 
what's going on behind the scenes, on the table, whatever. But he was out and in a shitty kind of way got let go because I believe he was a casualty of this war and they couldn't get, you know, they couldn't let go of Francis who was also part of CAA but was the champ. So he was a part of the war. His manager at the time, Markel Martin and, and Dana White are going back and forth and it was just shitty. Goes to Eagle, establishes relationship, which remember, he was the one guy that was calling out Habib and Islam for so long um, and Dagestan. And, and I mean, like he was really outspoken and now he's with dominance, he's Muslim and he's back in the UFC. Uh, and so I think Ali deserves a lot of credit. And this is an example of, listen, if you want to get back in or if you want to get in their good graces, you want to get a meeting for whatever reason, I don't know what that reason is. I don't know how the relationship got to be so strong. He gets it done. And so you got to give credit. I don't know if he gets back in with any other manager. Maybe one or two. Um, and yeah, he was having trouble at 55. So 170 seems like a good move. Alajwan, what's up, Ariel? Just a quick question. Any rumblings about a UFC card in Canada for 2023? Seems like we are the last major country for the UFC to return to. Hoping it's this year. No rumblings. They wanted to come back in September of last year. There were still issues with the you know, restrictions. There are no more restrictions. Would be very surprised if they don't come back in 2023. Do I know of a date, a time period? No, but I'd be surprised. It's too important for them. And they do too well there to ignore it. Israel D. In regards to Tim Simpson leaving Paradigm Sports and starting his own agency, do you know why he left? And do you know if there is any animosity between Tim and Adi since Tim will continue to represent Leon Izzy and Yeri. I've heard mainly good things about Paradigm, but also bad with the Tony Ferguson situation. We'd love to get your thoughts. Thank you, as always, Israel D. In the press release that was sent out announcing his departure and forming his new his new management group, and, and Tim is one of the most respected and beloved people in, in all of MMA. Um, no one talks shit about Tim. No one talks behind his back. Still so young, I think just 31 at this point. I'm trying to pull up the press release here to answer this question properly. Yes, here it is. On his departure from Paradigm Sports, Simpson said, quote, I wish my friends and former colleagues from Paradigm nothing but continued success and happiness. I will always cherish the experiences and memories from my time there, and I'm happy that we will have an ongoing professional partnership. CAG, which is Chosen Advisory Group, the name of his new group, and Paradigm Sports will continue a working relationship in which Paradigm Sports will serve as the company's exclusive marketing partner. So that, that one kind of flew under the radar a little bit, uh, but there's still a relationship there. I think he just wanted to go out on his own. He wanted to be independent Tim. Who wouldn't want to be? Uh, and like I said, he's got a tremendous relationship with those guys. Izzy, Leon, Yuri. Um, he he picks up Max, Casey O'Neill, Jack Della, Madalena, um, Don Madge. I think it's like eight or nine or so. And, you know, he's going to go out there and do his thing and and God bless him. More power to him. He wanted to, you know, he wanted to be the man. Um, but there is still that working relationship there. And a lot of people I know are are like, tell me about this. Is he taking on more? I think he wants to, like he doesn't want to have like a stable of 50 guys. I don't think that's what he's looking for. Will P, 
Hello, Ariel. Big fan of you and the whole crew for the MMA Hour. And by the way, one more thing on Tim. Like, again, a great example of if you want something, go out and get it and, uh, you know, dream big. He he told the story here about emailing Audi when he was just a young, I mean, he was like 21, 22, something like that. And um, he's living in Australia and he, and he sends him an email and then all of a sudden he's like, you know, involved in big Connor fights and all the big fights that Paradigm has done. You know, shoot for the moon. Go out there, reach out. What do you have to lose? Will P, hello, Ariel. Big fan of you and the whole crew for the MMA Hour, including moderator Lewis. Shout out to Lewis. I had a question regarding the futures of two of the UFC's biggest star, stars, both of whom are slated to fight in April. If Max Holloway and Israel Destiny lose their fights to Arnold Allen and Alex Pereira, respectively, do you think either or possibly both would consider changing weight classes? Obviously, both have gone up before for title shots, and Max had mentioned finishing his career at lightweight or welterweight in an interview a year or two ago. So do you think this could be the final fight for either at their weight class? In Izzy's case, do you think he could get an automatic shot at light heavyweight belt if he went up? I don't think Izzy's going to move up. And honestly, even if he loses to Pereira, who knows who Pereira, like if Pereira fights Hamza, it might be a tough fight for him. So, I mean, there's still there's there's still a lot more for him to do at 85. Max is different. I, I think as long as Volk's champion at 45, Max is just going to take these big fights and and see where it goes. Does he end up at 55 again? Sure. But, you know, that's a bigger jump, right? 45 to 55, then 85 to 205. So I can see Max maybe going up at some point. Izzy, I don't feel like there's a point. He was just small for that weight class. Jimmy, hello, Ariel. Given you are vocally proud Canadian and now a new American citizen, almost a year, uh, my question is, what is one thing or a couple that you like most about each specific country? And in turn, what do you dislike most about both? Could be social, political, cultural opportunities, cuisine, regional weather, or whatever jumps to your mind first. Appreciate you and the entire staff. Have a blessed day, man. That's tough. Uh, I love Canadians for the most part. I think they're very good people, kind people, warm people, friendly people. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of free healthcare, not going to lie. Um, I'm not a fan of the cold at all. At all. Uh, I'm a fan of the opportunities that America presents, uh, land of the free, home of the brave. Um, I'm a fan of people be- being very proud of America, the patriotism. I'm, uh, I'm a fan of a lot of the country, excuse me, the states in America and especially the warm weather ones. Um, fan of a lot of the people, obviously. This is where I've I've now lived longer in America than I have in Canada, which is crazy. But yeah, when I think of America, I think of opportunity. I think of uh, the American dream. I think of, you know, getting things done, living out. I mean, like every day it feels like, what is my life? So I think of that. And, and when I think of Canada, I think of the opportunity gave my parents coming from the Middle East. Um, America didn't take them in. Canada took them in and allowed them to have incredible lives. And uh, I'm very proud of, I mean, I, I, I will say like, I'll always be Canadian first. Absolutely. I will always, always identify and have that connection to Canada. Love America, will root for America, want America to succeed. If Canada's not playing, America is my team in, in the World Cup or whatever basketball, but Canada will always be number one for me. All right, just a couple left here. And then we're going to get to Sadiq. Uh, AJ Hawk, what? 
Hello, Ariel and crew. With the recent news of Tommy Fury not attending this week's press conference, which do you have more faith stays intact and goes on without a hitch? Jones, Surreal Gun, Jake Paul, Tommy Fury. Much love. Wish all you guys the best. P.S. Am I going to get paid for asking this question? No, but you should pay me. Um, golly. We're going to talk to Mike Perry about this, but honestly, I have more faith than Jones, Surreal Gun at this point. As crazy as that sounds. What a bizarre thing. Like, how many press conferences can we do without one of them not showing up? Let's not forget, one time it was Jake not showing up in, in England, but more often than not, it has been the other side. How many more times? I'm going to be happy when we can move on from this one. And then let's get to Jake and Nate. Kobe, what's up, Ariel and crew? Have a quick question for each of the guys, if you could. Rick, if you could pick the debut opponent for your guy, Cedric Dumbe in the UFC, who would it be? I'll let you think on that in a moment. Or do you have it? No, because I really don't care. Like, throw a body out there, they're getting massacred. Cedric Dumbe is going to smoke everybody, period. I don't, I, se- send somebody, but not anybody you want back. That's, that's the answer. Okay, and that is a damn good answer. GC, you have a picture on your Instagram with Little Boosie after a music video. What on earth is the story behind that? Who the hell is Little Boosie? Uh, Lil Boozy is a rapper. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, man, this is a long story. Uh, I'll keep it brief. Uh, one of my friends in college, I mean, I've always been a, a rap and hip hop fan, uh, just randomly disappeared on a Sunday morning, uh, was gone the entire day, one of my roommates. And when he came back, we were like, dude, where have you been? Turns out he was filming a music video with Young Thug and... The aforementioned Lil Boosie uh, for F Cancer. Uh, he's the blonde nurse with the long hair. Then he started doing music videos with the Migos, all these other people. And then, like, the directors were like, bring your friends. We need more people for them. Uh, so, yeah, I did a couple music videos and then I did a Lil Boosie music video filmed at a jail. Uh, and yeah, it was crazy. It was ridiculous. Uh, what year is I this? Mean, 2016. I was still in college. Wow, you were still in college 2016? I can't believe someone dug that deep. Yeah, I mean, it was a ridiculous uh, stretch there. I mean, we were just doing random music videos. Uh, Boston George. Uh, no one knows who that is, but I did a music video for him where I'm like the predominant character. In wow. It, and it is, are these online? Yeah, they're ridiculous. They're, wow, they are I had no ridiculous. idea. Uh, yeah, it was funny. We need to unearth those on YouTube. Yeah, wow. they, they are on Someone YouTube, find yeah. those, please. Jedi, get on it. Uh, Ariel, if I had to pick one match, if you had to pick one match to show a non-wrestling fan that had the best chance of them becoming a fan, which would it be? He says, personally, I'd pick Kurt Angle versus HBK. WrestleMania 21. Uh, man, I think Brett, Brett versus Mr. Perfect, SummerSlam 91 was incredible. Brett versus Austin, WrestleMania 13, incredible. I mean, Foley Taker Hell in the Cell was nuts. Um, Hogan Rock was just nuts. TLC from WrestleMania 17 was nuts as well. Those are some that come to mind. Ladder match, HBK, Razor Ramon. Oh, Owen Hart versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania 10. Frank, pick one. Signed Amanda Serrano gloves or a 10-year supply of balls? I'll take the uh, the gloves. Also, shout out to Andy, Joe, and Corporate Alex in the back. How about that? Great stuff from Kobe. Two left. I didn't make it. Let's not waste any more time. We'll get to the last two uh, later on in the show, but I'm very excited to talk to our first guest of the day. This man is a self-proclaimed 
Riz God. He's been blowing up the internet with his great unprofessional breakdowns of the UFC cards. This is long overdue. This is on me. He's one of the best 145-pounders on the planet, rising up the ranks, very much a player. He's the great, the one and only Super Sadiq Youssef, kind enough to join us. There he is. What's happening, my man? We made it. I, f- I finally made it on Ariel, man. It's, it's, it's like a full circle moment here. It's, it took it took four years of fighting, you know, but okay, the YouTube content got me on here. It's it got you on. Listen, I, I and I wrote to you, I'm late. It's my bad. But the YouTube content, you know, you gave me something to chew on here and you're doing a great job. Uh, by the yeah. way, someone, I, w- I will be honest with you. Uh, GC in the back said to call you a self-proclaimed Riz God. I have no idea what a Riz God is. What is a Riz God? <laughs> So a Riz guy, I, I don't even know if I could go fully into it. It's just when I smile at you, how do you feel, Ariel? I you have a beautiful smile. It, like it, it feels warm. It feels cuddly. Is that what it is? That's all I gotta say, Ariel. The new kids on TikTok does does taught me that. You know, I go live on TikTok a, a lot, so like they they just write that as jokes, and I had to get them to explain it to me. Apparently, it's just being attractive by not doing anything. Damn, so look at you! I, I I gave up fighting, and now I'm just risen. Wow, I like. So, so you, <laughs> are you are you like? Dare I ask? Are you a ladies' man? I mean, uh, what does that what does that mean? No, I, I'm taking Ariel, okay. but I, I, the Riz the Riz can't be um it can't be stopped. It can't okay. Be contained. Respect. Well, clearly, because you are taken. Uh, and by the way, I, I, I can't uh, delay on this. Um, you were on a program called On the Line Sports, and you sort of called me out. I mean, there was a bit of shade there. Uh, and yeah, I saw this man. clip. I put I put it in my back pocket. I was waiting for the right time. For those that may have missed it, this is Super Sadiq on the On the Line Sports podcast talking about me and this program. Take a look at this try to do is like when i have guys i think are pretty you know pretty bigger big like i'm like and i see they've never been on hawani because yeah. when i listen i listen to every interview i listen to yeah. the sway interview i saw the sway interview i'm like there's no way there's not a hawani clip. yeah yeah i made i made it on sway before i made it on Aero hawani that's a, that's a, that's insane <laughs> like what that, that, that's insane well one day i'll be cool enough to make it on Aero show Maybe maybe one day we can get you. One day, yeah, <laughs> I don't know who you have to fight. Yeah, you, you guys, you guys might be the one to get me on there. Yeah, I'll put this clip up. Maybe he'll be like, "Oh man, I remember that guy." It helped, but I wasn't sure <laughs> about the line. I made it on Sway before. I, I wasn't sure if that was a shot at me saying that Sway's bigger oh, than no, me no. and that you leapfrogged me to get this way. Is that what you meant? It's not a shot at you. Trust me. In our community, Sway, Sway, and Ariel are, uh, with all respects to you, Ariel, okay. Sway, Sway's a legend. He is <laughs> so a legend. That, and so I, I just didn't know if, if you know, Sway was the big, like, that's making it to the Tonight Show, and I'm just a little, little, like, you know, no, cognitive. No, no, Sway, Sway, Sway's outside of MMA. Okay. And Sway, Sway, like, the people that don't watch MMA watch Sway, you know, but you're, man, I've, I've been watching you since I was a kid. This is like a full circle moment. All so right. I was like, man, as soon as I got to the UFC, I was like, man, one day I'm going to be on Ariel. And that just never happened. Well, you know who we could blame for this? Who's that? Brian Butler. I mean, he never told me that you wanted to be on the show. I mean, where is he at? He's going to text me in 0. 0.5 seconds. I'll be like, "Why are you hating? Why are you hating on me, bro?" Um, man, when I was a when I was a kid, um Vic was on here and I was calling his phone and he was talking about me. He was like, "Man, tell him to stop calling you cuz he kept interrupting with the with the Skype call." Wait, so who I, was that? Who was that? James Vic. 
he was oh really wow yeah 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 so i think i was probably like maybe like 19 or something like that and that, that like Vic was on here and he was like yeah my boy said he's gonna be in the ufc one day blah blah and i was like texting him and you could hear him like vibrating through the phone the that is time. awesome that is well i appreciate it and i'm sorry for being late by the way are you sitting in front of a green screen right now yeah man this is what this is what i've been doing for the past well let me break it down um please i've been hurt, hurt. i've been sidelined you know so I have a really bad, bad back injury. The UFC just paid for some injections in my back. So I'm finally at the point where I could stand and sit without pain. But in the meantime, while I was off, my coach told me, man, I got to start picking up new, um, picking up new things, you know, like start learning some stuff, start taking the content stuff seriously, mm. you know, which is why I'm on here, you know, because yes. <laughs> like, man, take this time, start putting the content stuff out. Butler talked to me too. He was like, man, you have fans that just know you from fighting, but people don't know you're funny. People don't know um how you're like, how you really are outside of the cage. So this is what I do now. I just sit here. I take classes for the past like month now, you know, I was on here um working on my mom's website. So, no way. So, Wait, what are the classes yeah, that you're taking? A bunch of different things. I took in like acting stuff, um, like stuff designing like Shopify stuff, like just all, all the things that I've always stayed away from because I was always at practice. Now that I can't train, I've been going to the gym and just watching. So my coach is like, hey, man, just go learn some new skills. You know, like I'm I'm always there. You're I'm I, it's like I'm like, what's it called? You've been in jail so long, you're like used to it. Yeah, <laughs> like that's how it is with me and trainers. So I just go there and sit around at the gym. I love it, and uh, you're really making an impact and getting a lot of love. I have to say, a little bit disappointed that we're not getting the gym background that I usually see in the breakdown videos. I thought you were gonna. <laughs> I wanted to mark out for that. Why couldn't you put? I guess it's because it's a green screen, right? You can't. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's probably a way I could do that. See, now I gotta learn how to do that kind of stuff on Zoom. Zoom next background. time you have to see, now, now, now you you have a reason to bring it back on here next time. Um, and so how bad is the back injury? It's, it's pretty bad, man. It's, sure. um, so it was, it, it was something that you, I, I was dealing with before, but then it got crazy. My coach actually freaking it, it's So it's like two slip discs and, um, they're pressing on some nerves and it was getting to the point where it was, it was hard to like stand or sit for too long, you know? So I was like spending most of my time either laying on a ball or something like that. But once I got the injections, I'm pretty okay now. Like I could stand for a pretty long time. So now it's just a point of doing rehab. And I've I've been doing that for about two weeks now. So once I feel confident again, I'll get back to practice. My my I was gonna actually go train with like some little kids this week until oh. I moved around in the in the car a little bit funny. And I was like, all right, let's let's take our time, you know. Are you worried that this might stunt your uh, your growth? Your no, because worst worst case scenario, I'm pretty hard headed, Ariel. Okay. <laughs> worst case scenario, we're gonna make we're gonna make it work and de deal with it when we're forty. But I think if I if I listen, I'll be all right. I just gotta have patience. And and so your last fight was October first. Was it bothering you then, or this only came about afterwards? Not, not as bad, not as bad as um it is now. So it was something where I could, like I said, I could like grit through it. But then it got really, really bad like two months ago. Okay, and so then you realize, all right, I'm going to be out. Your coach tells you you got. When, when do you start? Th like these videos, we played it at the beginning of the show. We played a little clip from the 284 breakdown. It's it's uh it's just fair. I mean, it's just fun. It's unique. Your delivery is great. The way you're talking into the microphone is great. The video thing on the side, like the, the the what you're showing on the side, is great. It's it's just very good, and it's showing a different side of your personality. You know, UFC fighters. This is me sort of lamenting. They kind of make all of you look the same. You're all dressed the same. It's hard yeah. to break through. So now I feel like we have this different connection with you. How did you come up with this? No, that's that's a fact. Like like you were talking about Brian before. Brian actually came up to our gym like maybe like a couple months ago, and he was talking about 
my interaction with fans, you know, like the people around me know, like, this is what I do naturally, you know, I'm not, I fight scary, but I, in real life, I'm just cracking jokes most of the time, you know? So the, the funny stuff comes to me naturally. And the the thing with the breaking down cars, that's what I do with people I interact with. Cause I hate talking about like when people don't know you and you're a UFC fighter, all they want to do is talk about fighting. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I don't want to talk about fighting with my friends. So whenever they start talking about fighting, it's literally me just trolling. Cause uh, they don't know who the hell is. They don't know who the hell's fighting. Right. So they'll, they'll pull out their phone and I'm doing that in real life. Like what I do on those videos, but it's like, I'm doing it like in person. So like now when I have time, like actually, sit down and actually make make it up myself it, it's gold you know so i i, I like it man I, th I think i'm gonna keep doing it for every single card uh, uh, until i gotta fight then i'm like <laughs> you should no you should keep doing it man it's only gonna get bigger you know it reminds me a little bit and it's uh you know, it's 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 funny because uh, Brian represents him as well. It reminds me a little bit of Keith Lee. Now, obviously, Keith Lee is on a different level with what he's doing. Keith is the man, yo. Keith is actually one of my um one of my motivations because I I saw um I sent them a message. I mean, I sent my coach a message a long time ago when I saw him rising. I remember the first viral video he had with his um with his his girl at the time of him cooking, and I was like, man, I really like Keith. And me and him kind of have like the same kind of voice, like yes, the same voice, your delivery you know? is the same. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like Keith, man. Keith is the man. Yeah, so that's why I would say keep doing it. And uh, people are starting, like, are you starting to feel that you're getting noticed, love? That's got to feel good, yeah, right? because now it's starting to reach outside of, like, fight fans, you know? Like, people that don't watch fighting are starting to, like, spread it around. The funny thing is I did it for YouTube. You know, I'm trying to get my YouTube channel popping, but it never caught on YouTube. It doesn't. It didn't catch on YouTube or or, or Twitter or, I mean, or Instagram, Facebook, but Twitter, it just went crazy. I guess it's more viral on Twitter. But if y'all watching this, man, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm trying, I'm trying to get my YouTube popping, man. Okay. But, like I said, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it because it's getting me the right kind of um, notoriety. The people in the backstage of the UFC is calling and talking about it. And I'm happy when I first heard they were talking about it, I thought they were going to be upset because the first one I did was... um. No, no. The second one I did was a pretty bad car. It was a Derek Lewis car. Yes, yes, <laughs> so I, yes. I, I thought I thought they were gonna be angry at me. You know, I can't I can't win on so next week's card. That's gonna be crazy. Yeah. I so the thing <laughs> the thing about that is, and by the way, the YouTube channel. I think you just type in like Super Sadiq Yusuf and it comes up, right? Uh, yes. The YouTube channel. Um, yes. I, I I'm dying for the Aaron Blanchfield Tyler Santos card because I mean that. I'm not, I don't want to be a hater, but that might be the worst UFC card of all time. Just in terms <laughs> no, of name. Mario, it's the best UFC okay. card. <laughs> like, do you have, can, can I, them. would it be mean if I asked you right now, like if you could give me like two, like what just, do you have to prepare this stuff? Oh, or no, no, no way, man. I, it's, to be honest, it's not much preparation. That's why I make the joke is like, I sit here and I literally, I look through the card. Then I just turn on. Then I just turn on the mic. But you you can't get the secret sauce now. You got you got to have a reason to tune in. All right, fair enough, fair enough. That is a perfect one for you. But you did do a two eighty four one. And what's great about it is there are a couple like the Parker Porter line killed me. It was just great because it's just so random. And there's a lot of you know the cards have gotten a little bit watered down over the years. The top is great, but a little so this is perfect because it's like I feel like you are all of us looking at these cards. Even me who lives <laughs> yeah. and breathes this stuff. Like I don't know, you know last week's card, the Derek Lewis one. I never heard of 95% of those people. Exactly, exactly. So now, now you're forced to pick based off names. But like I said, this is what I do naturally when people come ask me for fight picks because I don't, I don't, I don't know these people, you know? So now I'm just going based off names, going based off where they're from. But now that I can make it a little bit more funny, you know, it's just, it's just completely off the wall. I saw, I think it was Angela Hill. She was asking about your formula on how you pick. What, so what is the formula? Yeah. How do so, you pick the so winners? She, so, so what she was asking was because she said Volkanovski has a lot of consonants in his last name. 
there's one if you're in if you're getting a UFC fight or you're making your debut and they're putting him against like a Muslim guy and you see his last name has like 20 consonants, it's gonna be a rough day, you know. <laughs> so 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 what she's trying to say is Brokenowski has a lot of consonants too, but it's offset because you know, uh, Islam got the beard with no the with beard, no mustache. Yes, yes, that you know, <laughs> the, that the, beard, the beard with no mustache beats the the consonants of the last name. You know, because you could be a regular American guy and just have a weird last name. That's You're true. not a American with the beard with no with no mustache. Yeah, the, when you said that about the beard, and mo- it's a hundred percent true. Like you see the beard and no mustache, you're like, oh, this guy's a killer. He's winning. Exactly. You know. <laughs> He's probably exactly. like 15 and one. He hasn't lost in eight years or yeah. something like that. Yeah. 15 and one as three, 300 and oh, as an amateur. They yes. don't write that part. Yeah, they <laughs> it's amazing. Um, by the way, I noticed on your, uh, on your social media, you talk and you even mentioned this cause I think you were, were you in Nigeria recently back home? Not, not recently. It's been, it's been a little while. Okay. Well, why do you always talk about your, your weight? I mean, I feel like you're the Riz God, but you're always talking about your fat face, this and that. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's just a coincidence that, man, we're, we're all fat, Ariel. When, oh, when you guys, after after we fight and you guys see these glamorous pictures, those pictures are from like five weeks ago. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. The week after the fight and two weeks after the fight, we look how I looked in that trip when I was in Nigeria. I, I think I was like 194 in that picture. But I, I and the other time was when... um. Bryce Mitchell decided to take the fight with me after turning it down. And it was like, I'm afraid, I'm afraid he's too fat right now. I'm not one of these guys is gonna lie, Ariel. If, right. if I'm I, I always keep it real because I'm just myself, you know. So I replied to him, I was like, Yeah, you're 100 percent right, Bryce. So, <laughs> so that was it? It was really because you were out of shape? No, not out of shape, but I wasn't making 145. Right. Because right, look, right. so right after the fight, I saw he lost an opponent. I was like, oh, nice. I'll I'll take that fight. And then the UFC, they completely shut it down. It was like, oh, man, you're not doing that. So guess what I did, Ariel? Took my ass to go get some food. Nice. <laughs> and then he came, he came back like a week later saying, saying I'll fight you. And I'm like, man, I'm not making 145 in three days. At, um, Bryce. Yeah. Um, speaking of back home, uh, you grew up in uh, with, with, with 16 siblings? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a whole lot of us, man. There's a whole fo- football team out there, Ariel. <laughs> so, so it's a polygamous family. Yeah, my dad had my dad had four wives. Wow. So I was I I was the second to the last. My brother's number sixteen. And and did you have at any point a relationship with like? Did you know every single one of those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even to 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 this day, you know, we left when I was um pretty young. But even to this day, I still consider all of them. They're all my brothers and sisters. Technically, me and my younger brother are the only ones that are fully blood related. But everybody else is like half brothers, half sisters. Like those are all my family right there. And you all live together, or is it We're different? Back in Nigeria, yeah, yeah, yeah it's one did. house. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty nice house too, especially like man. Trust me, when I was younger, man, it, it felt normal. When you're growing up, what you know is what you know, so it felt completely normal. Yeah, and you have a whole you have a whole entourage with you. You're never afraid to go outside, no matter what happens in the neighborhood. You got 16 backups, you know. Yes. I mean, you got 15 backups. We used to play like sports where our whole family will make up one team, you know. So, and my my older brother was always there to protect me. And you, to be honest, they were there to discipline me. So I never really got disciplined by my parents because there's a there's a yes. big chain of events to go on before, before before I ever reached mom and dad, you know. So so it was cool. It wasn't until I got to like the US, I started getting older. I was like, man, yeah, that, that was kind of strange. But it's it's starting to pop off now. People are starting to do it a whole lot more now in America. Really? Yeah, yeah. That polygamous stuff is starting to pop, especially like in the black um community. Like people are starting to try try out those kind of relationships. 
Uh, is, do you subscribe to that lifestyle now? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like? I don't think I would ever do that, you know, because I, I, from growing up, no matter how good of a parent you are or how good of a father you are, it's impossible to connect with 16 kids. Yeah. Like my dad is great, but it's like I, with me, I kind of want that one-on-one relationship with my kids. Uh, so you moved to uh, America, I believe, with your mom and two siblings, right? Yeah, no, it was me and my little brother. So, so my mom both came you, here, right? Yep. Yeah, my mom came here first. Dang, Ariel, thank you for making up for lost signs. You see, now yeah. I gotta tell my full story. Yeah, after, for real, for real. My four years in the UFC. Hey, man, <laughs> I'm just mom, trying to get people <laughs> to know more about you. That's all. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. My mom came here um, like two years before us. Like to me, when I was a kid, that felt like a lifetime. But she came here and she, you know, under the table jobs, you know, she's an immigrant. So she was braiding hair, saved up enough money to buy me and brother, my brother the plane ticket. And we came here. I don't know how much I could say. I mean, I'm a citizen now, you know. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, we, we, we came here for a little vacation okay. and we got lost, you know. We, got, <laughs> we came here for vacation and got lost in America. Hey. So, you know, you we had to do the immigration thing. That's why that's why I mess with immigrants so heavy, you know. Like, I, I know I know the story. So, it was always working multiple jobs, Um. We had like a one small apartments that we all shared. We was doing that all the way until I graduated high school. And at this point, we had to get our papers. You know, we had to figure something out. And luckily, my mom fell in love. You know, I love it. And 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 so <laughs> I remember after your debut in Australia, coincidentally, in in that clip of you about your brother who passed away, and she didn't tell you. Yeah. Is that the brother that you moved to America with? No, no. Um, I I came with my younger brother. The one, so that's why I haven't been back to Nigeria in so long. You know, I lost two brothers since I started fighting, and so like after I lost my first one, I still went back a little bit. But the second one that I lost is like he's the one that always picked me up from the airport. He's like when I talk about being like protected as a kid, it was always him. You know, so. I don't like talking about it so much because it makes me sad. And we're here okay. to be happy. Ariel. I'm sorry. We're I'm sorry. I feel for you, man. Because I mean, I can't even imagine. I feel for your mother as well, for your father. I can't yeah. imagine what man, that is I, like. I, I, it's, it's one of those things where, um, to be honest, I probably need to take my ass to therapy, but I just be laughing it off. Because my mom, I always I always looked at it as um, it took a while for my mom to go back home again after that happened. And in my mind, I was always saying, uh, I don't think my mom's ready to go back to Nigeria. That's why we never go. And then one day she just hit me up and she was like, hey, Sadiq, um, you want to go to Nigeria? And when she said it, I started stuttering and shit, man. I was like, uh, 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 and then it hit me like, shit, I'm not fucking ready to go, you know? Okay. So she's been back a few times. I haven't been back to Nigeria in like, like two years, you know? Okay. But it's one of those things I keep saying I'll gun and I keep putting it off. But it's, it's a fight I'll face in the future, Ariel. And and uh, one not so other pleasant thing that I want to ask you about this battle with long COVID that you had after the Arnold Allen fight. So that's a, so Man. I mean to all the people who say that COVID wasn't a real thing and all this shit. Yeah, what did you go it, through? Man, it's 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 crazy, man. Because I, I I don't get how people have that kind of opinion when you like me personally. I know a lot of people that's died from it, you know. Yeah. So I understand if you're just like in a box and you don't have anybody to hit, like really. But with me, mine was like was really, really bad. It got I mean, I finger I mean, I'm happy that it was never to the point where it was life threatening, but it was like it completely wrecked everything. After the Arnold fight, so I got the COVID right before Arnold. But oh, wow. I, I, I recovered. So I I never I, I don't like saying that because I don't want to blame my dad on my fight. It had nothing to do with the fight because I recovered from it. And then after the fight, Maybe like a couple of weeks later, I started feeling strange. You know, I started feeling strange. I kept on getting tired really, really fast. And with 
how the fight went, I kept thinking to myself, I like, man, maybe I'm just feeling unmotivated because I just lost. Like maybe blah blah. blah. I start questioning, guess myself. So whenever that would happen, my answer would be to just go on a long run. So I would uh, go on like uh, I'll go on like these like five six mile runs, not knowing that I was making myself worse and worse and worse. And like it just kept on happening more and more. I kept saying, okay, I'll go work it out. I'll go work it out. Work, work it out. All the way to the point where. I know I was no longer able to train, you know, like I'll get too tired at practice. I'll get tired in like the first round and I have to take a long break. Then it got to the point where I was getting tired of my regular life, like where I'll, I'll be walking up the steps and get tired or, wow. or I'll be having a conversation with people. And all of a sudden it's time to go to bed. You know, like it's like literally like that. My energy would just drain completely. So if I'm not out of breath, I'm, I'm just running out of energy. That's how I'm getting body aches. And it, it took a long time. So luckily for me, the team's doctor was working with an Olympic track girl. And he said everything that I was saying was the same thing she was saying. I was just making myself work because I kept on working out. Right. So he was like, man, I think you had like, you're probably one of these long haul things. I didn't even know what the hell long haul um, COVID was. Right. I, so I got online, started looking it up. I joined like a bunch of long haul groups. <laughs> and funny enough, I mean, not funny, but um, what's sad is there's some people in that group that still like having problems to this day, you know, huh. but luckily for me i was able to make it on the other end you know it just it just took a long time it, it was one of those things where i literally have to stop doing everything like you like i had to like take time to just relax and it just slowly went away it was like it didn't happen all in one night of course i would go to practice right. and still have problems every once in a while but once i was able to get to like a four weeks practice that's when i asked them to schedule the alex caceres fight and since then i haven't had a problem since okay so you don't feel anything no man knock, knock on wood i've, I've been i've been good for like a for like a whole year now you have, a, you know, outside of the videos, you have a lot of bangers on Twitter, a lot of great ones. I like the one in particular about the crypto guy. Do you all still talk to the person who got you to lose all that money in crypto? Because I've had a few fighters come on this show and wax poetic about crypto. I'm like, this stuff sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, trust trust me. I, I was one of those guys, too, but oh, it wasn't really? my fault. It wasn't my fault. Come on. Was, you were preaching about this? Yeah, no, no, I was tricked like the rest of y'all. So uh, when I find the guy that when I find the guy that tricked me, then I'm gonna get my lick back. Then y'all can come attack me. Anybody that I trick can, can come back and attack me. But it's funny how it's funny how this stuff works. And I got I keep bringing up Butler, but I gotta give him credit. I guess now that people see that I'm funny, they look back at all my old stuff and look at it in a comedic tone. So now they're like, oh, this guy's pretty fun. Like now I'm getting tagged in like old interviews and old videos. I'm like, man, what? <laughs> like, I guess because the way I fight, people just thought I was an angry, mean guy. So I was just being mean when I was writing this stuff. But it's all tongue in cheek. I, I I love the the. Were you an NFT guy too? No, see, I, okay. by the time by the time the NFC came around, I was already tricked by the, by the crypto people, you know. So the NFC guys, I, I never got onto that one. The NFT shit was the biggest bullshit of all time. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe people were paying fifty thousand dollars for a picture of a monkey eating a cupcake. Like, what is going on here? Were we that bored? What was happening? If, if somebody's willing to buy it, man, somebody else is willing to sell it. Man, I saw a picture of you from your freshman yearbook. I think it was. The hair was sick. Did you uh, <laughs> did you ever consider bringing it back? I liked it. Maybe I used to have um twists all the way to my shoulder, and then um I took it out for a long time, and just coincidentally when I was out was when um picture day was coming up. So I uh, took it and I looked like I looked like I identified as a guy instead of being a guy. <laughs> yeah, we're showing the picture right now. It's a fantastic look. Oh, it is oh, a fantastic yeah, yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. I, I I look like my pronouns is he he it's, he and him. <laughs> Stop it with that stuff. Um, 
Yo, we went. So my guy GC went into the archives as far as your Twitter is concerned. November 23rd, 2011, you tweeted, Ariel farted on Uvu. What the hell does that's that mean? A, that's hilarious, yo. What is that? But, but Ariel, you're is not the only Ariel. Okay. I hate to break it to you. No. There's females named Ariel, too. So that was a female friend I had named Ariel. Okay. You, you <laughs> so weren't hating back before, then, too, because you were hating on that podcast a few months ago. I wasn't sure if it dates back 12 no, wait, years. Man, you got to be honest, man. I, I'm like, I was like a huge fan. The only reason why I stopped listening was because oh. after a point when I was in the UFC was I felt like I was... um. I was getting too much MMA content. I think yeah. I was like driving myself crazy. But I'm when I'm telling you, I used to like listen to your show like every episode. You, Joe, um, Bisbane came back later. Chill, son. Your best friend Brandon, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Oh, I used to. I used to <laughs> <laughs> your best friend Brandon Shaw. I, mean, I love I that you called him Brandon. Was that on purpose? Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> oh, 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 Brandon. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your best friend Brandon. <laughs> That is amazing. But yeah, I used to listen to all you guys religiously. So now, nah, trust me, Ari, I'm, I'm a fan. I appreciate that. Who wins in the interim uh, featherweight title fight this weekend? You didn't hear? Well, uh, just there's for the people. Guys, there's three guys named Josh Fire. Yeah. The last Josh is going to win. Okay. <laughs> Emmett. Jo 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 nah, to be honest, I'm not sure, but I would pick Emmett. If I, <laughs> yeah. if I had to bet it out, I'll, I'll, I'll pick Emmett. <laughs> You'll be surprised, man. Some guy walked up to the gym. Um, with my last picks and parlayed everybody that I no. picked. I'm like, yo, <laughs> if you want to throw your money in the trash, yeah. go, go, go ahead and pick, go with my picks. But I really do think Emmett will win that one. D did he win? <laughs> uh, of course not. <laughs> that, it would be funny, actually, if you, uh, if you kept a tally on the picks. Yeah, I'm t in my mind, I'm undefeated. That's what I say on yeah, Twitter. I say, I say I haven't gotten a single one wrong. You should. You should say that. Uh, by the way, congratulations. I saw Fight Pass. They ranked you like they're doing the top 30 ever Fight Pass guys. And I think yeah, you're yeah. like 24 or something. I don't know if yeah, that's I, like another backhanded compliment. Higher, yeah, and, yeah. I feel like I should be higher. You know, just, I always say Fight Pass, um, the contender. The contender, I was like, man, I don't, me and Mike Davis on the contender is tremendous. still the best fight they've ever had. You know, I was like, man, why don't y'all spotlight that a lot more? But yeah, number 24 is crazy. <laughs> should be higher. I think should be higher. I mean, 24 in the yeah. fight pass rankings. I mean, who's uh, like, come on. Are there 23 yeah, better yeah, that, guys that, than you? Come on. That That's that's wild. You know, may, uh, maybe they're going to have all legends on there. You know, they might bring like Anderson Silva fighting in some crazy fight pass. Oh, uh, yeah, seen. that's true. That's a good point. Um, So what do you think this year? You think you fight again? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I it, When this first happened, I thought I was going to be sitting out like a month, you know? So I, I kept on asking the doctor and every time I'll ask, He'll like he'll get one of those looks like like this guy doesn't know how bad this is, you know. Oh man! So it got to the point where now I'm I'm actually starting to become more okay with it, with it, you know. It's it's like it's like I have a new life now. It, my days I'm always messing up around the house. I don't know when to take the trash out, when to put it on the curb because my days is always scheduled around practice, uh -huh. you know. It's like like oh today's sparring day, today's the day we put the the trash on the curb, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to I'm just trying to figure out what to do with myself. And hey, the, the content then is helping a little bit. I keep doing my rehab. Hopefully, man. I don't want to give a date because I don't want the UFC yeah, to hit yeah. me up again. They hit me up to um fight Giga. I, I had to turn it down, but Does that hurt your heart? Uh to be man, I'm myself, you know. What what made what hurt my heart was him freaking tweeting me. I was like, yo, come on, dude. I what do you like, say? What do you say? Um uh Sadiq, uh, I, I don't I um 
they, the UFC offered you to fight me twice, and you, I just want to know if you're if you're take if you're taking it or turning it down so I can stop training. I was like, at this point, I think you already knew I said no, right? And right. so now it turns into like you're trying to play with the fans thing, you know, trying to like create a rhetoric. But it's one of those rhetorics that's kind of whack because I showed up to the last fight, you know, right, right, right. And right, then right. and then instead I have to have a damn three round war with Don Shanus. So it's it's one of those things where I don't get it. He was just—he knew that you were out, and he was just trying to hate a little bit. It seems. Yeah, like. maybe, maybe, may, or maybe, um, maybe it was Ali. Yeah, I was just, <laughs> listen, I'm happy you said it because I've heard Giga's a nice guy, but he talks shit about me, and I was like, "There's no way this is actually Giga talking shit right now." Yeah, yeah. That, shout out, shout out to my man Ali. It might have been, Ali, but me and Ali are actually pretty cool. You guys are cool. You train together. No, no, but I, every time I've a, I've ever met Ali, he's always been present. Is, is there is there conflict there, Ariel? You and Ali? No, I'm good, status? man. I just gave him props like five minutes ago on the show. Oh, okay, I just gave okay, him props. Okay. Yeah, every time I ever every time I've ever met him, it's always been positive, man. And to be honest, all his fighters always say positive things about him. So as far as I know, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this has been great. Super Sadiq. By the way, why do they call you Super? It's from uh, most people think it's for Superman, but it's like I'm a big anime nerd, so it's about Super Saiyan. Oh. Yeah, su- su- Super Saiyan Sadiq, you know? Is so that from it's like Dragon S- Ball Z? S-S-Y. Yeah, from Dragon Ball Z. Yo, S-S-Y t- stands for Super Saiyan. I totally guessed that. As far as anime, I, I know Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon, and I just guessed. Didn't what? Sound- You're too cool for air- for anime, Ariel? Not that I'm too Yo, cool. Yo, that's wild, man. You're a WWE guy. Yeah, that's right. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> what the hell? You don't <laughs> like WWE? WWE? When I was a kid, once I found anime. Uh, <laughs> by the way, anime, the animation is so crap. It's like, it's like... <laughs> Yo, what the hell? You like That's anime? Uh, uh, unless if you're watching something from 1990s, the animation from anime is like leading all of animation. You're kidding. If I watch like um, Disney or whatever the other one is that they have on Pixar, that's a thousand times better than what I see I on watch, TV anime. Well, I watch Demon Slayer or something like that. That'll show you something. Demon Slayer? Anime. Yeah. The best fighters are all anime guys, man. Look, look, That's look true. At, look at I'll give you look that. Roxanne Mata Ferry, the OG anime girl, you know, like shout out to all the OG anime viewers. I'm, when I fought Alex Caceres, I was like, God, now I gotta pretend like this dude isn't cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta act like he's not the man, you know? Like all the anime dudes are vicious, man. Shout, shout out to anime. Where do I where do I see that show? Uh, Demon Slayer. I don't. I think it's on. I don't know where that. You could just look it up. You yeah, find you, Demon Slayer. You sound anyways. like a big fan. You don't even know where I can watch yeah, it. Yeah, but Ariel, that's that's because I grew up poor, Ariel. You know where I got all my content from? <laughs> hey, Ariel, I watched every single UFC pay-per-view as a kid. Ask me if I bought one. <laughs> I, I bought them all. I bought them all, Dana. <laughs> Dana, yeah. I bought them all. Oh, my God. You're crazy, man. You're. I didn't even know. Last Stylebender, I thought that was a cool nickname. I had no idea that it was a playoff of Airbender or anything like that. Yeah, see, look at that. That's you're a casual Ariel. That's not even For anime. Real? That's a that's an actual ca- cartoon. Oh, there you go. See? But it's anime adjacent because it's oh, it's, it's adjacent. It's, it's pretty yeah, it's pretty close to an anime. You know, it's, a, it's as close to an anime as you could get without being an actual anime. Well, I've learned a lot. Uh, long overdue. You're the man. Please come back. And I'm happy that you're not holding a grudge. Thanks for putting me on blast on that show a couple of months ago. But it worked, and then the 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 videos here worked even more. So much respect to you, and I hope you feel better. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tell them all to go um, subscribe to my YouTube, man. That's what I need. Go subscribe. I, I, I appreciate all the love on Twitter, but subscribe to my YouTube. That's how you can make the money, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get popping out here. You know, I, I, I make money from Risen. Then I want to make money off of YouTube. All right. All right. Well done, my man. We'll do that. Thank you so much. All the best. Peace. There he is. Super Sadiq Yusuf. What a guy. I love how he keeps saying my name. Ariel, Ariel. It's amazing stuff. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Go subscribe to his YouTube right now. 
I have, and you should. Super Sadiq Yusuf, it's great stuff. All right, Monday we had Jorge Masvidal on, and uh, he starts breaking down. People are like, oh, is he going to deliver? Is he going to deliver? Does he have big news? Is it really that big? Is it worthy of coming back for a second straight week? We love our friends over at Factor. I've told you about our friends over at Factor. They are great people and support for today's program comes from Factor. So what exactly is Factor? Okay, let me tell you. Having trouble finding the time to eat better or maybe getting decision fatigue, picking out the right foods, Factor's ready-to-eat meals can make the whole thing easy by delivering pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals right to your door. Whether you're on a keto diet, a vegan diet, or just trying to keep track of calories, Factor has over 35 different options a week to choose from catered to your needs. Plus, their meals are ready in just two minutes, just two freaking minutes, so you don't need to worry about cooking. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, my favorite, extra protein, veggie sides, and a whole lot more. You can head to factormeals.com slash MMAHour50. That's factormeals.com slash MMAHour50. And use the code MMAHour50. That's MMAHour50 to get 50% off your first box. And two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. That's code MMAHour50 at factormeals.com slash MMAHour50 to get, once again, 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Thank you very much to our good friends over at Factor for their support. Thank you to DraftKings as well for their support. Was it worthy? What do you think? I mean, the fights, we showed the poster. We have the poster. Uh, Jacare versus Vitor Belfort in a boxing match. Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens in a boxing match. What in the world? I mean, it was Paul Daly in a boxing match against Anthony Taylor. And then the big one he drops on us, the atomic bomb. Roy Jones Jr., Mr. Y'all must have forgot himself against Anthony Showtime Bettis in Milwaukee. What in the world? Had to get Anthony on to talk about all of this. Kind enough to join us right now. Let's go to Showtime Pettis, who's fighting Roy Jones freaking Jr. What's up, Anthony? How are you? Good, man. How you doing? Are you an anime fan, by the way? Nah, man. I don't watch that at all. See? See? Us, us grown men, we got better things to do than watch that anime. <laughs> I ain't got time for all that. Exactly. By the way, what a setup this is with the WEC belt behind you and the UFC, but shit. Talk about a flex got right here. Room. Yeah, man. Got some room for a couple more still, too. I'm not doing it. I like that. Okay. Uh, this is insane. And you know what? People on Monday thought that we were playing around. We were messing around. So I was like, I need to get one of the people, one of the particulars in this main event involved You know, in, in this on the show. So this is real. April 1st, Milwaukee, your backyard, home of the Bucks. You're boxing Roy Jones Jr. in an official fight, not an exhibition, not some like showy thing, like a pro bout, eight rounds. This is a real thing that you're taking part in. Real deal, bro. Eight rounds, uh, three-minute rounds. Of, my, my first professional boxing fight, yes, against Roy Jones Jr., man. In my hometown, um, you know, I couldn't say no to that. An opportunity like that pops up, you know, once in a lifetime. And, you know, I was honestly getting ready for the PFL at 170 pounds. Then this popped up and kind of just changed my whole year round. So what happened? Like, who, who, how, how did this all come about? Someone reach out to you? Jorge reach out to you? What happened? Yeah, man. Uh, uh, well, I, Jorge's been, you know, you know, doing the boxing thing, and he hasn't done a, a car of this caliber yet. You know, Dean Tool is uh, you know, a partner in Jorge's thing, and you know, he was reaching out and just still, putting fillers out there. And at, at the time, I thought he was just, you know, playing around. I'm like, yo, I'm 
I'm up for whatever, you know, if you can get some names, I'm ready to box. I've, I've been boxing with uh, Capatillo for the last two years, you know, Jorge Capatillo out here in Vegas. And, uh, you know, he, he started bringing names my way. I'm talking about some, some, some big names. And I'm like, dude, there's no way you can get these guys to agree to this. And, you know, he, he, he put Bulldog Roy Jones Jr. And, you know, had a bout contract ready to go. I mean, this is, it's amazing to see how this came together in my hometown and that fighters have options out, bro. There's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity out there to be a fight, in the fight world right now. It's it's wild. So what was your reaction like when you saw the contract and it's Roy Jones Jr., one of the greatest fighters of all time, against you? That was amazing, bro. I was uh, so I was I was in uh, Cabo for my birthday, so I was on a yacht, um, <laughs> you know, celebrating my birthday, hanging out with my wife and my brothers and my you know, family. And all of a sudden, you know, Malky hits me up and sends a contract, and I read the name. I'm like, what? No way, this is real. You know, I had to hit him. Oh, up you right didn't away. know? Like, yeah, bro. I didn't know. No, wow. we had a couple names we were talking about. You know, and I knew this card was coming together. You know. Um, you know, Jeremy Stevens is on the card, Jose Aldo, and a lot of big MMA guys are on the card. But um, I didn't know who I was going to fight yet. There was a lot of names that were thrown out there. And then I got the contract and it was original junior. And yeah, I was like, bro, happy birthday to me. Wow. Uh, do you mind sharing some of the other names? Just out of curiosity? Uh, the other opponents? That were that were being Man, talked about. It, it's, some, it's, some, it's some big ones. Uh, Trinidad was one of the biggest ones. Wow. Tito, Tito Trinidad. Yeah, bro. One of my idols as a kid, bro. Yeah, like watching him in De La Hoya fight was, you know, so that I grew up, the reason why I even started fighting, you know, and, and, you know, he was one of the op- uh, opponents they offered, uh, Cowboys Ferroni was on the list. I mean, Paul Daly was on the list. There was a bunch of guys, uh, Mike Perry, um, a bunch of guys that were just like, you know, thrown around. I, I'm not sure who was officially, you know, offered the fight, but yeah. me, I was like, it was intriguing enough for me not to sign you know, with the PFL contract. Right away. And so, you know, you, you mentioned that it's great to have options and it is, I love this. Like, that's why I want there to be 10 MMA organizations. I know the MMA fans may yeah. not like this because that means that you guys would be scattered, but that means you guys get paid more and there's leverage and opportunities and options, etc. Without saying like, and because I asked Jorge this question and he kind of, you know, bypassed it. Like, is is the money good for this? Like, because it's, it's, it's Jorge. Oh, man. Are they paying well? It's a, bro, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's, I was surprised to see the check. You know, I mean, it made me, not sign my PFL contract, and, and you know we know what my PFL contract. Yeah, is. it was awesome, great money. Um, and and you know, yeah, it's 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 uh it's enough enough for me to go fight Roy Jones Jr. Is you know my my amateur my, my professional debut as a boxer. Wow. Um. So where do you stand? That was my other question. Where do you stand with the PFL? Are you no longer with them? I am with PFLs. Yeah, we'll be fighting on their pay per view format. I'm not going to do the season format this year. I mean, last two years in the season format is just rough, bro. Like it's it's a really hard format. Um, for for somebody like myself, you know, you got to be like getting in the trenches. It's kind of like the ultimate fighter. You got to be on weight, you know, every five weeks, right? You know, three three or four fights in a row. You know, that the point system. It's it's really a really hard format. So you know, I I met with the team, and you know, Melky presented a couple options to me. And initially, I was going to do the tournament at one seventy. Um, and then when this this fight came about, you know, just changed the rest of the year. So so you still were going to do the tournament, but in a higher weight class. To yeah, I guess like I was a, planning on moving up to one seventy. I couldn't make fifty five no more. I mean. I was I was dying trying to stay at fifty five for that long period of time. You know that that yeah. it, would, it was like from April to like August September. You had to stay one hundred fifty five pounds. It was, it was rough. Do you think you're done fighting at fifty five? Yeah, for sure, man. I don't think I can make fifty five anymore. I'm, I mean, I'm walking like ninety five, ninety eight right now, and in decent shape. So yeah, I don't think I can make fifty five again. I mean, if 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 I really killed myself, I could. But at this point in my career, it's like why? Right. And so this fight against uh, Roy Jones, what is it? What's the weight class? Two hundred pounds. What? Two hundred pounds? Holy shit! Two hundred pounds. So I'm 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 gonna fight him at my natural weight. I'm I'm one ninety five right now. So I'm, I'll be I'll be fighting around this weight here. About you know, I'll probably fight ninety eight probably. Are you worried? I mean, what's the highest you've ever fought at? 
uh, 70, 170 pounds in MMA. Yeah, this is a big jump. Are you worried about that? Big jump. I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm training at a different, higher weight class now. I feel good at this weight class. I feel healthy, um, not depleting myself. This is my first time doing a full training camp without having to do that big-ass weight cut. Even at 70, I was cutting weight to get down 170 pounds. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to try this for the first time, you know, at, at a higher weight class. Um, and against some, you know, one of the greatest of all time, bro. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's what, like I told you, like, it makes me excited to wake up and train. It makes me excited to go to the gym and, and you know, put this together. Yeah. And so, so with PFL, you were like, all right, I'm not going to do the, the tournament at 70, but whenever you guys do this, uh, super fight pay-per-view thing with Jake Paul and all that, sign me up for that. And, and they were okay with this? Now, well, we had options with the PFL, you know, they were kind of like asking me what I wanted to do next season. And I knew 55 was off the table. Um, so they offered the, the pay-per-view format before this fight even came together. So they're going to do, I think, two pay-per-views this year, um, summertime and then end of the year. Um, and they were like, yo, we would like to have you on that format. So that was the initial offer from, from PFL. And I was kind of sold on you know, going one more, one more run at that tournament. I wanted to add that belt up here, you know, to have the opportunity for that. But then this fight kind of came up when negotiations were happening. And, you know, I just I had to take this opportunity, man, in my backyard, in my home. Last time I fought in Milwaukee, I beat Ben Henderson for the belt. Yes. You know, so it's been a long time. UFC 164, I believe it was, at the Bradley Center. And so now you get to... I was there. I'll never forget. It was an incredible scene. Are they going to Milwaukee because of you? Like, in other words, if this fight wasn't happening, if it was someone else at the top, they're not going to Milwaukee. This is all centered around you? I'm not sure, actually. No, I'm I'm not sure. I I mean, I think think Milwaukee was one of the venues. It was funny because my APFC fight show was already scheduled for April 1st. So I ended up having to give up my fight date from the commission to, to this show. So I think, you know, they, they made it happen more in Milwaukee because I'm the main event. But I think, I think, I think they had the Pfizer form, the arena already reserved just in case. Okay. And, and my understanding is like, he's been cleared. The commission is on board just despite his age, right? 54. Like it's all good as far as you know. The, the contract signed, the commission signed off on it. Yeah, everything's good. Wow. We're, we're, we're fighting even first. Do you have any reservations about fighting someone who's 54? No, man, he's dangerous, bro. Like. It, it, especially with how much knowledge he has in boxing, and this favors him. You know, it's eight rounds. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's something I've never done before. Um, so I, 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 there's a reason why he agreed to this fight. Obviously, I'm 36, and I'm just coming out of my, you know, my prime in, in mixed martial arts. So it's a dangerous fight for him for, for him to agree to. But I mean, I'm a, a 170 pounder. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of favors in in, in his position. So I, I there's I got to work for this one, man. Like this is a real fight for me, and I, I plan on trying to win this fight. Uh, did you watch, I'm assuming you did, everyone kind of did, did you watch his fight against Mike Tyson a couple of years ago? And if so, what did you think of how he looked? Watched, I just watched I just watched it again. Oh, what did you think of how he looked? So, totally different fight though, man. Mike Tyson's a monster. Yeah. Like Mike Tyson was walking him down. And he, Mike Tyson, you know, lands one of them uppercuts or hooks, it slides out. So he fought He fought a, a, a smart fight in that fight. Um, it's hard to judge it. He's going to be totally different fight against me. You know, he's not going to be worried about getting knocked out. Like he's He's gotten hit by a much bigger guy. So I think... Uh, you know, he'll probably press. He'll probably press the pace on me and try to test me. So, is this like you? You were telling me yesterday, like you haven't felt this type of excitement to go out and train and get ready for a fight in a long time. Is this part of the appeal? You know, you decided to to leave the UFC just so that you can have these fun options towards the end of your career. Just do whatever you want. Be an independent contractor, so to speak. This is kind of what you dreamed of. Maybe not fighting Roy Jones in a boxing match in Milwaukee, but this was part of the dream, right? To just go out there and do things that would motivate you and get you excited. Most definitely, man. Yeah, you know, like when I left UFC, I was taking a risk, you know. And then the PFL came with with a contract that was a, uh, you know, amazing and and a cool format that I wanted to try. But like, I wasn't fighting guys that were like P level guys, you know, guys that were that that 
you know, get, get me excited to fight, honestly. And it's, it's not it's not taking shots at them guys. It's just where they were at in their career and the format that I was put up against them at. But, you know, getting a, a phone call like Roy Jones Jr., bro, in your hometown, it's like, you know, that 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 would that couldn't have happened a couple of years ago. So it's, it's cool to be in this position. Did you mess up your hands in that fight against Stevie Ray in August? I, I broke my hand before my first fight in the PFL. Oh, wow. So I, I, it, was, it was in February. I was, I was sparring... Uh, Nathan Le- Nathan Levy, a USC guy, yeah, and I, I threw a spin back trick and I caught his elbow and I broke my my pinky. Uh, that's why I had to push my 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 start back a little bit. And yeah. uh, so that whole season, I was dealing with a broken left hand. Yeah, and then uh, you know, the first jab I hit him with, I break my left hand, and then I hit him with an overhand right and break my thumb. So yeah, I was I was in that fight with two broken hands. Wow, what is that? So did you have surgery on them? No, I, I got a. Well, I had surgery on the left and I had a cast on the right. <laughs> What is it like not having any hands for an extended period of time? And you couldn't elbow in that in that format, bro. So oh, jeez! I could do a kick, and then he had my back, so I couldn't defend, you know, properly with my hands. You know, my thumb was messed up, so I couldn't even get my my glove into his grip. So it was just it was a lot of a lot of mental, you know, like frustration. I would say, you know, I was like, man, I wanted to go. I knew it was at stake. You know, I lose this fight. I didn't really feel like I was in danger with him, but it was just it was just I didn't have my weapons. And what was it like? Going home, like just living life with two hands in a cast. Oh, I, I didn't. I fixed one first. So oh, I had a, okay. I had a, <laughs> Smart. I had a surgery on the left, and then I fixed the right. So yeah, it was it wasn't too bad. And I'm used. To, I mean, I broke my left, right hand so many times. I've I've used one hand for numerous times. Okay. Um. Did you consider at all stopping fighting after that fight? No, not at all, bro. I know I, I, it's going to end pretty soon. You know, like I'm 36 years old. I, I'm realistic about it. But as long as fights like these, this pop up, opportunities like this pop up, you know, it's it's still it's still entertaining to me. It's still fun. It's still, you know, I, I got Sergio just flew out here to start training camp. We haven't been do, been up to do a training camp together since COVID because wow. he has knee surgery. Yeah, so like, it's, it's, it feels good to, to be back in in, the, in in this this style of life again, man. And you know, I feel like I earned I earned this position. You know, I've I've done so much in the sport of mixed martial arts. You know, I kind of not not what Roy Jones did in boxing. I could never say that because that's you know a great, but. I've been in the position I'm in, and you know it's 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 fun to be in entertaining fights like this. Is is Sergio fully recovered? He is. Yeah, wow, he's, he's gonna be one of my arm partners, and uh, I don't, I don't know what's next for him with Bellator just because of the tournament. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, he's back sparring, he's back training 100, so he'll be ready. Are you bringing in any you know bigger oh. boxers to help you prepare for this? Any any? Oh, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Well, I live in Vegas though, so I mean, there's so many good guys here. Like literally, there's there's a pick of, of guys, you know. And, some of these guys that no one, no one's even heard of that are A-level boxers that, you know, the, the big guys are using for sparring partners as well. So, you know, Jorge Capatillo is my, my boxing coach. I've been using him for the last like, two years in the PFL. So all, all that training, I feel like, you know, paid off. It's going to pay off for, for what I'm about to do right now. And who will be your corner? Who will be in your corner? Jorge Capatillo, um, his son, Sergio, and Duke Rufus. Okay, so Duke, will, it, will Duke help you prepare for this? Yeah, Duke will. I mean, I'm not going to pull him away from from the team. You know, a lot of guys are getting ready for big fights. We got Christian Rodriguez getting ready for his fight versus Raul Rosa. Sergio's getting ready for his you know, return back. So I'm, I'm going to bring in Duke, you know, sporadically, you know, throughout the camp. Um, and then it's in Milwaukee, so obviously it'll be my corner. Right. I was going to ask you about Christian. Uh, that's your guy, right? You manage yeah. him. My guy. I manage him, yes. Amazing. Is that is that how many guys you have in the UFC now? We got... Two in the no no one in the UFC. We just got Christian. Christian, that's your guy. Yeah. Wow, this is yeah. a big deal, and you'll be but cornering from APFC, him. Yeah, from the APFC show, we got we got two guys in the UFC, two guys in the PFL, working on a Bellator guy. So like the the fight show is actually you know progressing guys to the goal that I set out to be. 
And, and um, but yes, I will be born in Christian Rodriguez, uh, you know, in Miami. Um, a kid that I, I seen, you know, grow up. You know, he went to the same high school my little brother went to. I'm kind of followed in Sergio's footsteps. I've trained with him since he's been a kid, you know, so I I know what he's capable of. And I told him, man, I'm like, yo, they they're letting you control your destiny with this one. So they're giving him a, a big fight on a, yeah. a marquee you know, card. Um, so you know, he's he's taking this one seriously. I'm excited about it too. I think this is a very winnable fight for him. Raul is someone they're super high on. He's like this 18 year old sensation, all that stuff. Are they? Yeah, yeah. Are they making a mistake in your opinion by matching him up against Christian? Well, that's why the UFC is one of the funnest organizations. They 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 test their guys right away. Right. That, that, like both of you guys came off of you know contendentary contracts, and um, you know Christian took a short notice fight at a higher weight class. So I think this is what kind of lined them up for this position. But yeah. It's not going to be an easy fight, you know, for either one of these guys. Both of these guys are young, hungry killers, you know, and, and it's, it's fun to see these guys fight at this this stage. And and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe your cousin got signed by Combate, right? Yep, we just got that one done as well. So Is that Combate another one of your guys? Do you rep him? Another one, another one of my guys, yes. Yeah, all these guys, you know, I, I've, I've seen, you know, grow up, you know, doing this. I started in this sport as kids, you know, so like, yeah, it only makes sense. You know, I, I take these guys in. I started the you know, management company two years ago, and now I'm actually starting to get my first phase of guys going to PFL, going to uh, Bellator, UFC. Um, and now I got Christian, actually, you know, was, that was like the only guy that I, I took, you know, signed that was already in the UFC, only because of the history together. But I, I really wanted to start these guys from scratch and, you know, have, bring them up my way, my system. What's, what's harder, the management stuff or the promoter stuff? Um, the promoter stuff, I have a great team behind it. So I think, you know, that, that was key, putting that team together behind that. I just show up to the fights. Um, oh. There's some headaches that go on. So headaches that go on with, you know, matchmaking and, and, you know, guys, you know, at, on that side, but as far as like ticket sales and sponsors, I got a great team that you know, handles that for me right now. Um, the management side, bro, it's, it's sad to see these guys make the decisions they make. You know, it's like, I've seen, I've been there and some of these guys will pass up on some, some big contracts in hopes to, you know, get on a contender series fight uh-huh. or, or, you know, it's, 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 I see it time after time after time. And I'm like, man, look at the, uh, look at your career like look at what age you are look at how much time you got left like let's 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 make some money before it's you know gone and yeah it's 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 still there man that 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 ufc dream of like these guys want to be in contender series fights and you know, they'll go the risk not making money to go you know take an opportunity on that and i get it you know they see me and they see like you know what the ufc has done for my name you know being a champion of the ufc definitely allowed me to do what i'm doing now but like it's just I thought we were past that at this page, you know, like seeing, seeing, you know, PFL come in strong, right. seeing Bellator, one FC, there's so many other organizations um, that these guys are just so, you know, you know, fixated on one place. But I mean, that's, that's the hard part about management. You really can't control these guys. You give them the advice and ultimately their decision. It's so crazy because like, look at a guy like Michael Chandler outside looking in and yeah. that, you know what I mean? You don't have to go to them first. You could build yourself up elsewhere and then they'll want you. And I, I've heard of this too people turning down big money from Bellator, PFL, other organizations, just to say that they could be, you know, a UFC fighter. Makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and at the lower level, too. I mean, I understand, you know, some of these you know, higher level guys, but like the lower level guys, like, you're just starting off. Like you shouldn't be so fixated on one path, path I guess. And, and that's, that's probably my frustration with it. Cause I've like, I've, there's a lot of other ways, like you said, there's a lot of other ways to, to get to, and the really to get to what, to be, to being a stable athlete to be able to live this life and not have another job but that's kind of the goal is of most this, that should be the goal of most of these guys is like all right i'm doing this i'm one of the best in the world i shouldn't have to work another job i shouldn't have to have 10 side hustles i shouldn't have to do you know a b and c to, to make a living so that's that's kind of what's you know the path that has to get clear cleared out right now 
on. And I think, you know, with all these opportunities coming up, it's just making it a lot easier. Uh, two last things. Any chance you look amazing, you feel amazing, you love everything about the boxing, and you say, screw this MMA stuff, I'm done. I'm just going to be a boxer from here on out. Now I signed with the PFL for, I want to, I want to do you know, two more, at least a couple more. I mean, there's some, there's some stuff in the, in the octagon that I haven't thrown yet or in the cage that I haven't thrown yet. Like some, some techniques that I was saying oh. for trying to win these fights. And I, I want to go out there and do some entertaining shit, man. So I'm, I'm going to go out there for these next you know, two, two to four fights or whatever's left in, 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 in my career and, and do some entertaining shit. Is there a guy or, or two out there in MMA that you'd love to fight? In this, uh, super- there, there's so many guys out there that that would be good fights that were like that that makes sense. But um, it, until the PFL signs somebody, I really can't pick and choose. You know, okay, like they gotta they gotta to, to go under that PFL banner as well. You know, so I, in MMA, I'm kind of I'm at the, I'm at their mercy. Whatever the PFL can put together, that's where I'm at. I saw you call it Jake Paul. No chance that happens, right? Man, I mean, everybody's calling Jake Paul. Yeah, but the dude's a hell of a promoter, bro. Like I, I know a lot of people have their opinions on him. He, he can he can box for one. Right. We all can agree that he can box now, and uh, you know his promotion in, in mixed martial arts. The way the PFL bought him on, you know that little skit. He yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, bro. Was, and I'm sure he probably took him thirty minutes. You know, 30, 30 minutes to put together yep. that video. It blew up probably bigger than anything they ever put out. I think like, they should make him the face of the PFL, like make him be the promoter at the press yes, conferences. Like, if he's willing, if he's willing to do that, standing between the fighters. Yes. I mean, just his stage, his platform alone just brings so much eyes on on mixed martial arts and, and and the PFL. It is a crazy time though, right? Like you see Francis leave, you see Nate leave. You did it a couple of years ago. Like it's, do you feel like something's starting to happen here, where guys are starting to to realize that there's more to I'm, be made, or it's just just a couple of you know standalone in, you know uh, instances? Yeah, I think it's guys got to be willing to take that risk and at the same time as being as a fighter you know i understand that ego thing that comes to it like if you if you want to say you're the best in the world it's who's the champion of the ufc and that's just what it is you know we all agree upon that like whoever's the ufc guy we're like all right that's the best guy in the world as just a collective i guess so i think as a fighter you want to be that guy and you're like all right i don't care eventually if, if i'm that guy i'll make that money when i'm that guy i'll make right. that money and unfortunately not a lot of guys get to that point you know and, and once you do get to that point you realize man it's not that much money like you're not it's not like end all. You, you can't retire and be, be done forever. I love it, man. April 1st, good luck to you. This is incredible. Thank I you, couldn't bro. believe it when he told me uh, in Milwaukee, which yeah. makes it that much more sweeter. I love the fact that it's back in Milwaukee. Good luck to you, Anthony. All the best. You, uh, good luck to Sergio as well. And uh, can't wait to see you in action on April 1st. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. All right, there he is. Anthony Pettis, boxing Roy Jones Jr. on April 1st. April 1st is a crazy... When you've got that massive historic PFL versus Bellator card, it is a big one. It's a pay-per-view. It's PFL champs versus Bellator champs and PFL stars versus Bellator stars. Historical night. First time in MMA history that a place like this is hosting Saudi Arabia, a big MMA card. It's, in fact, the first major MMA event to take place in Saudi Arabia and the first cross-promotional event between both PFL and Bellator with former champions and current champions colliding in one epic night. The headliner, like I said earlier, is Henan La Problema Fejera going up against Ryan Bader. They go toe-to-toe in a fight that I think will determine who Francis Ngannou will fight in his PFL debut. That's the plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announced that. That seems to be the direction. So stay tuned. Also, as we said earlier, Johnny Evelyn against Impa. 
Kasangane, they did save Patricia Pitbull. He's going to remain on the card. Aaron Pico as well. Clarissa Shields on the card. Yoel Romero, um, Tiago Santos, whole bunch of big names. It's all going down this Saturday, February 24th, live on ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View and DAZN. That's ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View or DAZN. Crazy time. Crazy. Wait, I want, I want to tell you about April 1st. Um, thank you for jumping in there. Were you helping me out, Frank? Uh, yeah, I was trying to. Um, no, because someone... One second. I'm just pulling this up. So this fight is happening on April 1st. And he said it was going to be... There it is. Paul Daly, Anthony Taylor, Jacare, Vitor, Pettis, Jones, Gina, Mazzani, Pearl Gonzalez. Jeremy Stevens, Jose Aldo. April 1st has uh, Anthony Joshua's return that was announced on Monday on DAZN. There's a top-ranked card. There's the PFL's first first night on, on ESPN. There's WrestleMania. There's the Final Four. There's a lot going on. GC's going to have like nine TVs on in his house. How many TVs do you have? How many screens could you possibly have? I have four. Oh, he's gone? No, no, he just said that. Where did he go? What? He's not... Uh... He went to go check on his TVs, obviously. He's going to mm. go count them. There's a lot of them. I'm going to say he has five. I think he's got two. I've been to his place. No, no, no. But screens, right? So you can do... the phone. Phone, tablet, right? iPad, something like that. Yeah, I guess yeah. I guess you could say six in total then. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, hey, he's back now. If you get want a roommate involved. Get his phone. We were talking about how many screens you have, GC, possible at your disposal. Oh, man. I mean, we, we got two TVs. We can pull out a third. Uh, I can iPad it. I got multiple laptops. I mean, if we really got to stretch it, we can stretch it then. Well, because April 1st, as we were saying, uh, Anthony Joshua's return, top-ranked card on ESPN+, Plus, PFL debut on yeah. ESPN, Final Four, WrestleMania, oh, yeah. and Game Bread Boxing 4. I mean, it's going to be lit over there at the apartment. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Frank, you coming? Springtime. Sp- oh, it's the best. Yeah, I'll be there. Is there anything better than the beginning sure of April? Be Final Frank. Four, Masters coming up. Oh, uh, and you, when you're baseball. waking up, there's birds uh, chirping. Yeah, you get an opening day for baseball. It's, it's literally the best. Uh, two months away. Can't wait. All right, I'm very excited to talk to our next guest. It's always great to talk to Platinum Mike Perry. He has been in the news as of late. And in fact, uh, yesterday on Instagram... Said he had some things to get off his chest, so let's not waste any more time, and let's say hello to the Platinum One. Mike Perry, what's up, my man? How are you? What's up, Helwani? How you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm doing great. You got a Prime, too? I got Prime also. Are you a Prime fan? Uh, yeah, I like the red. I don't want... Uh, yep, yeah. I like the red. What were you going to say? Do. The gray? They, they sent me a package, you know, because, you know, Logan, um, anybody who's fighting his brother, he usually likes to... Oh, that's smart. I don't know. Poke himself in there, I think. That's smart. So you got what? You got a big box of them? Yeah, I got a few different kinds. I like the punch, the red punch. It's good. Interesting what you just said there, Mike. You said anyone who's fighting his brother, he sends a box. They do business. They do business, right? And they attack people differently, right? And they kind of just, (laughs) uh, you know, if you're up against Jake, then Logan's going to come at you in different ways and if you're up against logan jake's gonna come at you yes. in different ways it's it's cool to see you know and um 
you know, and it's a good drink. BCAAs keeps you hydrated while you're working out. And I've been working out quite a bit, prepping myself um, for the event that, you know, I mean, like you said, I had some things to get off my chest. Before we get to that, I want to plug this real quick. Let's say April 29th, BKFC main event, Platinum Mike Perry, I'm being told, is a super fight against I don't know Ah, yet. What? How can you do this? But this is what they told me. It's a super fight, Platinum Perry main event, BKFC, bare knuckle boxing, April 29th. I wanted to plug that. Also, I'm training, and we are training together, me and Jacare Souza. Big, you know, he's got big fight coming up with uh, against Vitor Belfort, and um, you know, so we're training together. And you were just talking about that. Shout out to Pettis. I like Pettis. He was a all time, and as well as Roy Jones Jr. I knew that they were looking for an opponent for Roy Jones. I was, I was kind of in that conversation oh, as well. Wow. Um, but I think you know the ex UFC champion Anthony Pettis. That's pretty big. Game bread four. Wow, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, so now that I plugged those, wait, can quick, I just ask you? Know, you? People, could, yeah. just, were you in talks to be on that card too? Because he mentioned you as, and you just mentioned yourself too. Like, were you in talks or is it no? Okay, no, okay, all right. I had no idea that that's who and what it was going to be for. Um, looks like they got some big money guys on there though. And um, I just knew that, you know, we were looking for some opponents for some super fights or for some whatever you want to call it, uh, opposition for me to go up against considering, you know, the win streak and the, you know, level I've been fighting at and and my success as of late. So, you know, to fight a legend that, you know, that's what we're looking to do, Um, establishing myself more and more as a legend into what we were, you know, what I wanted to get off my chest. Is Let's go. People saying this, I'm chasing this fight, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and I'm chasing, well, yeah, I guess I am chasing a bag. Why wouldn't you fucking chase a bag? Right. But also, you know, I'm also being asked about this shit. I'm being asked, and I'm, and I'm responding. So, you know, these people that don't have platforms, no one's going to call them and ask them to do an interview about their opinion on the fucking subject. They asking me, and you guys want to type and tweet or say whatever you want to say because you're, you know, they're you're their fanboys or you're against me. I, you know, I don't know why. Or people saying I'm in no way, shape, or form a boxer. Listen, this is this people saying that have never punched. They wouldn't know a boxer if I walked up to them and punched them in the face. <laughs> So, you know, I box every week. I fight tough people. Right now, my speech is a little slurred because of the tough guy who punched me yesterday had me biting my tongue. Uh, uh. So, you know, and they want to talk about, you know, they will talk. I brought that up because they'll talk about my speech, the way I'm talking or I'm slurring. Oh, CTE is catching up. Well, you know what ain't catching up to you? Any money. No money is chasing after you. It's coming towards me. Wait, so who's talking shit? Who's talking shit? Who's where are you seeing this? Bunch of nobodies. They're talking. They're saying. What are they saying? They're trying to go after the Jake no, Paul comment. fight. Instagram. Comments Why do you read this? And, Why do you read this nonsense? I mean, you. Oh, you- I like you know some are good. I like to I like to see 
you know, shout out to my fans and the supporters, man, because I like to prove my fans and supporters and believers right. I like to prove them right. And at the same time, it's I get to also prove the haters wrong. So, you know, but, you know, I... I think I'm going to Saudi Arabia. Um, so what, what? I think I'm going. What's going on here? Can we can we talk about this for a second? In in early January, you tweeted a photo of a contract and you wrote WYA Jake Paul, which I believe stands for Where You At Jake Paul. So what was that contract for? Was it always to be the backup, or at one point were you actually like signed, at least from your perspective, to fight him? Like no backup, like legit fight. Well, back when he said he had three opponents to make an offer to, yeah, um, I was the first one to you know throw one back, I believe, and I don't know who the other guy was. I don't know. Okay, I knew it was between really me and Tommy Fury. Of course, Tommy's super famous. He's a Fury. Um, he's got pro boxing record, but we and amateur boxing record, but we know what that means. You know, there's there's a lot of stacked. Uh, fights or you know journeyman type guys or you know you call me whatever you want but you know i'm a winning type of journeyman too sometimes you know it is what it is some there's journeymen who are you know 10 and 80 and they've been knocked out like twice right maybe they're actually pretty tough and they're a good um good challenge for some guys coming up but those guys go to lose i may have my records a little out of place, but I don't go to lose. I go and I try to win. I don't care who I'm up against. And um, I have a passion for the sport. I actually saw something today where it was a video of uh, Jake Paul being asked about if he stayed in the YouTube game, would he be better than this other person who is in it? And he's like, no, I he wouldn't have been because the guy had this love and passion for it, and you can't beat someone who loves it more than you do. And um, you know, considering the fights that I've had, he's what five and zero now or six and zero, I don't know. But as a pro boxer, uh, don't know if he had an amateur record. Um, I have amateur fights, boxing and MMA. I have you know professional experience. Over 20 professional mixed martial arts fights, uh, 15 of them were in the UFC. And um, I'm just now reaching my prime at 31 years old. There, there were so many lessons I learned in my 20s doing this for a career that, you know, I didn't, you don't know when you're a kid what you're doing and what you're up against. And, and you, you know, you let things control your mind. But to really take control of yourself, I feel like I have done so in as you know in my 30s and um I'm just reaching my highest level and abilities um you know so I think the possibilities are endless just give me an opportunity to prove myself um that's really all I'm looking for and whoever it is whoever it's against I want an opportunity to step foot in a boxing ring with the, you know, I've always wanted a pair of grants and I've always wanted uh, to dance around on Showtime or, you know, and I get to do it in bare knuckle boxing too. Don't get me wrong. I love that shit because it's so real. And, um, and I'm just so tough in it and I'm just tougher than everybody. And I love it more than they do. 
And I'm the most passionate one about it. And, and someone told me today, I got the biggest heart in this game. And I believe that shit. I love it. I love the passion. I love to see the fire. And so now I'm curious about this. You're the backup fighter for this February 26th fight between Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. That's correct, right? They had a press conference today in Saudi Arabia. I don't know if you saw this. Tommy Fury wasn't there. And and it's, it seems like this is starting to become a trend. I mean, they've booked this fight already twice before. This is the third time. There have been instances where one guy's not there. The Did you know about this? And do you feel like this is a real thing that you'll be fighting Jake Paul on February 26th? I do feel like uh, it is a real thing that it could be me. Um, I also feel like it could be you know, Tommy's way of, you know, I heard some rumors about gangs and mafia or whatever and problems with countries entering, moving about, visas, this and that, uh, politics. And, you know, if it was me, obviously I got, I mean, I do have better things to do kind of, but like, you know, Tommy could be doing this as mental warfare, like, ah, he's not there yet. He's not doing these things yet. Jake thinks he's not going to be there, and then he's there on fight night. And mm. Jake's like, oh, shit, he's here. A Fury is here to fight me in boxing. Um, you know, but maybe not. And maybe it is going to be me, me, and I have been training as if it's going to be me, or I have been training as if I believe I'm going to Saudi Arabia regardless. Wow. But, you know what? If I would have been there already, I would have been talking shit at the press conference. You see how hyped up I am. Man. So I would have been, you know, you would thrive in that. Shit. How, how do you think you would do with Jake? I mean, he's a pretty good shit talker, right? He's very, uh, he's very smart. He's witty. He's got the videos. He's got, you know, he's young. How do you think you would do in uh, a game of verbal warfare? I'll roast his ass. Cook him on the skillet. Well, I'll roast his ass up. I got some jokes. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. So do, do you know when you're going to Saudi Arabia? A bit of a time difference, right? You'd have to get there. What is it? It's February 8th, 26th. It's in 18 days. Like, I feel like you would have to know pretty soon when you're going, right? Well, I mean, I told my team, like, you know, give me five days. That's it? That's what I said. Because, yeah, you know, just to get over jet lag, I'll take, like, two days. Um. I'm up late at night anyways. They're eight hours ahead. I've done the math. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I can be awake. When I can wake up and fight you, and I could, you know, be up at 3 o'clock in the morning playing video games, and I can fight you. I can go do a workout at either time. So I just, you know, um, I would I would wonder how the flight would be, you know, yeah. when I get to lay down, or are they going to put me in a box seat? Well, well, you don't have you don't this. have first class I, in that contract. Come on, Malky. What's going on? I don't care. I don't care. I never know. You I don't should look at the details because the only thing I got the love and the passion for is to put these paws in your face. Uh, uh, do you get paid if the fight doesn't happen? I don't. Know. I said I tweeted a while back. Uh, you guys don't care about my Twitter, but I do have a couple I, hundred thousand followers. I care about your Twitter. I was just referencing a tweet that you had up there. I know. I always post, you know, a lot more shit, too, so it's hard to okay. probably keep up with. Sure. Um, I'll be thinking about Javante Davis. I need to delete more shit after I post it. But <laughs> um, anyways, I had said something about, you know, because I had spoken with my manager. You know, we kind of 
I thought that we threw the, the, the offer in their face when I released the contract because we wanted to start something, do something, get some buzz going, I guess, you know, and, and that maybe could have cost me the amount of money I would have made. This is a nice check uh, for just sitting in. But so I don't know if it's happening. They chose to still, when they announced the fight, still say that I'm the backup uh, because they know that I'm, give me a call. Yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> I'm pulling up. I'll fucking throw hands with you. And, you, you know, what's he going to do to me? Hit me a couple times? He's going to hurt his hands on my face. And then I'm going to beat him down and I'm going to chase him around the ring and make him tired and hit him in the body in the face and make him bleed his blood. And he's going to fall over. I, I have to be honest with you. I kind of want to see Platinum Perry against Jake Paul now more than Jake Paul, Tommy Fury. I feel like you're selling the fight that may not even happen, but you're doing a tremendous job, which leads me to believe, is there a chance... Regard okay, if the fight happens between him and Fury on February twenty sixth, are you next? Have you set yourself up to be next? Why not? Why would he run? I mean, the fans are fifty fifty on the internet. Actually more than fifty it's like sixty, seventy towards everyone's like, Oh yeah, Platinum Perry, Platinum Perry. And then he's got his little fuddy buddies on there, whoever they are. Talking about, oh, you know, they got, you know, everybody picks their side. You got your own opinion. That's fine. But no one's calling you to do an interview on Ariel Hawani to, to voice your opinion. They're asking me about mine. Yes. So, and like I said, yeah, maybe I'm chasing the bag because they're asking me about it. Of course. But also, April 29th, BKFC, main event, super fight, platinum motherfucking Mike Perry. Let's go. I got people to fight. People don't want to fight me. You damn right there's people want to use my name because I've been in this game. I've been fucking people up. I saw him say even uh, Tommy's not coming, this and that, hashtag Mike Perry. So it seems like, I saw, I saw the tweet from Jake. So it seems like, you know, Thanks he's- for the cloud, bro. I yeah. appreciate it. I'll be ready. Yeah. You know that. That's why I get the cloud. I appreciate it. I think- you know, I think the Pauls fuck with me. I think they grew up watching me, and that got them into the fight game, mm. to be honest with you, because I was the guy at that time fighting all the time, UFC. You you like his skills? You think he's good? Do you think he deserves some respect? Yeah, props, man. You're doing your thing. T-Wood's real. I, Anderson Silva's real. Yeah. I am a better boxer, though. I love boxing so much, because it's just like me. It's like... You know, sometimes hands down. I don't got, you know, I I can take hits. I like it. It's so nice. Like, I kind of like it. When people hit me, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm smiling in your face. And I'm throwing heat back at you. I, I spar dangerous people, and, and we have fun. It's great. I love it. That being said, though, you know, I see a lot of uh, MMA fighters we're like, man, this guy needs to be stopped. Enough of him taking out our MMA guys. You know, he's taking out Askren. He's taking out Woodley twice, then Anderson Silva. Do you feel that same way? Do you feel like you need to do this for the MMA community to end this whole Jake Paul versus MMA thing? I mean, I need to do it for, for me and my family. And, you know, and it's nothing against anyone else. We're fighters. It, it makes sense, you know, because... 
because of my record, because of past mistakes I've made, because of accomplishments I have accomplished, and because of you know things that he has accomplished, and the way it kind of works out, like it makes sense. And I am in my prime, I'm coming into this very strong area of my life. And if he thinks he's good, you know, I mean, yeah, that's cool. Like, but I, I'm the guy. I'm asking for. I'm sure a lot of people are asking for it because they are asking for a paycheck. But I'm asking for the fight, and if you know he wants to make me a bet, you know he likes to make little bets. I'm kind of waiting on that. You go ahead and you talk. You open your mouth first, and then I'll respond accordingly. And but yeah, I'm ready to fight. I like to fight. I do it all the time, every week. I fought yesterday. I was just at the gym. I'm about to go back. I'm preparing, preparing, prepared ready, ready to go all my life. You know, just, I got family to feed. I got a baby on the way myself. I got, you know, I, a daughter now coming and I got my son and, um, you know, it's been a while since I fought. So, you know, I don't really care. I just, I want to go to work. I want to go to work. I was just about to ask you about that. Uh, so the family is growing. What, when's the, when's the second one coming? Congratulations. Thank you. She is due in March. Oh, wow. Um, Soon. But it seems like she could come anytime. Uh, you know, she'd be hurting. My girl be hurting. Oh. Um, you know, she because the baby's making her way down there, flipped upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's working her way out. And, and you know, it's the second one. And, you know, sometimes... People think that might be easier because you've already done it once, but it's actually, you know, they say it's, it's a lot harder. It's it's wow. even worse. So, you know, it's my stuff. I posted this video today on my story, man. It was amazing to see really, um, it said only a mother can sacrifice her life to save her child. And it was, a, you see this, it looked like it was a dinosaur, 30 feet long crocodile coming after this baby little doe deer or whatever and the mom's like jumping in the water jumps right behind the baby as the crocodile pulls up so that the crocodile ate her wow. instead of her child wow child probably got ate the next day but like <laughs> he survived another day right, yeah because respect respect um, by the way i have to say it feels like, you know, um, I remember the first time we spoke, it's a long time ago now, maybe 2016, I believe it was, after UFC 202. Like, you know, you mentioned some of the mistakes in the past. We don't hear about platinum mistakes these days. Like, it feels like you're a family man, you're happy, you you you, you live just like kind of a normal life, you're you're out of trouble, drama, nothing popping up. Are, are, have we, have we, do you feel like you're on that path now? Do you feel like the storm clouds have gone away and your life has just kind of settled into this nice family man, fighter, prize fighter, doing your thing, popping up here, popping up there, opportunities, you're a free man, you don't have to be shackled by any sort of promotional agreement. Does it feel like everything's in order for you? Um, I am in the best position ever in my life, yes. Um, I do have issues and problems like anyone else sure. maybe i handle them differently than i used to or i'm still you know not proud of how things are handled but i 
I tried to keep some things to myself, not to hide things from the public, but just to, you know, try to make it right, try not to, you know, feel the full force of my mistakes, I guess, kind of roll with the punches, if you will. And, uh, you know, um, I'm tr- I'm trying, man. And, and I just, I really dived into my passion for fighting, um, you know, since leaving the UFC when I fought Triller, when I fought Michael Seals and then Julian Lane and, and, um, you know, I, and, uh, MVP. MVP. I mean, I was, I was proud to fight Michael Seals and proud to fight MVP. Uh, when it came to Julian Lane, I mean, he had some credentials, but like, I didn't even, I didn't even train or try for that one. And, I was like, I'm going to beat him regardless. And, you know, I just, just all mental power and ability and strength and belief in myself. And just, I mean, I just know the differences between me and other people. So doing, especially when it comes to martial arts and, um, you know, I, we, we still, I wonder, you know, I love boxing. I love doing boxing and being a boxer and, but we still wonder. They talk to me about MMA all the time. So, you know, I have guys at the at Fusion XL and Performance. They'll come to Technique Boxing. They'll do some boxing rounds with me some nights. And then I make sure that I get over there and I go and I do some MMA rounds with them. But I, you know, I just try to box them. I try to make them shoot on me. And, you know, sometimes I'm a little susceptible to the kicks with the boxing, but I still, you know, I I. I slip them. I try to figure myself out. The range is a little different. And, you know, like, for example, I sparred. I, one day I, I was boxing. We were doing, like, warm-up boxing rounds, right? And um, But I my rounds aren't warm-up rounds. When I fucking spar, we, I'm a little, I go a little harder. I go a little faster. So I was sparring Lyoto Machida, and I did pretty good point fighting him in the boxing. He's a big guy. And um, then I was like, all right, I got to go over there and get this kickboxing round with him. And it was just totally different once he starts doing that little, <laughs> starts doing that little hip yeah, shake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. And he starts throwing front kicks at you. You're like, ooh, I kind of <laughs> forgot about this a little bit. So I've been keeping myself active, doing everything that consists of martial arts, still got jujitsu. Man, I, you know, sometimes I miss it just for defensive reasons. When people do shoot on me and grab me, I end up, you know, on their back, sitting on top of them. I'm like, oh, man, this is easy. You know, so I don't know. But I uh, I know that when I get in a ring or in a, a cage or whatever it is, I want to punch people in the face. And, um, you know, that's just my favorite way to finish a fight. Well, I see you out there loving life. I see you out there. I, I saw you dancing to that new uh, Uzi joint. I mean, the moves were fantastic. <laughs> Look at you on Twitter, on TikTok, on, I don't know, Instagram reels. You're out there. We're showing the video right now. You just in your room. Like, I, I, I picture a world where Platinum Perry is just going over dance moves by himself, in, you know, in his room looking at the mirror. I, like, what? Is that? Is that what's happening here? Are you full dad mode now? What's happening? No, I just like some stuff. And if I like it. Um, I'm excited. Maybe I'm at the house. I'm the exciting one. And that's another thing, too, about the fighting and passion and all that is like, 
when I train, I try to think entertainment because this is the entertainment business and um, entertainment is fun. You were talking about wrestling, WrestleMania and stuff. And yeah. like, that's never really been my thing. Um, I went to Monday night raw the other night and like, let me tell you, man, the people, the crowd is different. Um, we were walking into the arena or the, you know, the basketball stadium. Yeah. And we're like, oh, man, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people here. We go in and they were all there yeah. inside. Yeah. They were sitting down. They were watching the show. They were in their normal. like what. But usually when you go to like games or uh, UFC, there's thousands of people just walking around getting drinks, fucking being drunk, talking shit, not doing nothing, not watch. They don't watch a fight. They're drunk talking the whole time. These people were like, and I don't know if in wrestling, when the crowd is cheering for somebody, that kind of might change who wins that matchup. I felt like I was helping somebody win that. Wow. Night. I was telling my friends, we came here to watch your friends and you ain't cheering or nothing. And then all of a sudden the crowd, I'm yelling his name and stuff. And then the crowd start yelling his name. They weren't cheering for nobody. And then they started cheering for him. And like things started turning. Like you thought he was about to get pinned. And then you're like, oh, people are cheering for him now. We're going to make him win. We're going to give the crowd of Orlando what they want and who they want to, you know, see. And, and Brock Lesnar was in the house. He, yeah. He, uh, he like I don't know what his move is DDT or like F five F five F five. He did the F five twice. Yes. To Bobby, Bobby Lashley. Lashley. Yes. Yes. The the crowd was like one more time. It was funny. That man. was this was Monday, cool right? Was that was that this Monday? Yeah, that was Monday the, night. Wrong. You saw what about the back and forth with Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman? I mean, was that magic or what? Or did you did that go over your head? Yes. You, the talking. I saw the the American Nightmare. Yes. You caught the bug? You caught the bug? He, he should have slapped him or something. That was good. He didn't even slap Come on, were you into it though, what they were saying? Or did you not really understand because you don't follow? Um, I, I mean, no, I just, I don't really follow, so. But it was good shit. Uh, Come on, it was good shit. It was, it was, it was, that was theater right there, right? I get, yeah, it's good theater because he was like, you know, your dad. Your dad, yes. This guy and this guy and this guy and this guy, but he didn't train you. Yeah. You didn't see that coming. You're uh, like, oh. Thought you were complimenting him. And then yeah. he's like, you don't have to pay for that. Your boys got to pay for that. And it was all right. Was but the good. wrestling, my friend was like, yo, you know, we're going to try to meet out afterwards and, and hang out with the one of the wrestlers party or whatever. And he was like, yeah, he didn't hit me up. I was like, yeah, he's probably sore as hell. Yeah. Flying over the ropes, landing on his back on the it's crazy. Like, oh, my gosh. That shit look, you know, painful. Yeah. It's amazing, and uh, the ring is just like plywood. It's not. People think it's like a trampoline. It's it's really not. What they go through is nuts. Um, before I let you go, Platinum, this has been great. I really enjoyed it. February twenty sixth. Why should we hope it's you? And what happens if you do get your hands on Jake Paul? Give us the promo here. In in in, in the in the spirit of pro wrestling, why should we be hoping it's you and not Tommy Fury fighting the problem child on February twenty sixth? I was about to rip this shirt oh, yes. off of me. Okay, okay. But I need this shirt. Okay, damn it. I need this shirt. Maybe you can take it off. Go out you want to take it off? You go crazy. 
no, I mean, but it was it just meant so Don't much. rip it. Don't rip I it. Ripped <laughs> it. And like, I ain't weak, nigga. I'll rip that shit right off. Before, but I ain't. You know, That's good, partner. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you why, brother. Why are you supposed to be planning my period, brother? Because I will stick my fist down your throat. And you will spit out my fingers. I don't know what that means, but you're going to sleep if it's me. That would be nuts. Good luck, man. Sim Hope it Sim happens. They ain't ready for you in Saudi Arabia. They ain't ready for you. <clears throat> Jeez, Louise, how much you weigh right now? A lot, bar. Much love, Mike. I weigh, I weigh one ninety six. Oh, right now. they don't want any of this. They want one ninety six. I cut that 10, 11 pounds. No problem, and I'll beat you down. Good luck. I hope it happens for you. All right, and and, and then after that, you and me, it's a slap off. Oh, yeah, no way. I want nothing to do with that. Come <laughs> I want nothing to do that with that. That shit's stupid. That's it, all I got to say. Thank you, Mike. Thank Talk you, Ariel. Be easy, bro. You're the man. Platinum Perry. Listen, Platinum Perry said it's stupid, then it's, it's stupid, all right? Uh, what a guy. What a character. Tremendous stuff. February 26th, Saudi Arabia. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Is Tommy going to show up? Is he going to show up? I don't know. It's a crazy, crazy time. They're promoting a fight, and uh, it's Derek Chisora there. What is going on? What is happening? They did the old. Uh, they did the old TJ Dillashaw Hen and Brow face off, where where uh, Jake is looking at a picture of Tom. What is happening? It's the weirdest thing, this whole dynamic. It is the absolute weirdest thing. All right. We love talking to Chael P, our old friend Chael P. We love everything about it. I used to talk to him every Wednesday in a different life, a different era. And from time to time, I bother him. Although I have anxiety. I have to say I have a lot of anxiety when I reach out to him, even though half of his content on his YouTube channel pertains to things that I either talk about on my show or things that I say or content that I put up. So it's like, hmm, do I feel so bad? But I still have anxiety because I feel like I'm bothering him. And I feel like there's a part of him that doesn't want to do it, if I'm being honest, because he's a little bit antisocial, but does it anyway because he doesn't want to break my heart and hurt my feelings. In any event, I've just laid that all out there. Let's say hello to Chael P 
and see how he's doing. Am I right about this, P? I mean, is there a part of you that's like, oh, God, Ariel asked me, I have to do it because we're friends, but I don't really want to do this? No, but you are half right on your guess. I would say yes because it was you. I, I th- That is true, but no, no, I actually look forward to doing uh, your program. I, Ariel, I didn't realize how big you were. You talk about that I take a lot of your segments or I repackage them. I do, and they're my biggest numbers. I will take something that you talked about, say Ariel in my thumbnail, or even when I come on with you, one time you did a thing on, on Mean Street Coffee. I've never sold more coffee. I just truly I didn't know. That. I didn't know what institution. Aunt Evans uh, sings your praises, tells me you're an institution, more so than Jim Rome. Yeah, Aunt Evans know. said, I guess I didn't really know that you've built this base. So I do look forward to coming to you. Well, that's in large part because of uh, of you and what we did together. I mean, we built that platform with our hands off our back. Are you wearing Jordans, by the way? What's happening over here? On the For the shoes? Yeah, what is that? These are called. No, those aren't Jordans. Well, running, it just it says no. running, but that's not the brand. I, 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 this is the second or third time that my shoes have been brought up in the last three or four months. I've never been cool shoe guy. No. And Brittany got me all new shoes. She only got me two or three pair in one day from a very nice store called uh, Mario's. Okay. So I don't know what the brand is. It's not like a Nike, but I appreciate that you commented on them. Yeah, then. I think you like them. That's I do, I do. I thought they were Jordans, which I was like, well, that's way too cool for you. Is your wife, Brittany, is she still styling you? Is she still dressing you? Like, does she leave the clothes out every morning? What, every, day. every day. Every day, all the way down to socks and underwear. She comes in and it's <laughs> waiting in the closet. Uh, and she loves when you give her credit for that, by it's the way. Ma- she does work very hard. And some of those things I take for granted. Errol, can I go? Nothing I'd rather talk about than my hot-ass wife, but there's just one thing I don't want it to be too late, which is Perry, uh. who you just... Perry, I only got to hear the last minute, but then you referenced the press conference. Now, I'm up to speed on that. And the reason I missed your Perry interview is because I was watching the press conference. But here's my question. Okay. If you covered it, I apologize for the redundancy. No. Here's my question. Errol, they got to kick Tommy Fury. They got to do it now. <laughs> they cannot wait till the last minute. They can't wait till the weigh-ins. They can't wait till the day. They can't let Fury keep calling all the shots. I mean, what he did to them in Madison Square Garden is irrehensible and, and but nope he gets another two million dollars and he gets to go to an even nicer location it's really weird but at some point they have to take control if they want to be respected and it's a hard thing that mvp's had mvp is new and boy have they, they ever had to pay for an education they've got a rougher go than anyone else ever but at some point they have to make it clear that they are in charge and today when he skipped the press conference his second time you cut him. You bring Perry in, and that is it. It's a mistake that MVP is making. Have you ever seen something like this? Like, this is repeated. T- <laughs> How many more times can this happen? How many, like, fool me once, fool me twice. And you know Perry's going to sell the fight. Like, do you think there's a big difference? I don't know. I guess Tommy's a big deal in the UK. It's a BT Sport pay-per-view. But at this point, I got to wonder, just cut your losses, right? Like, just cut cut your headache, too. And when you say a big deal, I mean, let's be real fair here. That, that's not a main event fighter. That's not changing the airways. But I will share with you, Air, I don't know. It's very hard to get people to come into the promotion business. Even if you're kind of a smart, you're kind of a street guy, which is what it takes in that business. you got to go sit down with a money guy to back you. It's very hard to talk him into writing the check because it's such a, a, an organized mess. What Jake Paul has gone through for the contributions that he's made, but the willingness and the contributions he's willing to make. The way that industry has treated him, and even guys like Fury, you know, who doesn't show up to a press, who gets a main event cancel, who gets rescheduled in a different con, and then doesn't show up again. I mean, this is terrible. This, this, even by the low standards of the boxing business, is bottom rung. Everything they've done to Paul. If Paul can make it through just this introductory phase, 
the rest of his career is going to be so easy because this is abnormally difficult. So if you were Nikisa and the crew, you would cut Tommy right now. You would say, Mike, here's your flight. We'll see you on the 26th. You would do it right now. You would do it today. Well, no, no, well, I don't know about that. I would have done it an hour ago. When they get to the press conference and he's not there and the world's watching, that's when you make the reveal. Ah. That's when you ask Perry to try to bring it in after the, and now he's going to call the yous and means of the world that have already had the conversation. Get us the right info. Get it back out to our audiences. I don't know, man. I think they're in a little bit more difficult spot. But yes, the they had to see that coming. He's already done it to them once. They had to see, hey, there's slight possibility when we get here, he's not here. Somewhere he missed his flight. Somewhere he didn't check into the hotel, right? Just by example, they should have had word and should have had enough time to scramble and have Perry there. Yes, they should have moved on with it. You know, the last time we had one of these sort of um, influencer fights, if you will, and someone didn't show up, uh, I believe it was KSI and your pal Dylan Dennis didn't show up and, and they didn't learn the lesson, right? They went through it. And then at the end, he didn't show up. What do you make of this young man? You know, can I be honest with you, Chael, for a moment? Because you spoke to him after I uh, spoke to him. You did that interview. Um, I, I actually kind of feel bad at this point. Like, I feel bad. You know, there's this video going around with this guy, CoffeeZilla, that scammed the scammer. Did you see this video? But the NFTs and all. Like, and, and, and Dylan's done some shitty things. I feel bad. I feel like we're kicking a man while he's down. Like, I don't know. I'm not taking any joy in any of this. What, what do you make of it? I, I know he really looks up to you. This is not a bit, by the way. I don't want to see him, you know, who, no one roots for this, right? This is, this is, this is sad. Now, I, I, I'm a little confused what's going on here, too. And I'm okay with any direction. Hey, let's put boxing behind us. Let's fully get into this MMA. We got the deal with Coker and Bellator. But I haven't been convinced that that is, is the decision either. So I think just on a personal front, I think just on a personal front, he needs to sit down and just kind of answer some questions to himself about what he wants to do. And then I think the rest of us that are supporters could come in and help. But right now, I'm, I'm not sure he even internally knows what camp, what trainer, what team, what weight class, what sport. I, I think there's a lot, uh, a lot of real basics that we got to deal with first. The truth is, whenever he fights, if he does fight ever, like it's going to be a big deal now because of all of this, right? People sure. are going to want to watch. They're going to either want to see him get his uh, head knocked off or see if he still... Like, for better or worse, and it's been a lot of worse, I still think there's somewhat of, I don't know, a little bit of interest out there in seeing him fight. Do you agree or do you think that that ship has sailed at this point? Oh, I, most most definitely there is, but, but herein lies the problem. And most people miss this, which is, okay, if I'm a promoter, if, if that chance you just discussed exists and I'm the one willing to take the risk in exchange for the ROI. I got to put him on a card. Now, once I put him on a card and I do the place, I'm, I'm going to set the card. If I put him up here on top where everybody wants to be and he screws me, mm. I now got to bring one of these boys up and we've got a problem. I just killed morale to let the world see the way this guy treated me. And I'm going to give him this spot. I'm putting him on a poster that only gets four faces. And I'm going to put his face to bring him to the press conferences, which only have X amount of microphone, but I gave him one. This is where the problem comes in for, for how you got treated and the way you're, um, you know, it's it's a mistake. I mean, we see it all over the place. John Jones would have blown up the bridge. You, you talk about don't burn a bridge. He put C4 all over the bridge and would have would have detonated it if he knew how. He what he didn't know how, but he would have. For him to return at a raise into a world title fight, I'm just sharing with you, but it's a mistake. Uh, why is it a mistake with, with John? Well, the last thing that you want is is your champions turning the gun on you. 
Uh-huh. And then when they make that big bluff, we've only got three or four guys over history that it wasn't a bluff. They did it. And John's one of the ones that did it. That division is, st- I don't even know the champion of that division right now. And I'm not trying, Jamal Hill. But all these years later, still repercussions of what he did to walk in with a raise. You throw a temper tantrum publicly. You take your ball and go home. You come back with what you want and the exact same opportunity. I'm just sharing for you. People start looking around and seeing that. It becomes a problem real fast. So what would you do if you were in charge and John wants to come back? But this guy's into Dylan. I'm saying that's what the problem was. If somebody's going to get behind Dylan, right? I'm a fan. If I'm going to do a a grappling event, I'm going to bring him in. That's a big risk. A guy that's already burned the industry. What if he does burn me? Now I got to take a guy that I put in a co-main event that I openly said, you've done everything right, but you weren't tumultuous enough. I wanted the bad boy in here. No, I'm going to move him. It's tough, man. You've got to really make those decisions. So if you're a coker, you have no choice but to put Dylan as an undercard fight. Is he even going to agree to that? I don't know. But that's where you put him. You have no choice. And so to your point, if there still is a draw and there is a buzz, well, you didn't capitalize on it anyway. It's a, it's a tough spot. What would you do if you were the UFC with John Jones, considering what you just said? Well, I... I would do many things, but the first thing that I would have done is told him. I mean, nobody talks about their business. Nobody comes out and tells you what their contract is. Nobody tells you where your thresholds were and what you're going to make on pay-per-views. Nobody comes out and says the differences in this negotiation and that one, and he did. So, I mean, step number one is I would have reminded him that, that these are private. But two, you really do have a real decision to make here. I mean, we had some options. We didn't need John. We, we Ariel, you and I included, don't quite know what happened with Team Stipe. We just know it didn't go the way that other people wanted it to. So, and that and that created opportunity for John. Nobody went out of their way for John. They were going out of their way for for France. They, they had a few guys. So I, I'm just sharing with you. At least they didn't start there. But no, you can't make an example of bad behavior. You just can't do it here. Three piece in a soda. One of the great marketing things our sports ever seen. Three piece in a soda. People that they'll make the fight. They can't make that fight. You cannot let somebody go and do something illegal while filming it as a way of getting a reward. It's a mistake, and that mistake was made with Connor and Khabib and the dolly and the bus, which is why you have three-piece in a soda. Had Connor and Khabib and the dolly and the bus not done a 2.4 uh, in pay-per-view, you never would have a three-piece in a soda. So you just have to look at these things, be the adult in the room, make sure bad behavior isn't rewarded. In the case of John, it's a mistake. We can live with it, and we can deal with it, but it's a mistake. That is fascinating, because I was just about to bring up the Connor thing, and then you brought it up, so kudos to you for that. So then my question is, do you think they would have done a little more to keep Francis if they didn't have the John Jones thing kind of hanging there? If you couldn't go to plan B, which was John freaking Jones against Cyril, do you think they would have tried harder to keep Francis? Yes, yes. I mean, there was some moving parts there. There was some... Uh, there's some moving point. Don't, don't quiz me down. You read between the, if Adesanya had not resigned and been so thrilled with it, if Usman was not given a rematch, I mean, there was things that happened that then didn't help Francis. And there was some teaming up that could have been done, but in this business, no one's out for anyone. No one's out for anybody other than themselves. They'll pretend it and they'll talk about it, but they're not. And this is a fine example. So look, I think they worked pretty hard for him. And I would also like to say this in Francis's defense. I think he can come back. Hmm. I mean, Francis leave very politely i never heard him threaten anyone i never heard him even curse in all fairness talk about john jones would have detonated a, if he knew how francis didn't and he just said this isn't going to work for me so if we do use those examples i think there's room for francis to come back matter of fact i think that uh that nate diaz's next fight is most likely going to be in the ufc compared to anything else i think most likely that's where he returns wow. so free agent 
doesn't mean you're just out. It just means you can talk to everybody, including the UFC. And that part gets forgot sometimes. You think Nate comes back? Like, no other fight outside? You think his next fight is in the UFC? Less now than I did a week ago, because I thought, and I was right to think so, he was the leading suspect for Connor's return. Mm. So when Connor gets announced against Chandler, then maybe I got to loosen up on that a little bit. But moreover, I'm just trying to prove a point that a guy can go, guy can come right back. John Jones would be a fine example. And I don't want to cut that off for Francis, right? There's not a lot of things to do at heavyweight. They suck. They've always sucked. Like people are asking, can John beat Surreal? So here, let me explain something. John might have been the greatest fighter ever at a weight class that was competitive. He's now going with guys who suck. Of course he can be champion. You think he wins that fight? Oh, for heaven's sake. Yes, I think he wins that. Wow. I think he wins. Man, you're on fire today. By the way, this is one of your greatest appearances ever. Go ahead. It will be Stipe next. And that concerns me. You know I I hold Stipe in a very high regard. So I watch my tongue before I ever speak about him. But I will tell you, if he couldn't get the fight in December when they wanted to get it to him, then he can't get it in March when he wanted it. Why would he possibly think he's going to get it uh, in the summertime? And I mean, I feel very confident telling you he's not. I think a closer topic is, is Stipe ever going to fight again? Yeah. Because I, he believes he only fights for world championships. And I think the company is making it very clear you're not fighting for our world championship. So at some point, it's just a matter of do I want to do this? And we do have the Sergeys. We do have these guys that are coming in. We do have the return of uh, Tom Aspinall soon. Like the heavyweight division is finally starting to find some balls. They don't have it yet, but they're starting to find them. Can I just say something? Like the knowledge that you're dropping right now, I feel like we should be behind a paywall. I mean, this is, you have you have never been more well-versed in the comings and goings of the business. I know this. I mean, we did a show. I would have to like, you know, kind of, you know, brush you up on all of the comings and goings before the show. That's just, you know, that's kayfabe, of course. No one needs to know that. Here you are just spitting fire and you're leading me to my next question every time. Chandler Connor, you like this? Do you like do you like the package? Do you like the tough thing, the 170 thing? The, do you like the whole thing? Do you like the whole thing that is being put out? Yes, I do. I, I don't know that I would have predicted it. I, I had that as my number two. I thought they really would try to get Connor and uh, uh, Masvidal together. Now, we found out they weren't. We found out Masvidal's going another direction. Mm. But I believe they were still trying uh to do that and then i knew that nate diaz was a real possibility so and then and then i would have chandler so i had chandler in the mix somewhere you know yeah i like the ultimate fighter it's still it's the greatest marketing vehicle this industry's ever seen it still is people like to say that about connor he used to be a big deal red panning night is still a real thing he is still number one even if he's not where he was and i think but even if he's he's still in front of you so you know in front of everybody so yeah i like how they're doing it sure well you I don't love the fact that it's 170 I mean, at some oh. point, we have to do something serious here. But when we have a pay-per-view, that's designated to world title fights. Well, in Connor's case, no, it's not, because he doesn't have one. He's not fighting for it. Okay, fine. But it's still designated as something that has to matter. It has to matter. And if, if we now don't even care about the weight class, we're going to take 255ers, and we're going to do it at 70, and just pretend it's at 50. If, if we're doing that, we now don't care. But the placement of the card says we've got to care. The coming through the ultimate fighter, the fact that Errol and Chandler are talking about six months in advance shows that we care. So I need a little bit more care. From these guys, I need this to matter in some regard, whether you make it a number one contenders match or you, you got to do something. So they have to be fighting for some reason other than the world brings in a bunch of money. That story has never worked. Dana has never succumbed to that low of a level. But right now he's missing the care and I am waiting to hear what it is. And so Nate and Connor fought at 170 and those were gigantic fights, right? Over a million buys. So what's the difference? 
Well, that's a significant difference. I mean, don't forget the, the second fight only happened because the first fight happened. The first fight only happened because it was on nine days notice and they couldn't get Nate down to 55 and Conor had such big balls. He said, then don't come down. I'll come yeah. up to you. When he rematched it, he wanted it to be same, same. So no, there for sure is a difference. Not to mention Conor was on the tip of everybody's tongue for title opportunities at 45 at 55. Oh, wow. How about at 170? It's very different now. If Conor beats Chandler, he doesn't go into a title fight unless he wants to, but he doesn't have to deal with Chandler for the title fight. He could. He could have gone into it right now. So I'm just sharing. That's not where he's going. Chandler's not going to get a win over a guy who hasn't gotten a win in years, and that propels him to a title shot. That would still make Chandler one and one in his last two. Why are we here? And there's lots of answers. We can. There can be lots of reasons we come out and do this. I'm just sharing with you for that match right now when we've, we've thrown our hands up and said, it's not serious. We're not even taking it serious. We're not even doing it in a weight class that matters. Okay, but you still got to tell me why it does matter. You got to tell me why it does. And to bring in money isn't going to work. Will you watch every week The Ultimate Fighter? Do you care enough? Well, I used to watch it very uh, faithfully. Yeah. Um, I, I likely will watch. Uh, I, I will at least know what's going on. I used to never miss Aaron. Back in 2005, one of my buddy Joel's house would come on on Monday nights. Mm -hmm. But you got to understand, I had practiced before then. So Randy Couture was the first ever coach. It was all my teammates. The Team Quest guys are now over here. We try to get it out of them every day. We try to get Lieben or somebody, Nate Quorum. We try to get them to talk, give us a clue. They did not do it, man. They were so committed to keeping that a secret that every Monday it was a blast. It was a blast to go down and watch that, see that fight come. Oh, it was some great. of my greatest fan in the sport was first ever season of Ultimate Fighter. Wow. Yeah, it was right after Monday Night Raw, right? One of the, the great mistakes Vince McMahon ever did was green lighting that to come on after uh, on Spike TV, right? That He had to green light it, and he did because he didn't think they'd be a threat, and he helped create this competition. Well, he he pulled the green light. That's one of the great stories ever told, too, with that Goldberg thing. But um, yeah, oh, yeah, right. you're, you're exactly right. Um, it's a crazy time. And by the way, uh, this was reported today by Cole Shelton, I believe, of BJPenn.com. It's the same thing that I heard. I don't know if you heard this, but the plan is for the, uh, the cast to be a mix of former UFC fighters and up-and-comers. So it's not quite the comeback season, but it's a hodgepodge of veterans who we may have heard of who fought in the UFC and people who are trying to make it there. I have to say, haven't been interested in tough in a gazillion. I don't even remember the last season I watched consistently. Probably the Kimbo season, if I'm being honest. Um, or maybe the first women's season, the straw weights, because a lot of those people, you know, Rose was on it, Carlos Barza, we knew them from Invicta. I don't hate the idea. Veterans, up and comers, not a bad idea, right? I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think there's something special there to see a couple of faces that you know. Yeah. You kind of watch the, a few episodes just to get introduced to the cast. So yeah, they could help us a little bit of the way and we know that guy. Yes, I think that's a positive. Now, what about this past weekend in Inglewood? There you are among the greats. I mean, this was... I. By the way, I don't know if you saw this, Chael. I did, oh, and I meant a lot. I meant a lot that you had that photo. Thank I put you, Ariel. That will always be... I mean, that. I look at that photo. That's my youth. Those are the... You are all the founding fathers. Uh, it's incredible. And my favorite part of the photo, if I'm being honest, is... Uh, and I actually wanted to start with this, but then we started talking about Perry. Can we talk about... Can we talk about the glasses? I mean, what's going on with the glasses? I mean, these are a hot topic of conversation. Um, do you have them? Okay, I see you there. You're often doing videos. You're doing one championship videos. What is going on with these glasses? What? There they are. <laughs> I tell you. Yeah. I mean, this is a very personal decision. Now, okay. I got glasses for my first time. I was five years old. But I got contacts at six, which I think maybe that's more common now. That was unheard of back then. I was extremely young to have contacts. So the point is, 
I used to be a glasses guy, but I came out of it. And back then, it didn't really matter how you looked. It was whatever your mom handed you. I go to get glasses now, but now they're going to be an integral part of my appearance for the rest of my life, right? I'm at the point I need glasses. So you got to get the right ones. So I every night I would go online with Brittany. She'd have her laptop. I'd have, we'd be trying to find them. Every time we traveled, we would then go to the local stores. So the problem when you're getting glasses there, these are a prescription. They're readers, 3.0. But the point is, when you go to get them in the store, it's just glass. It's no prescription whatsoever. So you take your glasses off that allowed you to see these exist in the first place. You put these on to look in the mirror, but you can't see yourself because these aren't prescription and you need them in the first place because you can't see, right? It's like there was an old Arsenio Hall joke that for VHS tapes, they used to give you a tape that you could play to show you how to get your recorder to work. And it's kind of the same thing with glasses. You want me to see myself in glass, but I can't see. So I get these home, Errol. The salesman told me they look great. Brittany liked them. I get them home. I get them to Lens Crafters. They put the 3.0 in. I then come put them on. And this thing in the middle, okay, Leah called this trendy. And I don't think trendy's good. And other people said I look like bubbles. Now, I was going to go to the one cool glasses guy that I know. I was going to go right to Hunter and say, Hunter. As cool glasses guy are these cool glasses. I should have done that. I did. And now they made me self-conscious. I think you're part of that. People have been teasing me. I've actually got my new glasses are in and I go pick them up tonight. What? Wait a second. I'm a part of this. I have made you self-conscious. Yeah. Well, I just want to know you what's brought me up, But I've trusted you. And you want to know why I trusted you? Because I was working a yellow. Remember the yellow Oh, tint? the yellows were great. Tent almost an aviator one time and you loved them and you I, told me how cool i look yeah so now i know you felt both sides <laughs> so when you said i'm crazy about those yes I, I got new ones i go pick them up tonight and what do they look like can you give us a preview like what's the style they don't have this. This, okay. this is the thing like th this apparently is the thing that pu that pushes them to hey look at me i need attention i yeah. know a little different colored nose but that's what i've been told and so are these the new ones are they are they as thick though is it just the same thing but without that middle part that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, and the glass is a little bit different. I mean, it's still a dark frame. It's it's typical, you know, kind of an oval shape. It's not, uh, you know, triangles or something goofy. Yeah. I mean, glasses are basically glasses, but but maybe maybe just a little bit calmer. There's something about that thing in the middle. I love it. That really like made some you know, too trendy. Like you're looking for attention. So, okay. Fine. I was sure a midlife crisis. I don't know what was going on. I just wasn't sure. No, not normally that guy. Right. I normally I make my own decisions, right. but no, I. I wanted people to like it. Maybe that was the six-year-old little kid of me that used to wear glasses, but I needed something from my peers. I'm getting new glasses. Uh, will you tweet out a picture of, of you wearing the new glasses tonight? I'll be... My wife's going to film it, and we're going to put it on YouTube. Why? Because they got to fix your face. Yeah, they got to do something with yes. the ears. I don't know if that'll be a good video. My wife isn't normally a camera woman, but my point is, Harold, yes, I will. I will show you the new glasses. I like this. Uh, you've been great, by the way, on social media. You had a stretch of tweets recently where you were just, it, it was, I, I wasn't sure if you were coming after me and my job. They were very straight. There was no commentary. We're showing some of them. It's like, John Jones is moving to heavyweight. Cyril Gunn has been announced oh. as John. It was just very, what, what is going on here with these tweets? Francis Ngannou relinquished his title. That was it. Just straight. Just news. a troll move. Just a troll move. Like, like later today, I'll announce that, uh, you know, Khabib is retired. Like, just wait until the news is no longer news, then put it out. And people, people thought it was funny. I thought you were going to ask me about my Jim Gray tweets. Yes, that, was, that was next. That was next. That was, okay. I, I find him to be an extremely dishonest man. I find him to be an extremely unhonorable man. I, wow. I do not like at all that he tried to take 
great athletes and give them a bump over the head. I mean, I watched what he did to Pete Rose. Call it, Pete thinks he's there to do a friendly interview. He's invited back to a ball game. His entire life has been turned upside down and shaken. He's going to do an interview with a guy he trusted in Jim Gray. Jim waits till they're live, and he humiliates Pete Rose, who, who already, this is like a guy getting out of jail, and then you throw stones at him. It's really a bad thing to do, but my problem with it, and, and he did this to several people, but my problem with it is Jim didn't go get those interviews, Errol. You ever see me interview somebody? I lined that up. I contacted them. I brought in the cameras. I set the scene. I got the waivers. So if I want to go be rude to that guy, that's my guy. That's going to hurt my Rolodex and my reputation. But if this is what I want to do, go ahead and do it. The repercussions, right? That's the checks and balances. When Jim gets brought in by a different network and somebody else used their reputation there to get Pete there, somebody else brought the case, somebody else set the backdrop of Wrigley Field. Somebody else did all of this, and he comes in and double crosses them. That's the part I didn't like. And I don't have a problem if you want to be confrontational with the guy. When you get brought into a boxing ring and you want to get mouthy with Floyd as a way of showing that you're somebody, when you got a check to be there and didn't set it up in the first place, it's a problem. And Jim Gray came out. I mean, this really was terrible stuff. It's terrible because it's dishonest. And he's got good men and women over at Fox News, right? Brian Kilmeade, who at one point in my life I would call a friend. To watch Brian be fooled by this guy, and there's there's Gray, and he's talking about Tom Brady's retirement. And Brian Kilmeade says, yeah, but Jim, is this one real? And Jim tells him, yeah. I mean, got real somber, Ariel. Got real somber, kind of like, you know, the, the family and, and Jim got together. And they, <laughs> they prayed, and they, they got their answer. Got real somber. It's real tough. And he just wanted Brian to know that football's hard, Ariel. It's hard. It's, it's, it's just not something that you can play. And at this point in Tom's life, He's going to move on. He doesn't know. None of us know. I'm the only one in all of sport. When Tom Brady retired the last time, when he was doing his parade, I tweeted out, he's going to play next year. Only me. I didn't get credit for it. And now you have Jim, who's likely right. I could say the same thing, that this really is real. I get backed up by Tom, who's saying it. History says it's probably true. But the bottom line, he doesn't know. He's crossing his feet. He has no idea. He's not an expert. He's not an insider. And you won't have athletes vouch for the guy. You You'll have athletes that say what I said, which is he is dishonest. I never agreed to interview with him. He never spoke to me. Somebody else got me there, and then he tried to embarrass me to make himself look good. That's the truth. Where does this vitriol towards him come from? Well, it has to do with you. I don't know how much I want to say. I feel like oh. it's your story. But it has to do with you. It has to do with Conor McGregor. It has to do with, with New York and the bus accident. I mean, I have different things. It has to do with me? I kind of just laid it out. Okay. I told, I told you that he's not setting up the interviews. He didn't ask Pete Rose I to I get be there. that. But like, you're really no fired up. You take this personally. You tweet about him a lot. I know you tweeted about the Fox yes. thing recently. So I just, I wasn't sure if there was a personal thing that happened between you guys. I appreciate if it has anything to do with me. I mean, it just yes. goes to show once again. No, I just observed it. But you know, it's just an underhanded thing to do. It's very underhanded. By the he way, somehow got himself like in the fight world, which is a very coveted crowd. I mean, we're very tough. Yeah. It really is hard to break in with us you get a guy like him that we've allowed to break in purely out of niceness i mean I, I know that it's boxing he's not a boxer he doesn't know boxing i know you more than anybody doesn't want to hear that don't tell me i can't cover it but he wasn't in it he wasn't a baseball player he wasn't a football player he wasn't a coach he wasn't a cheerleader he had nothing to do with anything i would suspect he had a dad or an uncle that worked at a network that gave him the job because he's really quite talentless but he's a liar on top of everything else if i come out i'll tell you all the time i'll tell you i got felonies i'll tell you i robbed banks i'll tell you 
I will tell you the whole thing. I'm open about he is so dirty. He even makes a guy with a shady moral compass like me take a look at him and go, dude, you're dirty. Says it. But by the way, I just wanted to let you, I don't know if you know this. He does host a serious show with Tom Brady. Did you know that? I, I know he thinks that he does. I know that, that Tom in. I know that the one time that they had any kind of a question that was all tough, Tom Brady, who doesn't use profanity, used countless profanity. Right, yeah, that was Actually, true. I should call it countless. I can count to two. My point is, no, I don't know how close those guys are. And you want to know the real truth? If Tom Brady knew what a charlatan, if Tom Brady heard what I just said right now, that that's a charlatan who never even lined up those interviews, who someone else, everything he's ever done was work that someone else did, and he stood there and took the credit. Tom Brady knew that. He probably wouldn't be sitting with him. Gray has come out after all these years and made it look like he was there the day they created the Olympics, like he was there the day they decided a, a football was going to be out of pigskin. That is how he's presented himself. It's not true. It's just not true. Uh, speaking of interesting characters, uh, do you mind if I ask about your good friend, Douglas Crosby? You've had him on the podcast a couple of times over the past month and a half or so. What do we make of him? And do you think he ever judges a major fight ever again? Yeah, I, I do think so. I think he could run out this run this out a lot quicker than perhaps he thought. When you get in a storm like that, I mean, you, you, your world kind of stops. And you think everyone cares about it. You think everyone's thinking about it. You think there's no way out. Once you get through the storm, you look back and you realize, man, nobody even knew that was going on but me. So, uh, but I mean, I only share that. I think in Douglas's world, it, it was bigger. I think this hurt his feelings. And I think he had the right for that to hurt his feelings, right? I mean, you come out and judge. These judges really don't get credit. They damn sure don't get money. But then when it goes the other way, like you, you may, might be able to live without the praise. But when you're taking heat and you can't defend yourself, I think it's probably a hard spot. I do think he judges again. We don't speak anymore, by the way. What? I helped. Uh, well, it has to do with this. I helped him uh, get a message out. Yeah. He just came to do a podcast and he didn't like how it was done. And he that's it. He, he let me know that in the text, and now when I text him, it comes back green, which means he he blocked me. And that's been a couple of weeks. Wow. Pretty hard this one back. It was such a small deal that um, if our friendship could be broken over him not liking what he said on a podcast, I it's tough, man. I don't I don't really know how you 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 patch that boat, but I would listen if he wanted to apologize. I'd listen. I care about him. Did you have him on a second time though? Yes, I had him on. And it's always tough, right? It's very tough to take somebody else's perspective. Like, just by example, there was a period of time where they had taken my license away. I was off of TV. I mean, there was a period of time where where I was going to make a dollar was was a really challenging question. And I started a podcast. And so it it became serious to me. And it became, and I got very competitive and it got very big. It also helped me to sustain. It was a big deal to me. And there's a team that comes with it. And there's a facility and there's a studio. There's a lot of things that to me, matter so he comes on my podcast way back then he begged to come on i'm fine with that but then when he comes on he doesn't want to answer any questions and he doesn't want to do mma and we're live and then he even brings an assistant gym and we end up talking about chocolate and strawberry ice cream i mean the whole thing got really weird but it only bothered me from a perspective of okay you're showing me what you think about what i do and what i've created you don't care don't take it serious but it's what i do and i still owe this piece and i put it out and now it's terrible because of you that bothered me. So we went many years where he didn't come back on. Then he pleads with me to come on. I said, man, you don't have to do this. He said, well, Ariel said something. I said, Douglas, I can get you in contact with Ariel. I'm sure Ariel would have you on. You can go even, even with him. I really do believe I can make that happen. He said, no, I don't want to go on. Let me do your show. 
Hey, are you sure about this? Who wants to do it? We come in, I don't do Zoom interviews. So I've got a new tech person here and we're going to do Zoom. He comes on, the screen is black. I said, Douglas, I can't see you. He says, I'm not going to show my face. I said, Douglas, this it's a YouTube show. He says, I don't have to show my face. There's another example on there on YouTube where they, they don't show the guy's face. Oh, God. Yeah. All right, so now when it gets to the producer, Ryan, Ryan makes a decision and says, we're not going to sacrifice our integrity enough to have an interview with a blank screen. So we switch it over to pod, to audio only. And it's it's one of these things where I've got to bring special people in. I A special podcast. I come out on Wednesdays and Fridays. I bring this out on Thursday. This was all for him. This all done for him, which he didn't take serious, and then he wasn't happy how it went. And it does try to tie back into Troy. And Troy also does podcasts for Weidman. So when there was an edit within the piece, Douglas had decided Troy was compromised through his relationship with Weidman, that I was part of it, and that I was representing way long ago. And it was just, it was really, it was really hard to hear. Like, I, I didn't have a response. It was just, it was such craziness. I said, I'm going to delete it now. And I did. I took it down. Not very many people heard it, but we haven't spoke since. That's just what happened. Holy shit. I mean, in a way... You know I love you, right? I actually consider you one of my closest friends in this I business. Am. And uh, you went so inside baseball there that I don't even think ninety nine percent of the audience knows anything that you like. They don't know Troy here. Right. I mean, Troy is the yeah. guy, my producer, ESPN. That but, works. But the one percent will love that. Yes, that was great. That was the Weidman thing. <laughs> it was You're right. tremendous. All right. Well, uh, I guess it was a big deal to me. I mean, Douglas is 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 a big part of my company. He's a big part of my social life. I mean, I, I start the I go all day yes. visiting, and for him to just you know just decides unilaterally. I had some business things with his son, but they went really well. It was in crypto. I'm pretty good at crypto. I mean, they were getting some pretty big checks. That all got cut off. A relationship with his mother, with his with his girlfriend. That all got. They all took his side. It's like guys, you can't be rational enough to tell him this doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. First off, you don't know why that was edited. Second off, you don't know whose call it was. But in the most salacious of circumstances, it couldn't be bad. In your most creative and salacious of circumstance, why that audio was edited, it couldn't be bad. Could be all the way down to a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. It was deliberate. But it couldn't be bad. You couldn't even create a scenario where it was nefarious. Ended. 15-year friendship. That's crazy. He'll come That's not cool. Yeah, I know. I mean, I always thought it was kind of weird that you were friends with him to begin with, if I'm being honest, but um, maybe it's for the best. Sorry. I tell you, I thought it was deeper, though. You wonder yeah. why I was there for him in some of his hard times? I thought the relationship was deeper. And and yeah. there's there's no one I more loyal. There's no, no one more I loyal than you. coming back on green. It's like, oh, he's blocked me. Wow. Uh, well, I'm sorry about that. On a positive note, um, and I won't keep you much longer, I promise, but I do want to ask you about Saturday. What was that like being among... You know, some people who you idolize, right? I mean, there's Randy in there. You know, there's legends there who were before your time. To be a part of that scene, to be in there, you know, I was a little bit critical. I thought you guys should have come out first. I thought, you know, I don't know if you saw that. You know, I, should, I thought they should have done like a whole pride thing. But in the end, it was beautiful. Hence the reason why I wanted up there forever. Uh, what was it like for you? Well, I love the suggestion you just had. You know, that was all done by Coker. He didn't have like a producer, a director, a creative arm doing it. He, he, all of that was done by, he's the one that called each and every one of us, got us in that section. He personally walked over. He personally said, here's when you're going to go in. So I only share that because he'd probably really like that idea you just said. That would, 
uh, be pretty cool. And for me, yeah, it was great. Yeah, well, those are the guys that I look up to, you know. So, yeah, to be there with Dan and be there with Randy and be able to share that moment, you know. I was a big wrestling fan before I was a fight fan, so I followed Mark Coleman. I followed him all, you know, to the Olympic Games and in, in 1992. So to be there, and I sat right next to Matt Hughes. I got to catch up a lot. By the way, Matt, it's not a way to say this that's overly sensitive, so forgive me in advance. I got to tell you, Errol, it, he's great. I mean, he he can think like it might take him a second to to, to get it. He's doing really good from a mental standpoint. Cool. I was talking about the Midlands back in 1994, weight classes, opponents, scores. He remembered it all. Uh, and I thought that was cool. I think that people would like to hear that. When that I is- text with Matt, he gets right back to you. It's all spelled correctly. Yeah, his 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 mind is doing a lot better than I think some of the reports said. Any um, is it like kind of wild? Like, how did I end up here? Do you have a moment like that? Like, these are the guys, these are the legends. And I know for a minute, like maybe you thought that, oh, do I do I belong here? You do belong here, um, or there. And if there was a Hall of Fame, you would be in the Hall of Fame. But I'm just, I'm wondering if there's any part of you that has like this sort of like, because I know the way you think, an imposter syndrome, where you're like, I do. You, do you feel that way, or, or do, you, do you puff your chest out and you're like, no, f yeah, I I, I do belong among these guys. No, no, I felt that way. Okay. I, I felt like Whoa, this is the, really the class of the who's who. And, uh, you know, though, though they were kind of the same age, their opportunity came first. So their their career and lives in this kind of came before mine. I think we all as humans tend to look to the guys that came before us and think that they're better. So, yeah, I do look at those guys. Those were the guys whose tapes I was watching. Those were the guys I was trying to break down. But I have had those moments in my career, Ariel. You know, be, being with a, a walk that I always admired and then, real boy, I'm right here with the same walk. And, and it is... Uh, uh, awesome. Quite frankly, when that happens, it's awesome. Can I ask you about something that has been on my mind? And some people get mad when I bring this up, but you love it and I love it. And we love this part of the game. You know, we had a little bit of a debate a few months back about uh, who's the best promoter in combat sports. And, and you maintain it's still Dana White. And, you know, I respect you for, for that opinion. Uh, I mean, do you know where I'm going with this? I don't know, but the mere fact that you would phrase the question like possibly it's not Dana White, I do find funny. But please, finish your point, and then I'll ridicule you. Go ahead. On the dais, Saturday night, people want to offer a million excuses. Oh, yeah, a big fight on Saturday in uh, in Perth, Western Australia. Forgets <laughs> Islam's name, the supposed number two, pound for pound, forgets his name. Then is on the McAfee show yesterday, doesn't say his name. I don't know if this is personal or not, because Islam, uh, you know— criticize the promotion or that lack thereof but this is i mean come on where's the passion where's the fire where's the this is the reason why like these guys need the fire right they're not household names i don't buy for a second that this is gonna this she said this is this is challenging a connor fight in terms of pay-per-view sales it's not there's no way it's maybe my most anticipated fight of the first quarter but there's no way just because you know they're not the biggest names and they would tell you that themselves how how could you defend this how could you defend this type of lack of promotion and I think this topic ties in with your last one. I think Dana is as guilty as what you suggested that I do, where you end up in a situation and don't quite know where you fit in. He forgets he's the boss. He forgets he he's the most powerful. He forgets that his words could hurt somebody while they're, you know, he's like, well, you said it about me. I didn't care. So yeah, but the positions are different. He misses that. I mean, he's just a street kid from Boston on the inside. He, he does forget that sometimes. And I share that with you because I don't think that he had to argue. When on Jim Roman, he, and he argued against Makhlchev's, uh, statement that it was being underpromoted, and yeah. Dana really laid his case out. I mean, he took that offended him. You're acting as though I wouldn't do my job. It offended him. Go, no, Dana, wait a minute. First off, we don't really know what Michael Chev's uh, said or meant, right? That's through interpreters. Second, uh, and, and I think I think maybe even more importantly is 
it wasn't a direct insult, but that's how Dana took, you know, this is a destination fight and I bring this together and somehow I'm not, I'm not doing my end of it. Uh, and I don't know that what Michael Chet was wrong from his perspective. I mean, I can tell you here in Oregon, where I live, we have not promoted the fight. Now, on a national scale, we have. And Dana argued that on an international scale was more where it was and that Michael Chet was stuck in a Dagestan gym. I, I wouldn't know the difference, but I think what Michael Chet said was helpful. I mean, it got us talking about it days later. There's nothing more helpful in press than something that has a carryover effect. So I thought he could have taken it a different way. It surprised me that he he really wanted to defend that. But by the way, it's not 1991. You know, if he's in a in a gym in Dagestan or in an igloo in Antarctica, we all have a phone, and this is the way fights are promoted these days: YouTube channels, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. So to say, oh, he doesn't know what we're doing over here. What is that? Like, what 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 is it going to be on? It's going to be on the uh, CBS channel this evening at eleven o'clock. They're going to run a promo. Like, what is he talking about? That's how fights are promoted here: YouTube. Twitter, Instagram, social media. So I just thought the excuse or the retort was a little bit flat. And in fact, if I'm Islam, I'm actually a little bit more offended by that excuse. What, in, in Dagestan, I can't gauge whether or not this is being promoted? If you look at their feed right now, 75% is about some slap league, right? It's yeah. more about slap league than it is about 284 and, and Islam and, and Volk. I'll share this that your audience might find uh, interesting, but Dana will talk before fights about how this is trending, where this is going to go. This is going to be the biggest ever. Just to share some of those numbers, that's not just an opinion or see how many likes and comments there are, though likes and comments are helpful. There's also something called commercial sales. Now, a commercial sale would be a local bar that's going to hold the event. So they got to go through Joe Hand promotions. They got to order that early. They can't order it the night of like a fight fan at home can just push it. They got to order it early. So then you track your commercial sale. Oh, wow. We've got more than ever, or we're in third most in there. I'm just sharing with you where, where the promoter does start to have a good idea. Only Dana knows how quick that venue sold out. Only Dana knows if they had to adjust ticket prices, if they gave them to DJs, or if they sold them and they sold them in advance. So I, I'll just share with you, there are some trends that you really can follow. Can't remember a time that Dana White has bluffed. So for him to come out and say this is uh, trending to be a top five fight ever, could even compete with... Connor. Connor's got records one through 10, just so you understand. And the first three, he came in and beat it himself. So they only do a 10 list, but he's he's got them all. He got those after I retired, though, I should tell you. Sure. I had a couple of them. He came in, though, and so Dana does have a pretty good basis. And if Islam didn't have that and Dana got defensive and want to correct it to Rome, he's, he's just a human. I don't know that he was wrong. Love you. One of your all-time great appearances except for saying you can't remember the last time Dana White bluffed. I mean, he literally just said Francis Ngannou was scared of John Jones, among a thousand other things over the past few months. But other than that line, I thought you were on, I thought this was a, an A-plus appearance. Am I wrong? Your suggestion that Dana White, who has won 14 out of 14 Man of the Year awards, the yeah. same award that you, my friend, are 14 and 13, 14. 13, 13, 13. It's not greatly a debate. He just happens to be the best at this. I wish that you wouldn't look silly. It's not a legacy. I'm not talking about legacy. Audience knew that you were fair and objective. It's not a legacy title right now. I'm saying who right now is the best. It's like if I say right now Alex Volkanovsky is the best pound for pound fighter in the world, it doesn't take anything away from Anderson Silva or Fyodor or GSP. I'm talking about right now. There was once a time where that was the case. It's no longer the case. And this is example... 3,498. I get the distinction. I understand your point, And I stand with DW. 
<laughs> I told Mysterious Frank, my audio guy beforehand, I was like, can you can you count how many times Chael, because you're the only person I know that does this, and it's why I love you, physically, manually crosses your leg. You're the only person I know that actually physically has to cross his own leg. How many times do you think he did it, Frank, 17. today? 17 is the count. 17 times in this spot. This is one of the many reasons why we love you. Check out Chael Sonnen, his YouTube channel, you know it. The podcast, you know it. The Instagram, the Twitter, still not following me, by the way, all these years later. You don't follow anyone. You don't even look at your DMs. Hey, I'm going to send you my glasses tonight, by the way. All right, I feel, I feel like you've been trying to get rid of me. Goodbye, turkey. My attorney will be in touch. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, is there anything better than that? I wish I could hug this guy. Is there anything better than Chael P. Sonnen? Chael P. on a Wednesday? I mean, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. There's, there's nothing... There's very few things I enjoy more in this life right now than talking to that guy. And and I will say this, I don't know about all the stuff that he was talking about with uh his friend Douglas Crosby, but honestly, you could you could say say what you want. I know maybe he's not everyone cu- cup of tea and all that stuff. I have not met a more loyal friend than Chael Sonnen in my life. That guy is as solid as can be as far as friendship and loyalty. Trust me. Take my word. And I've spoken a little bit about this over the years. That guy is unbelievable in terms of loyalty. Next level. So great stuff. We hit a lot there. Wow. We covered a lot. Just tremendous. It's one It's one of my regrets um, from my time at ESPN that, that that show was just on ESPN Plus. So international viewers couldn't watch it. Um, but it, it was that every week. It was that every week. Maybe one day. The band will get back together on an official basis. Uh, let me answer the last two questions, and then we'll get to all the uh, the weekend stuff, if that's okay. Uh, thank you very much to all our guests. Let's go to our boy, Abay. Abay. Hello, Ariel. He didn't say your boy, Abay. Oh, he says that at the end. My bad. A uh, couple quick ones today. Firstly, with both Leon versus Usman and Pereira versus Izzy. Who has the more adjustments to make and mentally more to overcome? The guy that knows he won slash dominated the majority of the fight but still got finished or vice versa? The guy who lost large parts but knows that he has the equalizer? It's 100% Izzy. Izzy also has the two previous losses. Leon, as he said on the show, no elements, got the confidence, finished him. Usman's actually battling more going into that fight because he just got knocked out. So in this case, what you're presenting, it's 100% Izzy. Secondly, what's next for the African Kings if they lose again? Ironically, both losing clears the way for an Usman jump to 85, I suppose. Although, I mean, there's other killers up there too and who says that he's going to be as effective at 85, especially if he's relying on wrestling. Uh, we know he wants to go up because he has been talking about fighting Jan when he was 205 champ. Always thought that that was very, very silly. So I feel he'd fancy a fight against Pereira at 85. You're going to see a lot of wrestlers who feel like they fancy a fight versus Pereira. But I mean, he's freaking terrifying. You got to still get him down and then keep him down, not get hit first. Lastly, to answer a point from last week, if Izzy wins, they should try to make Izzy versus Drikus Duplessis in Africa. Ah, that's not a bad shout. South Africa versus uh, Nigeria. Not a bad shout. What do you and the boys think? Much love your boy, Bay. Yeah, love that. Not a bad shout at all. Last one, Chris Gardner. G'day, Ariel. What is the absolute cutoff to the minute you and the mates 
feel comfortable entering these before their closing time. Interesting. A restaurant. Well, it depends if we're taking out or sitting. I guess an hour, right? You need an hour? No, I feel like you could do it in 30 minutes. I mean, it really depends. When when it's a restaurant before closing time, it really depends on the restaurant. They're the ones who tell you if there's enough time or not. Retail store. I, I could get it done in five minutes, real st- retail store. Grocery store is an interesting one because I feel like when I go to the grocery store, I go for one thing and then I end up with 400 things. And so I have to resist the urge to not get all... If, if you're going for a singular reason and there's five minutes left and I need, you know, apples, bananas, milk, whatever, then cool. If I'm going just to peruse and do like a full shopping then yeah, you can't go with five minutes left. I actually thought that what he was going to ask me was the cutoff for a birthday wish. What do you guys think is the cutoff for a birthday wish? I say 10 a.m. Is that psychotic behavior? 10 a.m. seems aggressively early. (laughs) I say if you... You're you're saying anything after 10 a.m. It's just like, shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't even have wished it. Now look, I I appreciate the effort, but it goes a long way. You wake up to that text because you know then that person puts you in their calendar you're top of mind, one of the first things they did on that morning. No, they're getting it out of the way because they don't want to think about it for and the rest of the day. By the way, night. totally appreciate that as well. So at midnight, you know, 11.59, hey, I hope you had a good birthday. Oof, that is brutal. That's best. That is brutal. Really? No, I, I do it first thing in the morning because I just, the anxiety is too much. I'm like, whatever, it's your birthday here. I've acknowledged it. Can we move on? And how do you feel about the text versus the phone call? I prefer the text, but unfortunately with some family members, you have to call them. For me, it's just mom, dad, grandparents, phone call, even brothers. And it just, we talk all the time. What do we need a whole phone call? We don't need a whole state of the union address on your life. They don't want to give it. More often than not, you don't want to hear it. So you just, you know, you get on with it. Hey, man. To that point. Yes. I'm soft and weak and I still do it, but I kind of prefer, don't even text me. Wow. And I'm not texting you. Oh, that's that. okay. That's messed uh, up, man. The worst is when you're I actually don't. I don't even mind the phone calls when you're celebrating don't somebody's birthday me. with them, and they're like, "Oh, I have to take this call." Someone's way. It's like Rio. They're not here. Like we're here. Turn I the phone off. that that to me is weird. Like I really like the idea, especially when it's an old friend, a high school friend. Well, I guess there's there's two there's two POVs. The old friend feels great, and then the work friend. It's like, oh, this person actually cares about me. So I don't know, like, how could you feel they're that doing, way? They're doing it to conform to social conventions <laughs> that I don't think are necessary. What is we the social can, convention? We can eliminate that. Wishing don't really care. a happy birthday to your friend is a social convention? You see somebody in person, you say, happy birthday, different, right? I, You know, I'm here with you, we're celebrating, it makes sense. The text is just because you're expecting the text. They're only doing the text because you're expecting the text. How good oh, does it make them really feel? I, I disagree. Eh. If it's one of my close friends, I want to talk to them and wish them a happy birthday. A That's day fine. of celebration. So, they feel special. You want to make them feel special. Kind of like going to Alamo Draft all, House. Yeah. All, oh, Sorry, what was that for? Frank's, <laughs> Frank's trying to unearth some things. All for it, Connor. If it makes you feel good, go for it. I personally don't need it. Don't, don't need it. Thanks, but no thanks. Don't right. it. I appreciate what about, it. What about I'll from, cross you off the calendar? No, I'm I'm not doing that. Uh, what about um, what about a parent? I what mean, about it? My parents are going to call me, like whether I want them to or not. Oh, so are my brothers. Uh, no, no, that that feels good and all, but like I'm wondering from your Rick's perspective, you you call your parents, right? 
if I if, <laughs> if I wow. feel like it, hey, thanks for birthing me. Happy birthday! What whatever. if you feel if like I'm, it? Look, if I'm at their house and it's their birthday, great. Let's talk. Let's chop gift? it up. Gift? Do you send a gift or anything? See, gift is different. Gift is different. There's a gift replaces a happy birthday. A gift completely replaces a happy birthday. I think you're expected to do both. By the way, yeah, like, I'm so a, I'm my mom flowers, my dad something. I'm a big gift fan of the no, the no gift. Don't I don't need a gift. Don't give me a gift. Oh, I, see, I'm opposite. Oh, yeah. See, I actually agree with Rick here. I think the gift is... The gift goes much further than an empty happy birthday text. I'm a big gift giver. I love especially if like so it much shows pressure. up the day of. The gift is or maybe so much pressure. Oh, yeah. What if it's a gift from Amazon and you paid extra for them to wrap it? Yeah, five dollars. Yeah, yeah, I've care. done it. I just I don't know. Like, it uh, feels like a drop. Any shipping. sort of gift, even if it's uh, you know, a five dollar trinket, it goes further than an empty text message. See, okay, so Connor, now you added the word empty. See, now now we're cooking with fire here because this is my position. It no. is. It is. It has been conditioned into you to make this feel significant. Give them a gift. See them in person. These are the nice touches. These are the things that show thoughtfulness. The HBD text. I've uh, actually received those. It. I've received a yo HBD before. I'm just like, skip. this is pointless. That's whack. Yeah. No, that's like, why. Yeah, but I don't do that. Yep. I, I, I try to be sincere. I'll say, like, I hope it's a wonderful year ahead. I'm a health, the same. I'm the same. Uh, just something like that. Now, HBD is whack. I mean, don't Thinking even Thinking of you today, man. Like, I hope you have a great day. Yeah. What's wrong you with know? that? Hopefully, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Then you got to send the more sincere one. Yeah, send them a gift. Do you know, you know nice. what's funny about the gift thing? I don't want to receive any gifts, and I don't necessarily want to give anyone any gifts. <laughs> but when it's, it's this feels like the latter is more important to you. You don't mind receiving gifts, but you definitely don't want to well, have. I feel to like give that's them. a little unfair. Um, I would I just, actually see Ariel's the other way around. Uh, but I will say this: I go freaking all out for my kids' gifts. I mean, they get like ten. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a whole another. That's a whole another. But uh, I mean, that's just. In fact, I was even having a conversation with my wife. My my son's birthday is next week, and I was like, "Hey, what are we getting? Uh, what are we getting Walter for his birthday?" And she was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. I already got 10 gifts in the freaking attic waiting for him. You know, like, I just go nuts. Wow, you set up just to slam dunker yeah, yeah. on how terrible. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, that's messed up. That's messed up. Dad of the year over uh, here. Yeah, that's right. Dad of the year. Uh, maybe that's not husband up. of the year. Uh, but yeah. yes, I was uh, I was very proud. Of the, this year in particular, I'm very excited about the gifts. But uh, yes, I love giving them gifts. Anyone else, you know. To me, I think That's the text okay. means just as much. The thinking, by the way, you have to admit a seven thirty a.m., eight a.m. text on the on the morning of the birthday. Someone's like, "Oh, damn, Ariel really likes me." I do agree with that. I also think there's levels to the phone call too. Like, if you're not that close with the person and like you see them calling you, you're like, oh. "Ah, why?" Like, do we need to do this? But like, if it's your good friend, then I look for it. Doesn't you even happen. I don't want to. I don't want to think about all these. I don't want to think about all these things and factor in all this nonsense. I'm opting out. I'm I'm good. Here's, no here's call, where, no text. Enjoy the gift. Conscience here's server. where I'll side with you, Rick. Unless I unless I am really close with the person, I feel no guilt about missing someone's birthday. Yes. Like if like if it's just one of my even just friends, like I, I will only feel guilty if it's a family member or a very close friend if I miss their birthday. If your friendship can't survive not seeing the happy birthday text, that ain't a friend. I, the, the, Sorry. If, if there's like a if there's a, a super tight, long history, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, if, I'm just, if I'm very close with them, then yeah, I'll feel guilty. I'll, yeah, I'll feel guilty, or I'll feel some sort of way if they don't write to me. No, just to write. Just to, I don't want. I don't want. I just want like, yeah, what's up? Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, I, I want to say it doesn't bother me, but yeah, like sounds it, you know. Sounds like you're on one extreme, I'm on the other. Connor's somewhere in the middle, and Frank is mysterious as always. So, can we talk? Frank Frank just wants us to go to Alamo Draft House with him. Can we, do, can <laughs> we quickly talk about the uh, the FaceTime call? The FaceTime call oh, is weird, no, right? Yeah. That's like a grandparent thing. Okay. I? Oh, I completely disagree. I think uh, FaceTime is is like a both <laughs> end of the spectrum. I think very young people do it, and I think very old people do it. Love FaceTimes. What's the, oh, what's the context? You mean just a random FaceTime call, a or related to Happy like, Birthday? This is a no. Well, happy birthday is one thing like the the facetime the facetime happy birthday call from a non-parent is just completely insane completely insane but there are <laughs> you some, just mean a random face yes there are some people who want to face i'm like no i don't want to facetime right now i really don't if, i i want nothing well, to, i, I really remember i uh i had to facetime you one time to show you something but that's yeah. not yeah. a birthday uh, you were like you were like, oh, God, what is this? A FaceTime? Really just taking a big leap in the He literally says that every time you call. Did so. I say that? I, <laughs> yeah. I think that's unfair. You I was in like, the car. Jeez, wasn't No, I was all sweaty and shit. Wasn't I in the car when you FaceTimed me? Yeah. But it was it was necessary. I needed to Yeah, FaceTime. okay, that's fine. If you, I would have sent you a Snapchat, but you know. <laughs> Listen. If you need to show. If you need to show, is, yes. But if you just want to talk, I will say this. A lot of fighters like to do it. And they want to FaceTime. I'm like... Face with, like with my friends, I may FaceTime first, and then if Shame. they don't answer, I then called I'll call. Ariel really? this morning. I love FaceTime. Yeah, you did dude, call me this morning. I'm like, I hope I didn't catch you at a bad time. And what do you say? You did. <laughs> yeah, it is a bad time. And I'm like, all right, I can call you back. I'm a, I'm a phone call and FaceTime over text person for sure. There was a period in my life. Let's talk. And and when it, when it relates to work, I don't know if it's PTSD. Anyone who calls me, just want to let you guys know, and and I would say this to New York Rick all the time, especially in the ESPN era. I suspect it's bad yeah. news. It's mm-hmm. like, does it go I, the other way around too? Though, like today, I thought you were calling me to tell me you're you're not coming in or something. Oh, that would be bad news for you. Yeah, of course it would be bad news. Who the hell? Clearly, else we would is have a screw up my microphone. Ju- oh wow, <laughs> wow! I'm gonna turn this one down. Um, no, but I I I I mean, a hundred percent. Expect the worst. So if I see Ariel Hawane pop up on my phone, I should start sweating. I'm not the one who is... Uh, the bearer of that. Yeah, news. I'm not that guy. I mean, I'm just, you know, sometimes just checking in. But uh, I have been programmed to think that if it's work-related, nope. it's yeah, bad news. Let me, let me give you a, a counterpoint or a devil's advocate for that. Sure. If you had been getting more calls from people and answering them and enjoying answering them that weren't bad news... You wouldn't assume that every call you get is bad news. Uh, Are these people calling me on my birthday? Are these people even calling me on my birthday so I could break that habit? Probably not. (laughs) Sounds like you got a call from Frank. It sounds like you got a call from Connor. I mean, it's... Frank didn't call me on my birthday. Of course, I said something to you, I'm sure. Calling you in general. But I'm just saying, if Frank is the guy who's calling me for this and that, then yes, I'm like, oh, this is just another call. But he isn't. He's calling me when there's bad news. (laughs) <laughs> what was the bad news this morning, Frank? Tell just, us. It, it, it doesn't matter, but I needed but, but a timely the way, answer. By the way, by the way Frank, was it, was, it good news? News? was it good or bad? It was m- mediocre. <laughs> there mediocre. you go. All so right, there you know go. what? You've, you've been confirmed, Ariel. I, I can't, I can't uh, argue against it. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, and I appreciate everyone who has sent in questions. We're going to uh, do the Parlay Pals for the first time ever without one New York Rick in a moment. But first... A quick word from our good friends over at... Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. 
Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Here we are. Oh, look at this. What is that? It's an Australian core cat is what it said. Weird. Yeah, they swing it and it knocks the bugs out. Oh, my Got God. Got the flag in the back. This is amazing. Yeah, it's great I've never stuff. seen this before. Have you ever seen this near Craig? No, but I immediately want one. It's incredible. That. So there's oh, I mean, bugs. It's so fantastic. it's like for people out and about in the outback. Yeah, that's what it said on uh, on Google. Yeah, you, you turn your head and it knocks the bugs away with the corks. Yeah, I mean, it's. I hope that it's really a real thing. I know. And, not just... and everyone's like, yeah, we haven't used those since like 1942. Can I tell you guys something? When I was in Melbourne, Australia. Nice. You sound like a local. Not to be confused with Melbourne, as uh, you tourists like to say. For the Ronda Rousey-Holly Home fight, UFC 193, November of 2015, I have never been subjected to more flies in my life. The amount of flies that were in that city was, it was like an infestation. So this feels like I mean, some... Let's get you one of these. I mean, look at this. It's its branded. I mean, uh, oh, wow, the light's really you know, yeah. killing it. It says Australia dude. on it. Although Australia, it's... kangaroo, it's got the shape of it. It's a little on the nose. Yeah. Like what? The brand is Australia? That's the brand? Like the Corks weren't a dead giveaway that this is from Australia. I mean, would you know that it was an Australian thing? Yeah, I could. I mean, with the flag. Yeah, I guess with the flag. Um, Been drinking flat whites all week. Yeah. Um, So uh, do we have all the things for the the watch party set? Like all the... uh, Oh, yeah. I've had them. I've been staring at them. Oh, my God. The Bundabergs, the Tim Tams, the Vegemite. What's a Bundaberg? Uh, It's like a ginger beer. Ginger beer, wow! Yeah, yeah, got got flamed. I, I I don't know if you picked up on it. I I personally was being kind of sarcastic about the Fosters last week. I picked it's, up on it. It's kind of an American based beer. I did not uh, pick up on that. Oh man, yeah, I I was I got quite a few messages letting me know that people that were upset. Is, oh yeah, mm. though it is. I mean, a direct translation: Fosters is Australian for beer. Oh, from um, that, yeah, commercial so, Fosters, Australian for beer. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, no, it is not. It is not. They say no one drinks it there. So what's worse, saying that or saying that you're going to have like a traditional Australian meal and you're going to go to the Outback Steakhouse? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I've done both. So is uh, the Outback Steakhouse Australian? No, it's, no, it's American as it gets. No, it's, but is it supposed to be Australian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an American-based Australian cuisine. What is Australian cuisine? Casual. Well, from the times I've been there, that's like a steak. Steaks <laughs> and blooming onions. Mm. And foster. It is not Australian. Have any of you ever yeah, been to Australia? No, but I want to go incredibly bad. Bucket list. I was, I was there for UFC 243. I was in Sydney. Oh, I'm so this jealous. Guy. Oh, that was uh, Robert Whitaker and Izzy. Yep. By the way, how do we feel about uh, Whitaker and uh, Hamzat? Love it. Love it, love it, love it. I actually reached out to Hamzat, by the way. into the veins. Yes, Let's go. Let's get Hamzat a fight, man. I was yes. Asked, I wanted to Against know. Whitaker, God. too? Sign me up. Love both those guys. No, nothing. I asked Just him. Just get Hamzat a damn fight. Who cares who it's against? Whitaker responded today, supposedly, and, and said that he's down for it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah Speaking like, to Submission Radio. Shout out to those guys. Yeah. Shout out to Submission Radio. Uh, yeah. Love it. Love that fight. 
All right, guys. Uh, it's time to uh, make our picks. New York, how do you feel about being the uh, the oh, odd man out? Are, are do you want my the... Do you want my real answer or my, or my fake answer? Are we gonna get the Zoom ding? I want uh, both. Early this week. Yeah, you're just out. You're not even sticking around to see what we pick. You couldn't. I mean, I'll stick around. Rick, you have to. If stay. You guys want me to, but it's nice to not have to think wow, about this. Wow, wow. It's great. Yeah, I love when wow. my friends say stuff like that. Yeah, take a little Stick vacation. Doesn't, doesn't text oh, on no, birthday and then pieces out on a parlay. I get it. Don't worry, I'll be I'll be rooting for you guys, but sure. just not my problem for now. I was involved in all of the parlay picks while I was mysterious franked. What do you mean you were involved in them? Yeah, I mean, I was still you, here. You took one of them no. just to try and spite us, and then you know. Just, just don't go. You mean anywhere. involved, as in like you? Like were, I was you in, on, on the show. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were sitting right over oh, there. Right. Where I mean, I had the choice. <laughs> what are you I'm tune here, us out, Frank? I don't know if you know. Like, I'm, I'm looking at the camera right now. I'm right here. Hi, Rick. Enjoy. All right, let's do it. Some good picks. Let's do it. Let's. Yeah. There's the randomizer. <laughs> oh, that was it. No, no, no. no. Super oh. quick this time. It hasn't been randomized yet. Okay. Uh, the old. Uh, Wait a minute. That, is that your job? I mean, I, it was. I mean, you weren't doing anything. I don't know what's it's not on. moving. It's just <laughs> a static. My, uh, my computer froze. Oh my! Uh, quick, let's blame Frank for this one too. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, that to, is uh, reconnect to the internet. Oh as we speak. gosh! I mean, there's three of us. I think we can. I mean, this is a this is a disaster right now. I mean, you want to just go with that? Shout out to Wave, uh, the internet here. At, uh, you just say the name of the SSID. And, uh, yeah, this is just... Uh, just go with that order, whatever that was. All right. It's Connor, Connor Frank. Frank. Oh, man. I love it. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. Frank, how do you feel about that? I mean, it is what it is. All right, let's see. I think I think uh, Frank's got a, got a few... Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll kick us off. This is this is quite simple. I mean, we don't need to make a whole show of this. It's it's easy. It's on the shirt. Oh, that was the Shout one I was going to. Damn it! Shout out to the man Jack Della, Don Giacomo. That was my pick. Minus three twenty-five. There it is. That was my pick, Frank. Oh man, what are you going to pick now? So now are we going to go through the whole card? Uh, that was my pick. <laughs> are you to be honest ask with you. the chat. <laughs> Uh, you go, you go, Frank. Um, all right, well, I'm gonna go. <laughs> What's so funny? I don't know, I'm sorry. Why are you laughing? Are you nervous? A little bit. Jack Jenkins. <laughs> okay, why? Why am I picking Jack Jenkins? Yeah. Because. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. I'm sorry. Um. Why is he laughing so much? I'm, I'm not allowed to laugh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's go back to you now. <laughs> okay, you're going with Jack Jenkins. That is a good angle. Yeah, um, I like that. Jack Jenkins, who last I checked, is uh, is a minus three sixty going up against Don Shanus, who's a plus two ninety five. You really like this pick, Frank? It's a perfect pick. This is your pick. That's the pick. Were you hoping that I would take longer for you, or no? I just I, I just wanted some sort of explanation as to why you're going with him, but uh, apparently you don't want to offer one. Ariel, if you really want JDM, I I got I got a prop I can throw out there. What is it? Just curious. <laughs> Jimmy Crude, Alonzo Menafield doesn't go to a decision. Oh, these uh, these make me so nervous. I hate these. Um, <laughs> I mean, the Derek Lewis speedback one was just kicking yeah. up material. Uh, I am leaning towards Tyson Pedro at home. But, you know, Modestus is back. Modestus is back. Short notice-ish. Tyson Pedro's look good. Is there any boxing I could do? I'm usually good on those um, because the odds are so big. 
Yeah, I think Ray Vargas is fighting, but you're not gonna. Get oh, that's a big, a big one. Um, and no, you can't pick a Super Bowl pick. <laughs> Imagine. What? By the way, what? What are the odds in the Jimmy Crew fight? Oh wow, minus one ninety, huh? <clears throat> it's a close one. Just trying to. I was just trying to make some conversation to buy me some time here. Yeah, yeah, yeah picking up anything. on. Uh, I will <laughs> just say to you, uh, yeah. if Alonzo Minifield and Jimmy Crew doesn't get a decision, I'll, I'll let it hang over your head. You know, I just offered it out there. Okay, okay. Uh, I am push comes to shove, going to go with. Wait, I just want to look at one quick thing <laughs> oh my here. Gosh. Why? Why? What's? Yeah, what's I don't the know problem? why this is. Uh, there was one guy. I, want, I just wanted to look at what this guy has done as of late. Uh, one particular fighter. Should I say his name? I mean, there's no one else, right? Um, you know, let's be honest. There's a lot of sort of lesser-known talent here. That, that actually is true. If you go on UFC.com and you look at the card, there is like uh, probably five or six where it's just the shadow figure. Yeah. And they don't even have the picture. Of okay, it. so I'm leaning towards either Jamie Malarkey against Francisco Prado. Uh, Prado's undefeated, but Malarkey, you know, fighting at home has looked good as of late. The loss to Jalen Turner, nothing to, you know, hang your head about. Or... Close one against Michael Johnson. Clayton Rodriguez against Shannon Ross. Hate going against uh, an Australian in Australia. Don't mind Clayton. Not one bit. You like that one better? I'm not going to make the pick for you. I I, I bet on, on Clayton. Hate going against an Rick. I mean, can you help me out here? Do you got anything for me? I hate going against an Australian. God bless. <laughs> can I ask you a question? Okay, you know what? I think I got it. I think I got it. I'm just looking at the prop right here. Oh, I got it. Wait, can I do? Can I do the main event over one and a half? Yeah. What is yeah, that? Absolutely. Uh, main event over one and a half. That gets minus 320, gets our parlay to minus 119. There it is. The DraftKings folks are going to love this. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be joining the parlay with us. Oh, yeah. DraftKings is going to love this. Uh, we were hoping for a little yeah. plus one. Okay, that's my house. pick. Over one and a half. I was going to go crazy and pick uh, Volkanovsky, but... Okay, nice. So we got JDM, we got Jack Jenkins, and, and we got over one and a half. I like that. All right. I like that. That's uh, there it is. Now, what about your full picks? My full picks. Let me uh, bring them up, and we can we can dive right in as I readjust the screen here. You know, we're really having a lot of technical issues. What's right happening here. over there? We're we're down in the outback. We're losing service. You know how it is. I am going the land down under. All right, we're ready now. Let's dive right in. Mm-hmm. Of course, oh, you know, yes. we got to do the special graphics for it, uh, and we will start. You mentioned Jamie Malarkey. Uh, going up against Francisco Prado. I think this one is going to be fantastic. I, I mean, Malarkey comes in and chucks him. Like, last four fights, either he has gotten knocked down or his opponent has knocked him down. Three of them ended in KOs. I mean, just like going back and watching some of his fights, I was on him against Devontae Smith. The way that he just came back, melted him to get that finish. I mean, it was just fantastic. Francisco Prado, watch a little bit of his tape. You talk about Jeez Louise. I mean, dude comes in, finishes on the mind, 11-0. You mentioned it. Eight of those coming in the first round. Never seen the scorecards before. Hits hard. He's got a pretty dangerous ground game. Uh, only problem I have with him, he has fought pretty low-level competition in Samurai Fight, Samurai Fight House in Argentina. This is a big step up for him against Jamie Malarkey. Maybe he's just that good. Maybe he comes in and finishes Malarkey in the first round like he has to most of his opponents, or maybe 
the step up in competition is too big and he gets finished by malarkey. Either way, I see someone getting finished here. Combined between them, 31 professional fights, 27 of them have gone under the two and a half, and you're going to give me minus 145 on that. I will take that gladly. Moving on, you almost picked them. Clayton Rodriguez, not a ton to explain here. It's a flyweight fight, undefeated on the year. A lot of people coming at me about the road to UFC flyweight fight. Not a real UFC, not a real UFC fight. UFC fights flyweight unders stay undefeated. Four and zero. Shout out to Tatsuro Tyra. So we will be taking the under in this one. Uh, I also did take Clutton Rodriguez money line. Shannon Ross. He lost on Dana White contender series appendicitis, ruptured appendix, serious injury. Didn't make a good showing for himself, but even beyond that, I'm not overly impressed with him. I think Kletzen Rodriguez bounces back from the loss to C.J. Vergara, gets it done, and I think he gets it done by finish. Next up, oh, man, doesn't get much better than this. Oh, yeah. Shout-out to my man, Double P's, Parker Porter, Parker Porker, (laughs) coming in here, repping New Britain, Connecticut, flying all the way down under to rep New Britain, Connecticut. I used to be a resident there repping Hartford, repping the 860. You know all about that. Here's what I'll say. Three and two so far in the octagon. All three wins coming by way of decision. Justin Taffa, he loses by decision when he fights in the octagon. Some stats for you about Parker Porter. Top 10 heavyweight division all-time strikes landed per 15 minutes, and he put on a top five heavyweight division performance in significant strikes landed in a fight when he put on his master class against Chase Sherman. What he's going to do, I don't know if he's going to win, but what he is going to do, he's going to come in and try to win. If it goes all 15 minutes, he's going to throw 200-plus some strikes. He's going to go for six, seven, eight takedowns. Don't know how successful he's going to be, but he is going to at least try. Justin Taffa, he's 5-3. and three. He got 30-27 by Jared Vandera. Jared Vandera, for a heavyweight, fights in a very similar style to Parker Porter. Just relentless motor, throws as many strikes as he possibly can. Except Jared Vandera, as much as I've wanted to, as many sub-props as I've taken on that black belt, he doesn't go for takedowns. Parker Porter can mix in the takedowns as well. I could see this being a problem for Justin Taffa. It's not like Taffa has been that impressive. And I do, lastly, just want to throw this out here. You see the pick is Parker Porter by decision. If you bet $100... On Parker Porter to win by decision every single time he fought in the <laughs> UFC. Five fights for him. Five fights. You would be up. You would have profited $1,200. Wow. Yeah, you heard that correctly. $1,200. Two losses. You lose $100 when he fought Jelton, when he fought Chris Dawkins. And then plus 725 against Josh Parisian, plus 400 against Chase Sherman, and plus 275 last time out against Alan Badeau. You do what you want with those numbers. I did what I wanted to, and I'm taking Parker Porter to get it done by decision. Next up, you already saw the T-shirt. You saw the parlay pick. Played it right when it opened. Yes, the line is different now. I'm sorry to the people out there. I had to play it as soon as it came out. Don Giacomo, money line. You know what it is. I don't have to give a breakdown here. Might be tougher than some people think it is. Randy Brown does have a uh, big size advantage here. This is a little bit of a step up in competition. I mean, the the, the Ramazan Amiv fight, that was a great win, but, you know, this is not Pete Rodriguez. It, it could be tricky, but at the end of the day, Don Giacomo, he gets it done. Next up, the co-main event of the evening. I have no idea who's going to win this fight, so I played the over. I played the over two and a half. Uh, Josh Emmett, he, he has this, this aura of having huge knockout power. I mean, he does have a ton of knockdowns, but six of his nine wins in the UFC are by decision. 
Seven of Yair's 11 in the UFC have gone over the two and a half. Eight of Emmett's 11 have gone over the two and a half. I think they're going to feel each other out. I think they're going to be careful in this interim title fight. Uh, and I think it probably goes to a decision, if I'm being totally honest with you. Hmm. Should be a fantastic fight. I'm looking forward to it. And next up, Here it is. the main event of the evening. Here it is. I'm actually aligned with what you were doing. Here's how I think this one plays out. Watched a lot of tape. Thought about how I, I thought this one was going to go. And, I mean, I just – I love Volk. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Alexander Volkanovsky, so I can't bet against Volkanovsky. But the way that these styles match up, the size advantage that Islam is going to have, potentially the strength advantage, I don't know. I mean, I, I know how strong Volk is. I just I just have a hard time seeing Volkanovsky getting this done. So the way that I'm backing him, okay. the dog that he is, the consummate professional that he is, the beast that this man is, he's going to survive. He's going to make it hard. He's going to take every avenue possible to win this fight. This fight is going to go long. He doesn't have few, huge finishing upside. I don't see him finishing Islam. I think it's going to go longer. I think Volk is going to survive. Make it closer than some people think. I took the over two and a half mm. uh, to go hand in hand with your over one and a half uh, in our parlay. I was going to go with distance, but I'm just trying to get the easy pick here. You could get the plus money on the distance right now. Yeah, what is uh, it? I think it's like plus 170 to go to a decision. A lot of people, a lot of people, the free money bet of the week, people are saying is Islam inside the distance, minus 105 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Wow. So what people are saying. They're saying it's free money. They're saying it's a steal, but we will see. We will see come Saturday night. A couple parlays to Kugov, Jack Jenkins, a little prop parlay. Loma Luke Boonmi and Elise Reed over one and a half. Krupman a field under two and a half. And then last but not least, this one's important to Frank. You mentioned it, Outback Steakhouse, the Outback Steakhouse Aussie Parlay. That's where me and Frank are eating on Monday night if this hits. Oh. All Aussies, Jack Jenkins' decision, Josh Koolabau decision, Tyson Pedro inside the distance, Jack Della inside the distance, plus 32.25. Hopefully on Monday night, me and Frank are... Uh, Going out back tonight. That's crazy. I didn't know you guys were going to mention the uh, the Outback Steakhouse, and then I mentioned it. Crazy. Yeah. Same there's page. one just there's one just a few blocks away from here. Yeah. Wow. I've never been. Oh, it's great. What's their signature dish? The blooming onion, man. What is that? Fried onion and dipping sauce. Oh, they fry an entire onion. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Like it's an Australian themed restaurant. It's just like a steakhouse. I can't ima- I, I can't think of anything that would give me more indigestion than that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It knocks you out. It puts like I mean, if the you burping. ate the blooming onion and then you drank that oh. latte uh, that you drank this morning, I'm still it'd be not a feeling 100. percent Oh yeah, wow. it'd be game over. So depressed right now because of that. That's like the one. Are we thing going that back? Because I, I know you've had a history where things go. Sour I know. I don't go back. Just, yeah, you shun. I them shun forever. them forever. It's like the loyalty thing. You cross me once, I'm done. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do. Those are my picks, though. Yeah, great picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I got for you. Um, And uh, do we have uh, the pod up with Jed Mishu? Pod is up. No bets bar. Go listen to Jed Mishu opine about how much he hates Alexander Volkanovsky. It was... uh, What? Oh, it was... It was a masterclass in just whining. Oh, I was As a person? As this the way that real. he's been going on, on as a fighter, he's he says that you know no one's doubting him. Stop playing that rhetoric. It's tired. It's worn out. He said he's just wow. ready for it to be over. I had to sit and listen to it for ten minutes. I was just like, ah, just this one guy. of the most likable fighters on the. What is his face, near Craig? You agree with this? 
There's a let's just get this out of the way. Jed and I are often aligned on some of our takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On many the of men, our takes. The men with wow. with hearts as black as their shirts. Yeah. What there's a <laughs> we should we should uh, copyright that. There's a truth to the idea that Alexander Volkanovsky creates artificial doubters. There is a truth. Twenty five and such... one. You got to stay motivated. By the way, that's no, such there, there's bullshit. He never hundred percent a truth to that. He's ranked the number one pound for pound fighter. That's not disrespect. He's not being disrespected. Let's 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 that call it what it is. Such nonsense. First in of this, all, in this athletes, fight too, listen, he's he's a plus three fifty, and he should be. Quite frankly, uh, I agree. <laughs> by the way, you know why this <laughs> is such nonsense? Be. Because the people who are who are making these rankings are the media. I don't think when he says. You're doubting, you're doubting. He's talking about the media. He's talking about the public. He's talking about the MMA yeah, fans. He's not being doubted. This dude. He's being he's being he's being picked against because Islam has advantages that many people see in the fight. Um but this he's is, not being doubted at this level that like it's considered disrespect. And let me continue. Many of the best of the best of the best of the best athletes do this. Michael Jordan f is infamous for doing this. He picks random guys to make up that they talk trash to him just so he can but destroy But this is them. actually true. First of all, Reading. he's not the star that he should be given his record. And and so I don't know why they don't That's have... That's disrespect. I, I don't know why they don't have it on Best Fight Odds. They don't have all of them. But usually when you click on someone's name, it'll tell you their history, like their line history. I'm going, starting with Chad Mendes, because that's when he took the leap. Underdog, Aldo, underdog, Oliveira, underdog, um, Makhachev, huge underdog. He's always the underdog. Now they we don't skipped, have the Holloway fight. a lot of, yeah, the, a lot of the, fights there. These are the only ones that he has, but that they have up here. You can't tell me first fight against Holloway, underdog. Second fight, everyone thought it was a fluke. Uh, odds makers aren't. Um, I'm just saying that's what he's talking aren't about. Aren't making odds based on on uh, their feelings. Odd, odds yeah, but are. But this to is get what he's talking about. He's talking about the people. He's talking about. He's not. He's not being disrespected by the people. I'm sorry. I I think he's disrespected. Great. Counted out. I don't know if it's disrespect is the word, but like counted out. No confidence. That type of thing. He's in a tough matchup. This on, this is again. He if he wasn't doing this, I'd be more concerned. Yeah, because I think he needs to do this. I don't I think know if this there's exactly one guy how... who needs artificial motivation. This guy is different, workmanlike. Yeah, he's hard motivated. hat, he... lunch pail. Because here, here's here's how I, I, I think, and I don't want to speak for Alexander Volkanovsky, but I think, based on his resume or based on what he's saying, he thinks it should be assumed that he's the top pound for pound fighter in the world and one of the best ever. I think most people will give him that. I don't think he's being denied that. Um, eh, there's some people who I bet put he's Islam an underdog as number one. to Islam Makhachev, and that's disrespect. It's just not, quite frankly. It's not. He's going up in weight class against a guy who has a very specific skill set that is very effective. Um, Do you guys agree with who, me that it's crazy to put Islam number two? I don't. No. You don't agree? I, I, have, I have an issue if you don't have him number two. Beating Bobby Green, Dan Hooker, Tiago Moises, Drew Dober, Davi Ramos, like that. That's Charles Oliveira. Well, yeah, Charles Oliveira. It's the one fight. It's the one fight in the what top five? It's just the it's the way that he's he's beaten them to me. Yeah, that's it's just dumb. The resume that's has not to, what that's not what pound for pound is. The resume has to count for something. No. What's what's Leon Edwards' huge win? Yeah, <laughs> what are we talking about? You want to go through his record, Leon. Let's do it. Kamaru, who was the number one pound for pound, so that has to count for something, so right? That's the one, uh, you said you said yeah, one, yeah. right? So he's got one. Nate Diaz, Bilal Muhammad, RDA, 
Gunnar Nelson, Donald Cerrone, which but don't give me, you know that was a big win when you beat Donald Cerrone in freaking 2018. Brian Barberina, Peter Sabata, Vicente Luque, Albert Tumanov. That, that's a more impressive resume. I'm sorry. It's good. It's a thousand percent good. It's the same winning streak too. But again, pound for pound is not a resume conversation. Islam Makashev goes up to welterweight and fights Leon Edwards. Who, who do you think the favorite would be? Uh, who would be the favorite or who wins? Both. Both. Well, the favorite doesn't obviously doesn't you know like as we just discussed. Uh, who wins? Oh, so now you agree with me that the favorite? <laughs> no, no, no. Is the favorite is the people. The He's more popular. He's way more popular. Islam's way it's more not popular. How the line is set. It, but it's but not no, it's not the line sets, but it's also how it ends up, right? It's not. It's the not, line. The line is set to get equal action on both. I'm not talking sides. about set. I'm talking about where it closes. Think. Where it closes. It both, it a lot of it is based on po- popularity. It would, it would open. We've talked about this on this show. Oh, this guy's getting so much more love because he's more popular. Anyway, it's, a, it's affected. The more it get affected. Point is, who wins? <laughs> Mr. Rocky Road himself. You kidding me? What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> what else were you gonna say? <laughs> sounds pro- like sounds like Islam might be getting disrespected, right? Listen, I'm the one saying justice for Islam. I'm a, I'm able to keep my. I'm I'm the only straight shooter in this biz. This guy's name is not even being said. By the way, do we now? Could we now admit that there's yeah, that something seems going to be on? Something. There's, there's, there's come on. something, as our friends at Chief Heat would say. This is something. There's something this going is definitely on. Something. I haven't listened yeah, I to all know. the interviews, but there's what? is there not something going have, on? Have Have you heard the conspiracy theory I presented to you yesterday? Wait, was was it the one about Dana and Khabib had a falling out, and that's why he's no longer coaching, and that's why he won't say Islam's name? No, I don't know about that. It, it, there was no way Khabib was. Uh, who's is, it, is this a real thing? Khabib's not leaving his family for six weeks. To I be said it big. was a conspiracy theory. I said it was a conspiracy. Was theory. it one that people are saying or that you made up? No, 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 no. Someone said it. Uh, I read it somewhere. <laughs> what, who? Uh, Brian O nine four seven six eight on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> who do you think it was? Einstein releasing these? No, things? I don't know. Yeah, but it's like tested? Jesus. Uh, no, that is a weird one. Now, the conspiracy theory that you know he felt some sort of way after his promotion was criticized—that to me is a valid one. I mean, it. I mean, that's it, confirmed to no, me just based on his response. The overarching How? thing that I that I get from this is it's funny. Like the fact that yesterday he's on the Pat McAfee show and he's just like, uh, Volk's trying to take uh, his belt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it should be a great one. <laughs> and the name is right there. Yes. That is weird to me. And I guess the last name is, I mean, Chael himself had a bit of trouble with that. But uh, it's like, Yeah, but that's how Chael, Chael's consistent. He always yes. calls him Makalchev. He's been calling him <laughs> Makalchev for five years he's now. No Islam's a pretty easy name to say. Yeah. I would I would argue. Dude, he knows the name. He, like, stop. He knows the name. I love He's, the people who are defending him. It was He's late at night. It was three it. in the morning. First of all, it wasn't. Second of all, we're suggesting, what da- has Dana White ever been Mr. Sleep? Dana White is the guy who has always told us that he doesn't sleep, that he goes out, that he get like, all of a sudden now, it's like, it was late. He forgot. So, I saw one person say, I forget my kid's name all the time. I'm like, what? Oh, You're, what? What is that? He got <laughs> killed on the... On 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 the yeah, uh, Instagram comments, for, for, you know, yeah. I was like, "Wow, yeah, all right. uh, it's more than once." Is is that's the thing? There's I, the evidence I, is mounting. I'm with you, Rick. That, like the fact that it happened once is just like, damn. He just had a huge brain fart. The fact that he just like keeps not saying it. It's just like, all right, dude, what's the deal here? Like, why are you not? How saying can it not be something? At this point, well, as I said, the the clear um, pointedness of his response. He's he's agitated. Um, why he's agitated? I mean, that 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 needs to be discovered. I don't think that's out, but he seems well, agitated. 
hopefully maybe pre-fight press conference, post-fight press conference in uh, in Perth, he'll address it. Oh, I was just gonna say oh, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna have a ton of opportunity to uh, have to say his name, but I assume he's not gonna be. That's right, there. second in a row. The whole ship would sink, right? <laughs> second, uh, but in yes, a... this is the fight between the number one and number two. Oh yeah. What are we say Monday morning, I'm starting the show. What am I saying? Islam's on his way? He's the You're man? Saying, <laughs> congratulations to the newest double champ in the UFC. You think I'm saying that? Volkanovski. <laughs> Alexander Volkanovski. You think I'm saying that? Islam's on his way. Wow, we're going to clip Lord, this off. Lord, I hope so. Lord, wow. I hope so. Wow. Can you imagine Wait, I come out here? GC, is that, is that an official prediction? No, it's, it's a desire. It's a want. Okay. Okay, it's, fair enough. My official yeah, prediction think- is, that, is that Islam wins. Yeah, I think we're talking about who's next for Islam Makachev, and and exciting fights for uh, and for Volkanovski. Who, at and who is yeah, who is Volkan a dog walk from the uh, interim championship? Yeah, I don't even know who would be next for Islam. Oh. I guess. I mean, I guess part of the good thing of him not fighting all those guys coming up is that all those guys are still available, right? Islam Benil, yeah. Islam Benil, Connor yeah. wins, and then Islam Connor, Gaethje Fiziev. If Fiziev wins, that'd be fun. That would be fun. That would be Does Islam fun. just say, "I want now"? I want my turn. No, please God, no. Are you saying one seventy? I mean, oh, it could stop happen, it! No, what the fuck? After one title defense, stop hey, it! Just with give this. me a shot. Oh my God, uh, he, he said this week he has full plans. Oh, to stop move up it! To please, for the love of God. Now he didn't say next. He didn't say every next, great to be lightweight is still available out there that he hasn't fought. Yes, a hundred percent. He needs. Volk has fought to, all these guys. To rule at 155. Oh my god. That would be now, so if Islam wins, does Dana White say his name? He's not gonna be there. No, like just He's afterwards. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't know. They're gonna have to talk it out. They're gonna have to settle their differences. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Gentlemen, Can't wait. God bless. Check out the watch party on uh Saturday. Watch party Saturday night, no bets barred, tune in. Watch party is at nine forty five. 9.45 Saturday night on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel. Big show planned. That's all I got for you. All right. Me, Mike Heck. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Uh, Mysterious Frank will be there, right? Mysterious Frank, T, Corporate A's bringing friends. I mean, it's it's a big yeah. thing. You're missing out, Ariel. By the way, who's T? It doesn't matter. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. Um is there another character on the show that I don't know about? <laughs> we have another show, man. Come on. What? I'm lost. We have this show, then we have the watch party. None yeah. shall the two pass. What? I'm still lost. It's all good. Who's T? <laughs> <laughs> Am I missing someone? No. That's one all of right. Alex's All you need friends. to know is T's going to be here on Saturday. All right, fine. Um, here we go. It's going down. UFC 284. We are almost there. Three days away. Can't wait. And I can't wait to be back on Monday to talk about it all. For now, though, Frank, it is time to say goodbye. What a day it has been. Another in the books? Still don't feel great if you're wondering, Frank. Do you need some... Uh... Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Rick totally is gone. Need some Alka-Seltzer? No, it's not that kind of thing. Get yourself some Alka-Seltzer and you'll feel better fast. Back still. I didn't really hold true to my uh, promise to sit up straight. That's what the buzzing was for on Monday. 
What? We oh, were sending a signal me? to have you sit up. But ah, now it all makes sense. Based on how I you're reacting. I... Yeah, maybe not for the best. Um, I've never been to Perth. I hear it's fantastic. The vibes seem immaculate. Everyone seems to be in a great mood. I love Australian people. I'm a huge fan of Australian people. Uh, always very happy, positive, it seems. I mean, I know I'm generalizing here, but they, they just seem like tremendous people. Actually, you know, remind me a lot of Canadians, if I'm being honest. And even the actual cities that I've visited reminded me a bit of Canada. Now, Sydney had the beach. Don't have a lot of that in Canada, but still, there was something about it that reminded me a lot of uh, Australia and, and uh, excuse me, of, of Canada. It reminded me back home and the people reminded me. And we're all part of the Commonwealth, of course. So I can't wait. UFC 284 this Saturday. Thank you very much to all our guests today. Thank you very much to Sadiq Youssef. Great stuff. Anthony Pettis. Good luck to him. Mike Perry. Get her done. Chill P. God bless him. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to all of them. Back on Monday. Same time. A pleasant day. Same place. I'm out of here. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts.